rest of the world. Everybody kill up is all night, night, man, you know? Sounds brought to you, Kurt, said the man, kill up my What's going on? 622 p.m. December 16th. I won't. I there wasn't much music from the week the not this week's releases, but the week before, right? There wasn't um, like you know, kind of like I say last week's releases. You know what I mean? Um, but like this is from this week's, and this is one one or, one or two songs that I'll play. But I'll I'll later on the podcast because I have I, again I haven't done I haven't written down the Raw NXT and SmackDown recaps. I actually, I, I actually, like, I didn't jot down everything for the Dynamite stuff, but I actually did more than I thought I would, actually. I don't know why. Maybe I just felt like it. But I'm really behind, so I'm going to go over Dynamite, um, you know, and then R- Rampage and ROH uh, Final Battle quickly. I only saw the highlights of Final Battle. I didn't, you know, I, you know, because yeah, there's, like, you know, you, YouTube videos that c- compile, like, you know, you know, uh, you know. I, I and from what I can tell, I saw the, I saw the, the 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 zero hour, but I did. But but again on YouTube, you know, there's a, there's a channel that you know has like the highlights of shit, and then they get fucking taken off like rather quickly. You know, sometimes I don't know. So I'll give my thoughts about that. Whatever you know. This is a remix to Run with the. I like his version better. Because I like Damien Marley better than, you know, a young song, but, you know. God don't like ugly, I ain't one to judge. Whole, whole lot of gold cubes with a ton. Say I kept the solid when it's all said and done. All I knew was keep going, run, better run. Mama told me never fold, run, better run. Like Jenny told Forrest Gump, run, better run. The race for freedom ain't won, run, better run. Had to make it out the red clay, run, better run. Some run out the MCs, when I'm hot like run the MC. And can't kill a mic like kill a mic, kill a mic, them can't run next to me. Revolution, I beat this and I'll pull a fight, run off your mouth and see. This feels like motivated Damien Marley, man. Especially that I don't get a good verse on there. Everybody don't know the running, so we run things and remember things are run we. Everybody don't know the runnings, we don't run alone, cause we run with the Almighty. God don't like ugly, I ain't one to judge. Whole, whole lot of gold, cubes with sun. Say I kept it solid when it's all said and done. All I know is keep going, run, better run. Mama told me never fold, run, better run. 
Like Jenny told Forrest Gump, run, better run. The race for freedom ain't won, run, better run. Had to make it out the red clay. Lord, and you know, I stay high but I'm low. I do not know where to go. Calling on you, I do not know what to do. How do I get back to you? I got a story of glory to tell. I was like Jonah and Belly a whale. God had to get me and sit me in dirty as filthy and grimy and slimy as jail. I had to pray on bit knee and repent. Lost every dollar but got me some sense. Woke up cold sweating, I'm shaking at night. Woke up and realized that mama was right. I had to run from the wrong to the right. I had to run to the sun and the light. How about this song? <coughs> this is all um, Eminem and... Um... I didn't hear Benny Blanco much in this, but I mean, I mean, maybe I can't tell the difference between him and Juice World, whatever. I don't know. But you know, Eminem's verse on this is pretty, you know, again, you know, kind of like you know, warning you about you know drug addiction and shit. A pretty good verse. So I can't, I can't tell where Benny Blanco is in this. This is a good verse right here. It's like he's using. He's it's like he's using the, the, the like it's like you know the, the the drugs like obviously officially, you know, officially by the official narrative kill these people. But it's kind of like you know he's kind of going at the game for doing it. Like you know not the rapper of the game, but like you know like kind of because again like you can assume that like they're the, they're, like they're the ones that are constantly trying to keep you more high all the fucking time and more you know. In self-destructive mode all the time, and everyone kind of profits off of that shit. Um, you know, but you know, it's a pretty good verse. It's a pretty good fucking song. So let me get to um. You know, uh, the Dynamite recap, um, you know, we'll see what goes on here.
You know, I don't know. Let me, uh, yeah, let me get to Dynamite recap. I'm gonna get right into it. I didn't do, like, any preambles. Joe comes out, he's looking for answers, and says it was not too long ago that he promised to keep MJF whole until he dismantled him at the pay-per-view to then um, to become world champion. He was made a liar last week when he saw MJF um, lying um, you know, lying down the floor, and it put his title shot in jeopardy. He goes over how he went to the back and saw a beer bottle and a specific beer bottle and basically implies it was Hangman. So he recognized who it was by the beer because the beer smelled like stench and... Uh, the it's still extension disappointment he said i guess it was like he was doing a very aggressive comedy act you know like when he said like i i smelled and i said to myself i've i smelled this before you know it's kind of like one of those kind of like you know layouts basically he basically said um a certain hangman uh was missing and hangman didn't have time for this shit he came out he didn't budge from joe about this he doesn't appreciate being accused of it it makes me wonder if MGM is playing Joe. Does it have Joe, like, you know... Or does Joe have some, you know, shit to do with the devil shit himself and he's kind of just self-projecting? You know, like a right-winger. You know, I don't know. And he's putting... um, And he's and maybe he's putting more of a target on Hangman's back considering by the end of this show he gets laid out and thrown into a windshield. Which is probably... Which probably teases, you know, Jack Perry at some point. Um, but I'm beyond uh, caring about about it because it's either it's, it's either Cole, Britt, Jack Perry, Joe, Wardlow, Callis, Tony Khan himself, or maybe it's MJF himself. Because I'm I'm leaning more towards that maybe you know, Hangman tells him to uh, accuse him to his face, and if Joe's a man, and declares he doesn't give a shit who the devil is, which is probably everyone at this fucking point. He doesn't care about the uh, bromance, the laser tag. He brings up the game of clue of things he doesn't care about. I like Lo- Joe's line about how, um, how Hangman assumes Joe's coming out here as a detective, but maybe Joe already made up his mind he came out here as an executioner, basically. Shout out to Terry Gordy. Um, then we hear um, Roddy interrupt before Hangman tells him to do something about it. He got a better reaction in this building. He says Joe's lucky they didn't hurt him last week. And he says, listen to Hangman and called Hangman as a young boy. I remember when Hangman started, he played the role of being in the young boy in the group called The Decade. I don't know if he just called The Decade or just they had a fancy like name Decade or something like that. But I think it was The Decade or something. It consisted of BJ Whitmer, Jamie Jacobs, and Roderick Strong. I know Roddy got kicked out of the stable or something. It felt like cause it, it, it feels so long ago, but, but the evolution of Hangman in this group is what made me a fan of him, actually. So it's kind of cool to be reminded about. It. I totally forgot about that. He goes over the people who have never, um, who, who never, who never, who have been attacked by the devil. Switchblade challenges MJF and he gets attacked. Acclaim loses a tag match with MJF and they get attacked. They never attack MJF and they point out how uh, we never saw the actual t- attack happen to MJF. He insists it's it, it's it's basically like you know how uh, people thought that Adriano the server wasn't really dead because we didn't see it on camera. Basically, I don't know. I had a Force of Sopranos reference in there just to piss people off even more. Um, he insists that, um, you know, MJF's a devil and Hangman interrupts eventually and Hangman strikes him and then they have a, um, you know, have a match that's advertised. We uh, got this match and then, and then Hangman was brought up again in the main event after the main event when a bunch of guys attacked him backstage and the devil came out of a car. I'll get into that. The match is pretty good, though. All the matches were strong, but, um, you know, but this is a dope match that was aggressive back and forth. 
Again, I didn't jot down the usual. I didn't jot down everything, you know. Like the, 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 the usual shit that they would do because you could assume what they did. David and Bennett prevented uh from from that um prevented from that moonsault and hangman does the outside, and Roddy got a different variation of backbreakers, but one on the, before the picture picture was on the buckle to the top. They knocked each other down with discus elbows when they were counting each other's moves. Hangman got a really good Death Valley driver. He was biting in the in the condor um, um were like, you know, um uh, basically trying to say that since the death match that was Swerve, Hangman had been more aggressive, right? They pointed out that he didn't get all the pin for a sit out power bomb because he didn't cover properly. Roddy got a couple of power moves he applied as a stronghold after Hangman kicked out of the power bomb. Hangman thwarted the Kingdom's interference when he finally got a moonsault on them and then Roddy saw the buckshot coming, but Hangman gets a pin to counter some shit and Hangman wins the Deadeye. Then I could cover Wardlow's um, promo in the mix since, you know, he, he could be one of the henchmen and all this, but uh, in the end of the show, Hangman was attacked outside. So we'll see where that goes, but now it's like they're bringing more people in to be the victims. And I wonder if anything is supposed to mean shit because we'll... Cause I, think, I, I think it's safe to assume we'll all be disappointed by the reveal. I think that's like going to be a guarantee. Like it'll be one of these things where the reveal sucks and then the storyline story ends up getting better or does it end up being, you know, more like retribution? And also to add more fire to this, you know, Hangman was put through real glass. So everyone has their priorities in order, I guess. Warlow cut a promo about looking for war and destroying people. He'll be the one to bring the devil to his knees and his world is coming to an end. This is why I, I, I can see if MGM does the devil, then some big plan will play out and this will be a way for him to exit the company. You know, since Cody Rhodes has also been hinting that MJF could be showing up in WWE down the line. And people say he's a liar, right? You know. Or if MJF is the devil, it turns, out, it turns MJF into a heel again. So Wardle's intentions are motivated by good, but we assumed he has some evil. He's gone evil because right now MJF is the good guy we know. He's definitely playing a role in this either way, I guess. I don't know. But I'm just so sick of this where I just wanted to be played out already, and that's it. You know what I mean? It wasn't that... that Because, again, it was mostly just this and mostly just the fucking Continental Classic matches. I'll go over those. You know, I was surprised that they put Brody and Andrade on this show. I can't keep with how many people had the same amount of matches or even the finals coming up. I can't keep with who needs to stay in the tournament if they happen to make it shit a tie. They could just let Swerve and Mox go to a draw, but they didn't do that shit. And already I know Swerve's push was supposed to get derailed a bit with the discourse booking, but I, I mean, I'll get into that, but Brody Andrade was a pretty good match. Actually, it's actually Brody's first singles loss in the company, actually. I like their chop battle because it wasn't like a competitive nature chops that can get overdone and it takes me out. I know this one might be nitpicky, but I even, I even get sick of uh, the moonsaults on the outside because I see, you know, way too many people doing that shit. It was very aggressive, but nothing really out of the ordinary happened before the picture-in-picture. Picture. They did a show replay of Brody doing crossbody against the guardrails to Andrade. I like the way Andrade uppercuts when he does the dragon screw to the leg. The split-legged moonsault got a near fall. Brody kept getting out of the way of intercepting a double knee in the corner. But then he, uh, when, when he kneeled to Larry, I felt like he was going to win the match. It was weird that CJ Perry was not here with Andrade for this one. I don't know. Maybe she's not invited to, uh, to Dynamite, I guess. I don't know. They got some really nasty strikes. Andrade knocked Brody down with the back elbow. 
Andrade and Brody were brawling on the top ropes, and then Andrade did uh, DT onto the exposed part of the turnbuckle, and it helped Andrade get a hammerlock DT to secure nine points. So then Roosh um, and uh, Lethal had a dope match. You know what I mean? This match was just it is what it was. There wasn't much anything else to it. Just a, you know, like no storyline from it. I guess you know what I mean. But it was just a really good match. I guess it was one of the better ones. Um, but, um, Rouge got six points coming out of this match, and I knew, he, I, I, I know he won't win, but I like that he's still picking up points. I hope, and again, like I said, I hope there's something for Lethal after this, because I'm, I, I'm, feel, I'm seeing the shades of his old self being motivated again, you know what I mean? If, like, after, like, by losing this tournament, maybe it'll, it'll motivate him to want to get back on his, you know, on his, you know, on the top of his game, I guess. Rouge didn't end up faking out his finish again because this company wants to book him like an idiot. I just don't get when you finish when you when you can finish your opponent with a pretty protective finisher, and you're just doing this, and the company were, were putting it putting together the match of who uh, you know um, of who who's out and who needs to win this match, which I can appreciate because I'm not gonna remember all of it. But this is where my shitty brain sucks for the math and all this. You know what I mean? Lethal countered the second um, second bolt horns attempt. But, like, you had him beat before with the, you know, but Roosh actually won with a choke. It's a tie-in um, tie to Roosh and Mox um, from last week, which could lead to LFI versus BCC. Since Preston also has, uh, you know, this beef with uh, with Mox in the past as well. But this was simple for Roosh to get to, just to, you know, hit at a feud. But I never know if the feuds will play out well because they'll either overdo it for months or they'll water it down and move on too quickly. I like the way it, this one ended, though. I think, for me, the Brody Andrade one uh, and the main event were the best matches for the tournament in this show. I hope this leads to, like, Lethal realizing he has to get away from Jared and company because the old him wouldn't have gone with zero losses in this tournament. It's like it's too, it's, it's, it's like it's too much sports entertaining that's taking his focus off, basically. Switchblade and uh, Mark Briscoe had a match, and they said it was a crucial match for... Um, for for Switchblade because he needs to win the next two matches. Mark has been a good highlight for this tournament, but, you know, I hope he has more something other than building up an ROH banger tied to FTR or just being the baby face who is over that exists, you know. He was really over. The commentators were encouraging Mark to get get it over with with the, as fast as he can because he did the froggy bow, but where, where the fuck was that energy when Rouge was faking, faking it out? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm going to keep bitching about that as long as I live, you know what I mean? So maybe you should kill me. But I'm going to keep... Because, again, it just makes no sense in storyline. If you can finish someone off, you know, it just makes Roosh look like an idiot when he does that. But I, I, at least he still won the match. Just, I just hate... I don't know. The match went to Switchblade's uh, um, fa uh, favor and we did a high-collar suplex to the outside. Mark did work back a comeback for a bit and that got people into it. And they got into a chop battle. They had a couple of minutes where they were trying to keep Switchblade perched up, even though Switchblade would try to get down, but they would have an aggressive back and forth. But eventually, Mark brings him down into a razor's edge powerbomb. He signals for the Jade Driller, but Switchblade got a dragon screw. He got a couple of sleeper suplexes. Uh, Switchblade, after failing multiple times, eventually got the Blade Runner when he countered the Froggy Bow for the win. This was pretty decent. They did a good job telling the story of the match, but I don't think it got the next gear. It was a good match. So Switchblade now has nine points. So they showed a preview of FTR and Mark Briscoe's match with BCC at Final Battle to hype that up. 
They showed a preview of Mox and Swerve from their interviews and the post-matches they had from last week. The online exclusive, but this was really good. It would have been better if Mox and him had tied, you know, the main event of the sh- So this was the main event of the show, Mox and Swerve, and it was good, but it just showed they want to continue to make it seem like they're booking errors with Swerve. Like, if Swerve ends up getting the second place spot for the semifinal he wins for the, for the block, then I can understand this. But if he's not going to be in the final two, then this was a misstep. Keep in mind, I would have thought Hangman would have cost Swerve a match to continue it and take it from him. And then the process of making Swerve a babyface because I feel like they'll eventually do an official double turn with Hangman and Swerve. But after the momentum of the feud, there's no way that Swerve should have lost. And I would have opted for them to draw or make this one big victory in the tournament for Swerve. And by the way, smooched him uh, to get in his head. And like, why do they continuously book wrestlers to do sexual assault tropes? It was a smooch and Swerve did it back, but it's like, it's like a battle of sexual assault smooches in the storyline. So they don't consent to it in kayfabe. Obviously, I'm not trying to say in real life they are, but it's like a weird trope that wrestling always does, you know what I mean? It's like we're bringing back that kind of, like, you know, outlaw shit, I guess. If you bring it up, you're basically an asshole. But, by the way, what the call? I, 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 wrote on, I wrote on the thread, um, you know, because, again, you know, you know that trope whenever right-wing, like, loses their mind about... Uh, like, anything that isn't, like, straight or mas- super masculine. And then the common trope of, like, asking, um, uh, like, oh, fellas, is it, gay? is it gay to, like, you know, Harry Potter? Fellas, is it gay to, like, buy your best friend a fucking, you know, uh, a gift for his birthday? You know what I mean? So, like, I put a comment in, like, the... Uh, and, and it got upvoted, like, you know, people understood that I wasn't, like, you know, I, I wasn't, like, mocking, like, you know, the gayness of it. If I was going to mock anything of it, I would... And I, and I, I do this with the, with, the, with the women, too, also, just in case. I just think that, like, like you've trained a younger audience back in the day. Like, there you we trained a younger audience. And a lot of other entertainment forms where, like, you force yourself on people... Or force yourself, you know what I mean? And people don't view it, as, you know what I mean? Like, for example, like, you know, Ahmed Johnson claimed he didn't really know that that was going to happen. Maybe he did know and that was an initiation to the game, but he had to, like, pretend that he didn't want to sign up for this, whatever. But he claimed that, you know, Goldust fucking did it without his consent, which is like, you know, again, that's sexual assault. But, like, you know, and then you, and then you have, like, you know, all these other good guys that would do it to females all the time. Like if if a female gets violent in a, in a wrestling in, in a wrestling match, and then you like go okay well I'm gonna, like your 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 only opinion is to now like your your only option is to now go for the sexual assault route. I would rather like at least like if you're defending yourself against someone beating you up, then you like kind of push them back or strike them. Like you know what I mean? I would rather that than like you know force yourself. Like oh this woman hit me, so that excuses me to like for you know like you do that kind of shit. You know what I mean? And like I don't know. But anyway, some some guy goes. Are you implying that it's 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 a it's a, it's bad to be gay, or something? from that comment? Like, dude, I'm I'm mocking the trope of like, right wingers losing their fucking minds, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I I I don't care. If someone, you know, like like I don't I don't mind the fucking actual act happening within within a kayfabe storyline, in the sense that like probably both of them consented to it. 
but like in storyline, like you know, what I mean, it's like you're booking your like your women and men to be like you know people do sexual assault. Anyway, the crowd was uh, you know into the you know in, into the match big time though. Mark got the best out of him. Swerve got the best out of him, and then it became pretty even while the crowd was hyped. Although the DT swerved into Mox to bring him down from the top rope, uh, the crowd was into both, but they seemed more into Swerve. Mox was bit um biting the triceps, and then he did apologize for a near fall. Swerve was crossed in the middle ring skirt while Mox kept raising it up. And I like the comment mentioned that there's, there's a wire where we we can't see, which is why it would be doing damage. It was a pretty unique spot since I feel I've seen like a lot of a lot of the ways to utilize a ring skirt spot. You know what I mean? Uh, Turk, uh, TK uh, had to advertise the over one online, and I feel that that, that, that you know that, I feel like that, that 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 that's an issue that he shouldn't bend over for, and people by now should assume that it would happen. Like they want sports field, uh, you know, but but they uh, want they want to be told about an overrun. Whatever I don't know. So we've got a dope backbreaker in the shoulder capture position. I think maybe I'm just waking shit up. Uh, he was uh, nearly moves crisp, you know. Even tried to dance like a cocky way to shake off the pain from his shoulder. Moss cut off a rolling flatliner with a cutter. That was a really uh, one. That was a good one out of nowhere. It was aggressive too. There was a gosh style pile driver. Uh, Swerve eventually gets a Mox with it, with it out of nowhere. I like that Mox snow sold the brain, brain Buster from the Adrenaline, but Swerve dropped him down with a high boot. I would have preferred you sell the Brain Buster, but th- that spot gets too much for me, so I'm glad that like Swerve you know, cut it off. Uh, this is one of my favorite matches in the tournament. Swerve copied, uh, copied the stomps, uh, the BCC stomps and the elbows. He does the house call, Mox jumps Swerve off the top to prevent a diving stomp. He does a stomp on the Swerve coming back into the ring. And there's only five minutes left, and I thought Mox was getting, you know, uh, Mox would get the win here. So Mox is getting desperate and getting a choke, but then it transitions into an arm extension. Swerve did a stomp from the apron to Mox outside while he's seated on the chair. Then he goes for a one in the ring, and Mox kicks out. I really thought this should have been over right here, right? And then Mox counters a JML driver with a pinning combo. I think this was, like, really stupid. I feel like since Mox is supposed to be a heel in the discourse, since him and Punk are at odds, that Mox will come off as someone who won't put people over on the on um, on the time people want. Like and I felt like, um, like they should have either gone to a draw or have Swerve have a big win. And I I know he's still alive in this tournament. I'm hoping he does get to make it to the second second place for the semifinals. It was a good match, and it felt like a big-time main event. It was a testament to how over Swerve is and how big of a deal Moxley feels like. And how, you know, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not saying this loss will kill his career, but it always seems like the, it's something accumulated with how they push people and do these derailments that add, that add up eventually. And Swerve right now is the last person I would want to ruin the momentum of. But let me see how this semifinal shit goes. They have managed to make it more interesting, and I wish the show itself took, like, three minutes on the show to break down, like, the tournament. Like, you know, we have another person to do it at the control center or something like that, you know. But Excalibur is doing a jo- still doing a decent job trying to, like, do it as, as much as he can. You know what I mean? You can remember, but, like, maybe, like, visuals will help people who are dumbed down like me. Um... I'm not looking forward to this because now, as, as good as the matches are, they have consequences, you know. Um, sorry, I'm now looking forward to this now because as good as the matches are, they also have consequences. 
Oh no, sorry, sorry. I think I, I think I said I'm not looking forward to it now because as good as the matches are and they have consequences, it feels the discourse portion has to be forced. Okay, so y'all, yeah, I thought I, I thought I fucking messed up, you know. But who gives a shit? No one's coming here to you know hear. Only only time you can come here, you know, hear my podcast and do recaps is how bad I stutter, how bad it takes me to get out, you know. I just, I just feel like everyone, like, you know, who has interaction with me now is going to, like, look up everything secretly and laugh at, like, you know, all the times that I sound like an idiot. But that's fine, you know. It's, it goes hand in hand. I thought the ending was weak, and I would have opted for a draw, and this one, you know, would be the big match, or maybe the big match would sort of won. By doing it against a big deal like Moxley, but Mox did say in his promo that the buzz is weak, and that's not what it takes to stay on top, and... If that's the case, then Mox should have won in a more definitive way, you know, after an epic battle. I, I, I just hate the, the the trope now by also always winning by pinning combos. It makes it feel like it looks a bit weaker, you know, and, you know, it looks like a fluke. But maybe the, they have a plan, but I know since Swerve has... I, I know since Swerve won the tank titles back, in the, back like two years ago, the Shills have made his push seem like it's kind of a fluke, or they don't, or, or, they, or they don't, or, or they won't, um, you know, um, won't do, or, or they imply that nothing will be done well with it. Like they plan that to happen, so they look like geniuses in the end, basically. And since they're insiders, they know what's going to happen because they're going to make it that way and help make it that way. Orange Cassidy and best friends want a team with the Von Eriks, um, who are there with Kevin. I figured they would do a segment. I figured they would have had a segment on Rampage rather than Dynamite, but it would have probably been more lively during Dynamite. But the discourse is now being forced by the blue meanie of all people that you shouldn't have put Dan Housen in a segment with Von Erichs because of the curse thing. Unless there's, there's some symbolic nature to Dan Housen's character where his demonic spirit on screen is supposed to cause bad luck in like, in like you know, in, in, in real life or kayfabe real life. Something really happened because Spirit Theories will make that you know correlation. I think it was one of those purposeful ones for people to get discourse going on about it. People either act shocked they do stuff like this, or people want to believe promoters wouldn't try to poke fun at a family curse with one of their characters. But these guys don't give a shit. You know what I mean? WWE just worked an angle on NXT tapings like you know for the next week where Ridge injured Ilya Dragunov, knowing that he's like been like a discourse character for it. And because he had to systemically be initiated, in my opinion, by doing these things where the injuries happened, they decided to make it a discourse character before making it a character for television. All I'm saying is these companies don't give a f- don't have the same moral compass, which is why I hate when people get offended if you assume the company is capable of doing the worst. See what this like one little segment. You know, see, see, see what this one little segment to set up Von Erichs to tag with Orange Cassidy against the the JS remnants. The JS guys should be forbid sports entertainment and go silent, and call themselves the remnant. I got that idea from like the Lindelof show, the the one where the population disappears. What's it called again? Not not lost or anything like that. Which one? Which, I forgot the. What, it was with fucking uh you know uh. Justin Thoreau. Leftovers, leftovers. And even this segment had to get some forced discourse, you know, maybe it was a little blue mini to confront Dan Housen or something. Then we had one of the more pur- purposeful, uh, purposeful, um, uh, shitty, uh, segments. It says the illusion that everyone AEW has a free reign in between discourse 
of Hangman going Oscar Trump Punk. I feel like they're accumulating more disaster segments. And even if there were parts that were going nowhere, it did feel like the it felt, it felt like a scripted disaster shit. It wasn't as bad, but what makes it bad is that it's obvious trolling. So it just creates more online discourse, and it becomes like counterproductive because there's no point in enjoying shit at all. And the funniest shit is that the people online who complain about this are the ones who help sabotage the company to prop up Tony Khan discourse. Whether it's him having to be out there for interviews doing non-answers or he doesn't put his foot down enough to bad ideas, it's supposed to be this direction so people who give their brilliant ideas, they're the ones who are disturbed that they, you know, they're the ones who are disturbed and they're the ones who help create problems. And so they per- pretend they're solving them. And when you, when you could just solve the issues from the start, basically. And add this segment to another cumulative segment, Kenny Omega has to water down with, like, you know, you, you have to water co- Kenny Omega with, basically. He didn't even come off as the corniest guy because Jericho was certainly outdoing him in that department. They put over the team name and the crowd was chanting, uh, chanting, you know, uh, the, the, you know, Golden Jets. They recapped the events of um, Bill and Stark did to them. He spent three weeks practicing what he was going to say to them. He calls them out. I was, I was hoping Stark would just have saved the segment. I mean, he was definitely the, one of the best parts of it, but I don't think he believes it when he refers to him and Bill as the best tag team. Like they wanted to bring attention to the fact that this was like, uh, you know, a lesser team of end zone cast, especially with what Jericho said. And even though Starks makes like this segment entertaining, he has felt like someone who has like the added. He feels like someone who has the attitude and the vibe of someone who is like leaving the company. But they'll still give him accolades and give you some hope before the eventual jump. Starks comes down. He calls. Um, uh, he calls. Uh, he, he calls uh, the segment funny. He gives Omega props. He doesn't necessarily have an issue with him. He tells Jericho he sucks the life out of everything. He goes over what Jericho's done to every other group he has been with. And like in KFA, this is supposed to bring some tension if Jericho will do the same to Omega there. But this is one of the fourth type of uh, burying where it was meant for people to get mad that they were playing, uh, playing it too cool for school. So Bill tried to bring up the specific things Jericho did to Omega in the past. Omega doesn't trust Jericho, he says. Like, oh, it's a big fucking deal. Oh, whoop-de-whoop, basically. He brings up the firm like anyone gives a shit. Says the angle with MJF was more like the flaccid. And some could say you could call it soft. I mean, he was getting, you know, he was getting, like, you know, uh, you know uh, reaction for it, but, you know. Like, he's trying to be too school for school, like, that, but he's supposed to be, he's doing it in the most cornball way, cornball way, which is also try hard as well. Basically, this segment was designed for Jim Cornette to call Omega Twinkle Toes, while Brian Lass adds to the shitty segment, while they fucking, you know, finger their assholes in, uh, in the law offices of Stephen P. New. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Um, people did react to the soft line, though. The um, the part was the, this part was not that bad stuff. To be fair, I just knew what was coming and how it became discourse, so I knew what to expect, and I I, I knew where the discourse was leading. Omega shifted the idea of uh, of the beatdown not meaning anything because he's always on the receiving end of one, and they'll have earned their shots at the tag titles. He fake Boston and calls them the Winnipeg Jets. You know what I mean? Just to get more discourse, he calls them. Uh, 
Uh, he talked over the world and Starks accepts, and he wants Jericho to make sure he remembers January. And I really thought this was fourth one too because he harps on January because of meme online about Jericho and January six because that's how shitty their feud was back in January of this year. That I wasn't thinking of that. And I thought they were going to get some inner in, in, insurrection jokes, you know, you know, insurrection mentions to make this shit even go um, even more flat. Bill has to remind Stark that he beat him twice on pay-per-view as well, so he knows the him inside out, and that him and Bill are the best tag team champions because they happen to be the tag team champions who don't have a name. He's really trying to find something to say about their tag team, like, technically we're the tag team champions, so that would in fact make us the best tag team champions who happen not to have a name because this company's shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of like that kind of vibe to it. <laughs> Jericho then starts to fix it, um, again, then, then it made sense why he brought the no-name part. Because Jericho starts to fix their team name with the absolute assholes. The Rick and the Dick. Omega tells Jericho to be more creative. You know, but I, I don't think he had it in him. He offered big, big Billy Starks. And this is probably their subtle way of promoting, you know, Billy, um, Billy Starks that she's facing, she facing Athena for the ROH title. Because Orange, Ca- X- X- sorry, X- Orange Cassidy, Excalibur then plugged it right away. They could have just had her on and not sully her name in this purposely bad promo spot. Um, it was like this was an exposition of the company having four sports entertainment while also making people think that people had free reign to do what they want. Stark said that he can excuse the name, but the, not, not the outfit where he went to a local Hot Topic and said, hey, give me the best you got. I thought that was fucking great. Starks goes off um, for the um, goes, for, goes for the elitist type of jokes, but... Um, but if it's aimed at, like, the right person, I, you know, I'll give it a pass. Like, he's supposed to be the heel, but I liked him more than Jericho in this segment. Jericho said that if he was a, a clout vampire, he would have sucked his fangs into someone with more clout than him. All he sees is a better dressed, less charismatic version of Enzo, which gets a big, you know, reaction, you know. Omega said that at least Enzo would hype up Bill and not take all the spotlight. <laughs> I thought Omega was pretty good here, too, with, with that. That part was pretty good. But like some of the middle part was just fucking stupid. Starks then goes off about how, uh, about the, about the stuff that um, they've been mentioning in the promo in a heated fashion. He and Bill and everyone in the back don't care anymore. Don't care about Jericho. Uh, he's sick and tired of Jericho and Omega. And it was just, he's sick and tired of Jericho and Omega trying to piss him off. And he puts the team over and tells them to prove it and calls them the Winnipeg scumbags. His conviction with all these promos are really fucking good. Omega acted fake offended about the scumbag lines. I like when his shit-talking game isn't dated. Like, but the, like, uh, like, no, sorry, sorry. Like, you know, Omega's getting a f- fake offended by this line. But he's acting like his, like, shit-talking game isn't dated either. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, he, the man was using the word sissy, like, two weeks ago. I think the last time someone used that, like, as an insult was on Three's a Company. Um, but Kenny does the adieu spiel, you know, bid you adieu in the most cord way possible. So I assume Jericho Omega win unless they want to make Jericho Omega feud with, uh, um, you know, feud and then, uh, by with Jericho turning on Omega, it could go that way. But I'll assume they'll win the titles. So maybe carry their feud with the family since that doesn't seem to be dying down concerning what I read on Rampage. And since writing this, um, before, again, it's, it's like they know that I'm gonna fucking do this late, and then they add more discourse. But Omega is now out with Divertertic... Di- okay, this is gonna be a hard word to say. I can never fucking say it. Some, some days, I can say it smoothly. It's one of these days where Bruce Almighty God, uh, Jim Carrey, is slapping me in the back of the head while I'm trying to fucking speak. 
diverticulitis, 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 diverticulitis. Sorry. Yeah, so Omega has that apparently. And, 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 and I'm, not say, I'm not saying that it isn't true or anything like that. But since I believe that these wrestlers are systemically, like, initiated with constant fucking bumps, it's like sometimes I, I wonder if, like, they're supposed to be working through this fucking pain, but, like, they have, like, enough advancements in real life that, like, can, like, make them, like, still becoming the shape that, like, they're busy getting their compound V behind the fucking scenes. Or is it like this program is so shitty that Omega is like, you know, why I might as well just catch up with, I have a lot of nagging injuries, I might as well just fucking catch up with it. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and again, it adds to the nature of like, oh, things are not planned out. And uh, um, you know, and that's why they probably weren't putting so much hype into it. But then they had one fucking hype segment, like a little bit, this, this shitty fucking segment to, you know, get people shitty, like, you know, not, like, not, not wanting this match because it was so shitty, it was such a, sh- a shitty segment. And I can't speak English, apparently, because I'm too fucking stupid. Um, but, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it felt like a way for them to do the shitty segment, and then all like, knowing that people were not going to like this fucking segment. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, thank, okay, we want Omega to go get safe and get better, but there's, it's kind of a blessing in disguise that, like, the, seg- the, the feud is not happening. And I hope Omega fucking, you know, you know um, uh, a, a well-recovery. But sometimes with wrestling, I don't know if they're getting more advancements or if, like, they have, like, you know, uh, or if they're, like, like maybe exaggerating their injuries and they'll have the media people play along with them, you know what I mean? Since, like, billionaires can control narratives, you know what I mean? You can basically make it look like like anything. But, like, I'm not saying that, like, these injuries or anything that are not real, but, but, like, at the the most, it's, like, they systemically know that wrestlers got to be put through all this. And then it becomes like discourse about people working injured. So like that keeps piling up more because I feel like something big is gonna happen since that keeps being the discourse. It's like it's it's like there's gonna be like something bad at a pay per view that will happen. You know I don't know. Ruby and Rio had a match that was decent, but it felt like a backdrop to Tony being on commentary. She asked if her role was supposed to be color or play-by-play. I, I thought that was pretty funny. She was making comments toward the competitors. I didn't want to keep with everything, but she was, she was really dope in this. Uh, at one uh, at one point, uh, she was going to read... I, I saw this online because it happened in the picture-in-picture. At one point, she was going to read from the script, and she did She did Tony's, Shivani's. It's Sting, basically, you know, which I found funny. The match itself was pretty uh, pretty good. It was like Ruby was playing fodder for Rio's comeback to prepare her for a title picture. It feels like Ruby is in the sports entertainment field, but her character doesn't have the energy or motivation it had previously. You know what I mean? From, like, the promo she was cutting in the ring. and so I don't know. Rio got a diving stop at some point. Ruby got a, a dope Sayedo suplex after their exchanging pinning attempts. When they would go to uh, Tony on camera, it would be black and white, obviously. Ruby got no future on Rio after she was a diving stomp. The Northern Lights bridge that Rio did to counter the body wrap guillotine was pretty dope. She would run with a running knee. I wonder if they build to the world's end or did they have put it on television. I thought it was a decent way to get character work done to hype up the match and just being a standard match that baby faces build some momentum and all that. You know, I don't know. Let me get to Rampage. I, I'm going to do this really fucking fast, you know. Um, you know, um, so Rampage, Orange Cassidy and Von Erichs beat the JS Remnant, 
Just an excuse to get Kevin Von Erick out there to do the claw again. They should have done Dynamite. It was cool, though. Mark and Lethal wanted to do the next match in the uh, Continental Classic in, in, for the honor of the sports, so they're both out. Lethal did send Jared and company away, not in a disrespectful way, but it feels like he will go to the baby face side afterward, I think. Hobbs and Fletcher beat Jobbers and Callis cut a promo on Jericho, who was doing commentary so that he and Omega hid from them in a tag match after losing the singles. Now Callis' family will be in the tag division and will do the free bird, free bird rule. So basically confirming they'll win the titles. And, then with, with, and now with Omega gone, does Jericho go at it on his own to get some partners since they you know want to book this randomness? I bet, like, Sammy ends up, like, you know, being Jericho's partner since it's a discourse company. But I still think Jericho will win the title somehow with somebody if they're already teasing this feud. Or is this one of these things that will change the plans now that they had to film this to amplify that they had different plans prior to this and now that took them out of their plans, basically? That's 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 another thing, man. If, If you're someone that's not pointing out that, like, if you're not pointing out that, like, there are systemic injuries in this mafia system... Right, listen, the the, the the whole compound V shit. You know what I mean? People will just say, "Oh, you don't understand." Uh, you know, um, you know, but but there's people like that, like you know, like you know, who have, who have been online that like talk about fucking you know physical health, and even some of them online will fucking say that like a lot of the stuff does not make fucking sense with how like athletes can still do at this age and all that kind of stuff. There's obviously something, like there's something official that, you know, that can help out, but I'm sure there's some more advancements that these athletes fucking take. And to, like, show that they're still human, they have to, like, you know, go out, like, mean that they, they can withhold, like, like the, like, you know, because they have compound V in them. They can take more damage, but they eventually need to ha- to heal. You know what I mean? I think there's something more advanced with these athletes nowadays, in my personal opinion. To be able to still do this, like, it doesn't make any fucking sense how Lashley still looks like he was 20 years ago. Even, even fucking younger and better, basically. You know, oh, no, no, good exercise, good diet. Okay, I'm sure that fucking adds to it. Okay, I'm sure. And I understand I'm a fat-ass piece of shit who doesn't understand fucking, you know, good eat. So I wouldn't understand that, right? But I'm telling you, there's something off with this shit, in my personal opinion. But also the same people that want pay-per-view classics every week are like, you know, like, are the ones like the, that are feigning concern as well. It's like, you guys want these guys to put themselves, like, you know what I mean? You want to sign everybody to the fucking moon, and then what they're called, and you want pay-per-view level matches every single fucking week. And then these guys get fucking injured, and now you're like, oh, well, they should have taken time out. But like, you motherfuckers are the ones that are encouraging it. It's like, these motherfuckers encourage it, and then they get fucking mad at other fucking fans. Soraya and Ruby had a segment basically the same shit with Soraya not wanting to her to be like Tony, blah, blah, blah. Anna J beat Red Velvet. Decent match. I'm glad Anna's getting a win, but I hope Red Velvet has some stuff um, going on storyline-wise. The main event was Andretti, top flight, beating Commander, Vikingo, and Penta. I think Phoenix is still having visa issues or some shit. He made some reference about silent racism. This is with Tony Khan. It sounds like a really dope finisher, but, you know. Uh, again, it was a good match. It felt like they were putting this win over as a big deal so they can maybe get a title shot instead of just being given one to the acclaim when they get back. At least with the counter-programming, it made sense why wrestlers who are on the ROH show would be wrestling. 
Because it was in the it was in the it was in the you know same town, so you could say that the Von Erichs who are on the pre-show could make it to make it back to face JS Remnant on Rampage with Orange Cassidy, but they beat the Outrunners on R- on ROH. I wonder if they I wonder if they get hired. I it, it'd be a good lineage team, but I've se- I, I've seen their NWA stuff um, over their MLW stuff, but like they seem decent, but they still need work on their personas. You know what I mean? Or they didn't get a show off their personas, but. Taya beat Jasmine Allure. These are all pre-show matches I saw. You might, you might as well put Taya on this brand since, you know, it's the only way you can get television time. She's paired with Johnny TV, which is a good thing because they're, you know, being married and all. They have a good chem- they had good chemistry and impact and Lucha Underground, you know, being paired together, you know. Brian Keith, who is getting a lot of buzz in Texas, you know, he's been on AW before, but he beat Jack Cartwheel to be the la- last participant in Survival of the Fittest match. And he got people hyped up because he still used "Still Tipping" by Slim Thug as his theme, which is like a really good fucking song. You know, it's a it's a really good wrestling theme, I guess. I like the original version better with Chameleonaire. I know the two thousand five one came out was a better one, but the one with Chameleonaire, they they all flowed over that beat better. It didn't have Paul Wall on it. It had like the same Mike Jones and Slim Thug verse. But I like Chameleonaire over you know the over um, on the song over Paul Wall. People think that 2001 was the original one, but I was bumping Still Tipping in 2004 from a mixtape. You know. Here, I, 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 can, I can play it. Hold on a second. The, 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 the 2000... Uh, the 2005... The 2005 one. Hold on a second. Uh, the 2001... I'll play the 2005 one. Hold on a second. So I, I like I like I like this one. I'm going to like this one. So yeah, the, so I, I'm going to like this one. This is the, the, you know the the beat is really good too. It's, it's not that I don't like the beat or anything like that. I don't like the song. I thought Paul Wall did well in it, but because I heard the other one first, I thought like like even though they they float because again because again it's it's like they had to make the beat around the around um, Slim Dog and Paul Wall's verses or Mike Jones verses because they did these verses before. I thought they did an okay job, but I thought the other beat, their verses flowed better to that beat, even if you don't like the other beat better. You know, I, I can play. Hold on, I'll, I'll show you. So this is the original version. See, this verse flows better on this beat. I, I, and also, I'll, 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 I'll be honest with you. The reason why I like, like this beat a lot, it kind of sounds like they flipped the Seinfeld beat. You know what I mean? At all times when I'm flipping, 
Hell times when I'm flipping, bar sipping, car dipping, Grant Wood grain gripping, still tipping on the phones, wrapped in four bones, pimping four holes, and I'm packing four bones, blowing on that endo, GameCube, Nintendo, Bible said ten, so you can't see up in my window. These niggas don't understand me, cause I'm boss hog on candy. Top down at Maxis with a big Glock 9 handy. Pieced up, creased up, stand dressed to impress. Big boss Bill Buckle under my Mitchell and S. Oh, Gucci shades up on my braids when I escalate. When I'm riding, free will sliding like an escapade. I got it made, the big boss of the north. Ain't shit changed, I still represent the city. I don't know. I like I like this one better. I don't know. His Camilleno's verse. President dead. President dead? That's what I said, but not the one in the White House, man. The one with the green president's head. Blue or red, I'm still riding. Ladies be telling me that I'm sexist. And I guess it's because I always loved money over dresses. Always been about them horizontal lines through them S's. That's a dollar sign and dollar flying. Watch how she undresses. Don't matter. Is she black or white? Dark or bright? She ain't acting right. I'm going to take that pretty bra out to eat and then leave her there with an appetite. Niggas tell me they look up to me. And I know what y'all mean because I'm balling with tall green. Stacks taller than y'all. This is how you know the early two thousand song basically because everyone's making reference. Do I, I? I can't count how many references I heard to. I heard yell me. That'd be my go. When I used to rap, that'd be my go to reference for things being stretched out. Basically, that'd be that the. It was like Yao Ming's career wasn't meant to go anywhere other than being referenced in rap rap songs essentially. Our King Cooper the Don Cruise with a gun If being rich was a contest Commission yeah, you, you would have won. won I know But watch the jealousy Cause you're still a get trampled If you got whipped in the past Then you're still an example Treating niggas like Swisher House flows Nigga what? As soon as he start talking slow We gon' chop them boy up I think this version doesn't have Mike Jones on it Yeah this version doesn't have yeah, this version doesn't have Mike Jones. If you go on YouTube, you can find that one with Mike Jones on it. Because he's... Chameleon is normally the last one on the song, basically. But, yeah, no. I, I, I always like this. I always like this one. I like this version. I, because, again, I, I thought Chameleon was a better rapper than Paul Wall. Even though I still like Paul Wall. So I thought putting Paul Wall was actually kind of... Like, not to say that was a downgrade. But compared to how much I like Chameleon better... I thought it was a downgrade at that time. I'm like, why would you put Paul, why would you put Chameleonaire on there, man? You know what I mean. But I get it, Paul. But Paul, because again, Paul Wall and Chameleonaire were like you know a duo at one point. I think they had beef for a bit. I guess I don't. I don't know. I forget. I totally forget. You know. And anyway, I don't know how I got into this fucking thing. Whatever. But yeah, this is all because of Brian Keith. Anyways, uh, uh, then the final match on the pre-show was Garcia beating Blake in a good match. That's probably the best match on the show, uh, on the pre-show. If Blake won this one, it would have been like, Garcia can't even catch a break or anything. But, I mean, you know. So, I saw the highlights from what I saw. Viking going tours was a really good match. There was one spot that went viral. Cause in, in, in the highlights, they didn't show this part, like, multiple times. Because it goes quickly with some of the fucking shit, whatever. But what they call, like, online, like, one of the main things was, like, Viking go was trying to go out for, like, you know, springboard onto him. He kept falling down multiple times, like, on his feet, basically. And Tarus just stood there. 
Like, just, you know what I mean? Like, you gotta, like, again, it's, it's like it's designed for social media shit. This is why you never have, like, a crisp match or good, like, you know, consistent storyline because everything has to seem like it goes out of control and not planned out to basically hype the internet up. I don't know. But Turu showed me more than, from this clip that I saw, he showed me more than uh, what he can do than what I see him do on Impact. They never really show what he can really do. Once in a while they might, but they don't, you know. So maybe he stays on this brand, and or maybe he would be a good host to have on the main roster. You know what I mean? But I don't know. We can go wrestle the opening match, so it's still excusable for him to assume he could be on Rampage in you know in the same town, essentially. They actually carry the, the new New Japan momentum for Khan and Toa, I guess, you know. and Because, again, like they felt more hyped up in, in, in their match with Cage against TMDK. Because TMDK beat them in the Super Juniors, so they got... It's like they're adding matches randomly, you know what I mean? They didn't have many matches listed, and they just started adding random matches as well. Some of them need to... From what I can tell, they need to be on there. Apparently, it was like a five-hour show. I wouldn't know, because I only saw like an... I saw our highlights of it. Ethan and Nice had a decent storyline going about their past friendship. It might seem like overbooked, but it was good. That um, it, it still like seemed like some of the spots were really good. But um, Sterling had to be handcuffed. Um, that, that was one of the rules, and he broke free, and Nice unlocked him basically. Then Scorpio Sky helped out. Ethan won the I Quit match. So now you're reuniting them. You can you can have them go nowhere again together. I guess you'll assume they can win the tag titles or ROH title, but probably not. You know. I bet MJF just ends up forfeiting the titles and maybe they'll just win the titles then. I don't know. But maybe them being babies will do some shit. I don't know. I, I, you know, Mark Henry could be their manager since he was involved in enforcing the rules with Sterling. But he raised both their arms. So, I mean, who knows? So, the survival of the fittest match was elimination. And Lee Moriarty eliminated Lee Johnson. He got heat for eliminating Dalton Castle from the match. Then Brian Keith got back the babyface pop by eliminating him, which got people behind him more. And I think Commander may have eliminated Nice. Oh, no, sorry, eliminated uh, Brian Keith. I put Nice here for some reason. And then Fletcher did beat Commander, and he's like the, you know, one that's going to be the new, t- you know, the TV, uh, the TV champion. I guess I was like, you know, like you know, it was a, it seemed like a good fuck. It seemed like the best match besides the FTR and FTR and uh, um, Mark Briscoe versus BCC. Uh, Yudo defended his title against Lawler. I, I can never take Lawler seriously with those shorts. It's like I'm watching fucking Reno nine one one, but Yudo won the match. It was like a, it, was, it was like one of those. It was like one of the, the one of the week. I put one of the weaker match, but I said I put one of the weather matches. Um, but Hook made the save, so they're still building that up. The match that everyone was talking about was BCC versus FTR and Mark, and it was really good from what I saw. The typical battle you would expect, but it restarted after they brawled in the crowd. And there were no rules, and then Mark um, got Brian with a jade driller on a chair, I think. I thought it was cool. Brian is unselfish by putting people over. But this is, like, how they're going to bring... But this is, like, how much they're going to keep bringing Mark out. Of, they're going to bring Mark out for one big match that's tied to Jay. And then that's basically it, you know, all the time, you know. Like, I, I understand, but this is, like, you know, if they really wanted a real bill for this, they would have actually, like, not just planted this. It's like, okay, we can say Brian Danielson faced Jay Briscoe, and we can kind of just use that. Like, I'm not saying people weren't into it in that, in that regard. I'm just saying it just seemed like that's, like, the go-to they have for Mark Briscoe now. What 
Um, yeah, so, and then, uh, by the way, the, Nyla also beat Vert Vixen, which didn't need to be on the show, and Kingston beat Anthony Henry, which also didn't need to be on the show. You know, but whatever, you could have just, you, you could have just put Taya over the Jasmine or Lou on the main show, but whatever. Athena won the main event against, uh, Billy. It still put Billy over big because Athena accepted her as, like, you know, the friend, as a friend now. So now her and Lexi are officially aligned with Athena because they've, they've been accepted. Um, but people are mad that Athena won, but if they're still gonna bring her act to the main roster, it'll be fine, but the issue is they won't. I think Billy got something out of this still, you know, she still always go over down the line, now that she'll have more confidence officially being accepted by Athena. I just wish Athena could show up on the main roster and cut promos and matches. Again, I couldn't, again, it was too much for me to watch, like, you know, all fucking five hours, you know what I mean, because I, cause I don't have an honor club subscription, and then I... And the guy, the guy that used to like let me use his back in the day. I don't know if it still works or not. You know, you know, and so you know, I, I, and I, I, I was gonna buy it on Fight TV to watch it later. You know what I mean? But then I just saw the highlights on YouTube, which always, like, I mean, for all the shows, pay per views, and all that, they'll always have these channels that have the highlights of the pay per views. But then they, you know, it's it's like the companies themselves make this money to get like the like some views off of it and get paid off of it, and then it just deleted afterwards. And I, I, it's 7.22 p.m. now. I want to get this out of the way before watching Collision. Because I also got to cover other fucking discourse now. And I don't know. We'll see what goes on. What's going on? It is December 17th, technically. It's about to turn December 18th in like a second. The animals in my life. I might as well get, uh, you know, from last week's releases, I might as well get into them. I already played, um, you know, I already played, um, Run the Remix and Lace It. This is, um, this is the animals, this is my life, you know. I discovered these guys from Sopranos, obviously, because they had one song on there, but then I found going to some of their songs, they're pretty good. Yeah, this is Fred again and Baby Keem called Leave Me Alone.
is pretty good. I agree with the message, you know? It's pretty fair. This is uh, Benny the Butcher. I didn't even get the Baby Keen's part, I don't think, really, you know. One foot in with Steve, with Stove God Cook. There was a bunch of, there wasn't many albums, but there were some albums that I didn't like, you know, some, like any of the songs on there, so I'm not even going to mention them, I kind of forget now, but these are like, you know, there was more single than there were like songs on the albums. This is a lyrical lemonade. The album's the album coming out, I, I guess it's, the, I, I always kept some music, it was like a group between Cordae and Juice World for some odd reason, because they're the first ones. But it's like a compilation thing. But this one has Jack Harlow and uh, Dave. Have you ever signed a deal that came with a medallion? Have you ever booked the club and came with a battalion? Have you been to Montana and seen the mountains? Have you ever looked around and felt a profound sense of pride? This is called Stop Giving Me Advice. Where exactly you reside? Have you been Between Leave Me Alone, One Foot In, you know, Leave Me Alone. Have you hugged someone and they cried? Have you had your heroes sit you down and give you the guide? Have you ever spoken something into existence or do you just talk about other people's lives? Nah. Stop giving me advice. Fair point. Stop giving me. Stop giving me advice. Stop. All this unsolicited advice from the guys getting booked for a quarter of my price. All this red carpet shit, brand partnerships. Kind of elitist, you know. Maybe somebody has a good outlook. But maybe the bad faith. Maybe you talk about bad faith actors. At the end of my nights, I can do that. At the end of my life, you know the phrase is business before pleasure. Cause I'm banking on it, bringing me more pleasure. The pressure makes diamonds, the diamonds make more pressure, and so on and so forth. Okay, I'll give you four more measures and more records with more effort than ever before. I'm the young and on the teen has got a veteran core, they know the formula. So it, it, I'm always on and off with Jack because there's some songs I won't but, but some songs lately I've been liking a lot from the guy, man. I'm not gonna lie. This is Rashid Chappelle Barrel. This guy's growing on me too, man. This guy's voice and everything like that. Pretty good song, right? This is Sa this is Saigon. I, I, I didn't know he was still around, man. Saigon's around. With Grandmaster Kaz and Fredro. Lyrical genius. 
leave the sidewalk trace with chalk. If you're hooked by the boss, it's a waste of talk. Come on, that your whole crew will fall back. With the first verse, you want to curse, now you don't want to grow black. Uh, whatever, never. Oh, sorry, man. I don't know why, why, why I went to that song again, man. Hold on. I mean, you can get the fucking point. I, it's not letting me fucking repeat the fucking song. It, it went into my history, but it's still not, like, letting it fucking play for some odd reason. Kind of want to hear a little bit of it, but whatever, man. I, I accidentally fucking... I tried to delete the... Yeah, my God. Whatever. Here's Channel Trey's... Walked in the room. Channel Trez. Was it Trey? Channel Trez. I don't think about it. Show up. I get to work. Don't doubt me, baby. I feel the chaos. With a smirk. This is um French Montana little baby and ATL Jacob called OK. Pretty decent song. She wanna ride with the star, star. Ended up dropping my top, okay. My ass told me she needed space. I guess we both going to Mars, okay. I cannot forget the base. I'm taking my map on my dates, okay? Just look at the look on their faces. They wanna jump in my place, okay? So show that she was the one. But I'm taking her friends out the ten, okay? I told them to load up the dot of the dot. This is a uh, Nicki Minaj and 50 Cent beat beat. Beep, 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 is that bleep? Is... This, this song is, is 
I, I like this guy, Mr. Motherfucker Esquire. Right? And this song is called... It's a 13-minute fucking song. This guy was obviously passionate about this. It feels like you guys would argue with somebody, and he was influenced to just come record it. So he's gonna come... Again, I, I, I'm out of the loop with what the, what's going on here. But he's debate. He's basically talking about, like... Like, you know, he's justifying that he's a fan of Dilla, but he likes some guy named Dot better because they weren't playing Dilla um, in his neighborhood. <laughs> and it's like a 13-minute song. Like, dude, it's it's like, dude, it's like he got to, it's like something that I would do. And I was having this idea. If you were like, yo, hands in, that, that wouldn't be a good idea for a song. You're going to complain about, like, you being a fan. You know what I mean? Like, this is what the, this is what the song came off as in my program. <laughs> I'm not gonna read the whole 13 fucking songs, but like. It's nothing more. It's none willow. In 97, we didn't listen to Dilla. Dilla, Dilla. So yeah, here it goes. At least, listen, maybe he's... It was like maybe he was fronting for a bit, acting like he was a Dilla fan, and somebody found out that they weren't Dilla fans. They're like, oh, shit, I, you know, I, I gotta admit it. And he's like, just got all his frustrations out, basically. That's what, it, that's what it came across. I was like, this is a random song. Stop dick-riding other cities, man. Stop dick-riding these other cities, man. Represent your shit. Your producers, man. Your sound. Your culture that raised you. Represent that. Oh, man. What is dick-riding these other cities, man? What is dick-riding? Oh, what is dick-riding? I don't know what the hell's going on. I can't stand to see you cry like that. I gotta tell you the truth, man. I gotta tell y'all white niggas the truth, man. When the flake with me, one of my building had the park jams. All my Albany eyes was popping shots like this Narcan. We united to run them off the block. Jungle Tarzan, no white man's land before. Gentrification for my fault. Backyard barbecues. He's missing it, Brother Brother Star, but he keeps getting back to I'm not one of the players. 
see my name up in dimensions. And even moving got these niggas flinching. I'm in my group, I still a fucking western. Walking the room. Oh, he's looking for the mad rapper. I used to feel, I, I, I was a fan of Mad Rock, I didn't know much about him, and he used to always appear, like, he still appears on songs randomly sometimes, but I never knew, he's deep, oh shit, okay. So I, I guess it's like a, okay, so, I, I thought it was some local guy named Dot that was like, you know. Anyways, you get the idea, the guy, you know, they weren't playing, they weren't playing Dylan in his hood in 2001, I guess, you know. This is Usher and her. Risk it all. This is a. So, this is the Arrested Development EP, but right? it's like singles basically. It has instrumental and all that shit. It's called Hip Hop Save Lives. The album is called. With Chuck D and Grandmaster, um, Kaz. And, uh, speech. This is called this is about us. Yeah. Stop. Always had an irrational anxiousness. When things got hairy between you and me, I brushed it off like a pet groomer. Why would you let the Grammys that we got get to you? The kings and queens of an outdoor festival like Lollapalooza. But we can't pack a club and that's how they use us Like Flowrider The way you say things changes everything We spoke things that was evergreen But the industry said Stop So hip-hop, let's not fight anymore We ain't got all I, I like the spirit, I like, I like the spirit of it, you know what I mean? I'm all saying it's number one song This is a remix of it with the the configure remix. I like I like this version better. I liked one song off the Conway EP. It's called Costca. Uh -huh. With one, two. Like five songs on there. Here's like three songs off the Bart, Bart Oatmeal song. Bart Oatmeal album. Free my niggas out the cage. I sent some dough to knock a tear off. This the type 
type of rage that made Mike Tyson bite the ear off. High speed chase, my little Brody tore the gear off. Niggas press me about my shoes, but I ain't never take my gear off. The spotlight department store, JC Penny, Sears, Ralston in his front yard. Niggas shooting shit like she's, she's like a new artist. Backyard, fear God, nigga, fear dog. You see, I'll bite your ass. Four fifteens in the trunk, sound like rifle blast. But I ain't come to shoot shit. I came to fight your ass. Walking with my young, don't think I'm strapped. Check the type of pose. Draw a line and sand. Draw a line and sand. This is California DMD is Mr. Five and Bad Luck. Get your damn change up. They were pitching fastballs. I had to throw a change up. Project Kid, we grew up wearing the same stuff. That's why I never New York. I made 20 off. See when This is Bag. The song is called Bag, you know. Bart Oatmeal. Yeah. Look at what you shaking from a fuck with me, always lady. I le- I learn about new artists whether I'm listening to the like you know my my like you know the Hansy station from my account on Apple Music, and they kind of give me like you know hit, like they'll give me some good indie pop or alternative or they'll give me something like that, or I go on the hip hop subreddit and sometimes they'll put like some new artist. Or they'll put something out, go catch you know. Some people I know on the album, so I'll check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, just in case you are deaf, dumb, blind, stupid, poor, my name is Maxwell Jacob Freeman, and you are listening to Smoke Dizz's album. You are welcome. His flow's better, his rhyme scheme's better, his clothes are better, his weed's better. He rolls joints fatter than your mama's titty. He's Smoke Dizza, and he's the greatest rapper that ever lived, and he's better than you, and you know it, but he damn sure ain't better than the longest reigning AEW world champion of all time, MJF. So this, this is like the extended version of Flying Objects. As I burn more herb. There's some of the old songs on there, but like, you know, um, the, 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 the three that are new that I like. This is Beyond Spiritual with uh, Wiz Khalifa, Big Crit, and Currency. This is like a whole list of my 2010s mixtape rappers I like. I wasn't really into like the Young Dolph or the, you know, like, the, like, oh, like you know, some of the trap stuff that was going on. Or mumble rap, whatever you fucking, you know. But like, you know, I started kind of getting into like, you know, training my ears to like, like other types of subgenres in hip hop, you know. This is more Zell transfers. And this is uh, my drug drug trade part two, because it's part one on the original one, right? This is a uh, blue blue and knots. If you talk about professional wrestling, man, blue has like multiple tag partners. You know what I mean? But this uh, album this album is called Africa. And, you know, Africa with a K instead of a C. But the, some of the songs are, like, I assume are African names. 
because but then he puts in brackets like the English name. He says welcome, and I I I actually welcome that because you know I I don't want to butcher the names. You know what I mean? Because I you know sometimes I don't know how to pronounce some of these. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't I didn't want to fucking you know even attempt it because I, I I know my speech impediment. Plus I'm not good at pronouncing. Sometimes when I, I um uh, approach like a foreign you know a foreign language whatever sometimes or a foreign name like I'm not good at. I, I, I hear people say it for a couple of times before you know. I'm not proud of it, but, you know, but I, I applaud that he, you know, they put there for, like, the, the, the dummies out there, so the song's called Welcome, but you can look at the album, and you can look at the name titles, you know what I mean, yourself, and all that. Some Not for all the songs, for some of them. Blue, Blue's been coming out with like a lot of good stuff from like in Like you know, he's always been coming out with some good stuff, right? But like, you know, he's like been coming out a lot more. This is Forbidden Fruit. This is my first song on the album. And you know you ain't got no business in this Award-winning, we world Guinness in this omniscient You came from me, God whispered in the lie Entered, Adam got the shivers This forbidden fruit, you couldn't vision Visions grew without a visa for a visit through Look at you buying kings and slaves And selling slaves, building nations on graves Then looking back at me as if I don't know how to behave how about you hop up out of college grades and pray five times a day? I write rhymes aligned with the time of day, like the guys prophesizing about the times in the day. Caution signs, no entry, no entry. Not intrigued by the man who brought the maze back to me. Actually, I seen strange fruit hanging from Virginia. My nigga was my nigga, for my nigga was my nigga, cuz. Oh, yeah, and Coingia to the native, for the native was the Indian. If you got beat, the bring. Melanin, magical element in front of pyramids. We peddling powerful testament from sacred sands. This beats snatch. Forbidden cloth, make the head wrap. Goddess of Kimmy. Plant a solid gold bear trap. Pillars of oil. Enhance the richness of the soil. The black of the berry. The more interest in your sport. This is uh, my name. I can say this. Gina, Gina Langu. This is a this is one of the uh, singles for the album, Marcus Garvey. This is. Well, Chris and Chad. West to go where the air pierces your chest. So clear toil, then go home to rest and rock. And pigment isn't objectified where we belong. Smart. This is a uh, Baba, and I guess that's the the word, whatever. But then in the English translation, it's father. Where the green is the trees and the red is the land. 
Yellow is the sun and the black is the man. Make them God build the kingdom of sand. And to this day it still stands. Cause we come from This is one song like off the Burner album. Yeah, I'm always on and off with him too, you know what I mean? He'll come out with some really good stuff, and sometimes he'll come out with stuff where I'm like, ah, I'm not really feeling it. And this is like one of the albums where I like one song on it, you know? This, it's called Trophies. It's with him and OGZ, and it has like 10 songs on it. It's called Clouds. And then this is Planet Asia's album with um, Midas the Beast. This is an N1 rap shit. I like two songs on here. Is that like maybe 10 songs on here? He's been coming out with good stuff, like the last. Like I, I don't feel every single project he has, but he comes out with like stuff frequently as well. Scientology with uh, terminal with terminology. Beats are dope. You can tell he was enamored with like, you know, he's like it was in his ear like the woman singing and he's like, oh wow, this woman sounds like sensual and all that. It was, like it caught him off guard and shit. <laughs> yeah. This sound too healthy, but yeah. Who am I to judge? Wilder than Deontay, mobbing through the ball clay, cancel that Kanye. Yeezy, 
Larry Legend at the French Lick. Crossover slam dunk and one mixtape. She eat pussy with my bitch straight. Next level real estate homes with the big gate. Scientology, no award shows. Cars might move. Jared Carl, Michael, and Paul Rose. Uh, I don't know what the song knows. The brain, brain, when the rain, every drop from the storm froze. Bring the pain. It's a good beat. I like what, you know. Anyway, that was the uh, songs from last week, I guess. And I'll try to catch up with the other songs from this past, the past weekend releases. Wasn't that long, you know. Lately, it's been like 74 songs that I would like, you know, from, you know, all the projects and all that kind of shit in cumulative form, right? And this one's like only like 30 songs this week, you know, for, you know, not bad. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to take a break, but, you know, be, I'll, head, I'll head in with, uh, you know, this song because we're going to talk about some politics and some wrestling. I'll go on Tumblr for that. I'm on Tumblr right now. It's like 1225. I, I like doing the Tumblr ones, you know what I mean? Um, we'll see if, like, you know, people come in or not. There's normally receptive in there, but, you know. Again, this song came... Again, I know, I don't know about this song. It came randomly in my Apple radio that, like, you know, when I do the radio station shit. So I guess I've been playing Bob Dylan, so they gave me this song, you know. So, so I, I've had, like, such a, uh, you know, like, different, like, t types of music that I've been playing where, like, it gives me all kinds of stuff, whether it's new or whether it's old, you know what I mean? And I discover shit, you know. As someone that loves music, but I can't find the time for listening to every single thing. But I'll never say no to Bob Dylan, plus it plays into, uh... Like I said, man, if Bob Dylan were a rapper, he'd be like one of the most lyrical guys. Alright, I'll be back. 
just want to, you know, get things going, you know, I, I want to get this out of the way before I start going off, I got a lot to talk about since, you know, I, I still got to do a lot of the recap still, you know what I mean, I'm, you know, I'm behind, but I'll get it done, you know what I mean, I, I, I didn't want to rush, you know what I mean, you know, I just wanted to vibe out, have some creative ideas in my head, roam around, without writing it down, see if I can come up with some good dialogue that I'll forget about, I'm afraid to write it down, but I have, like, good ideas for dialogue, you know what I mean, like, but then I don't know if it's been done in movies, television shows, and all that kind of, with everything that's out there now. You know, I'll, I'll be back, though. Okay, it's 2.08 a.m. I was procrastinating, but I'm on Tumblr now. No one's really in here. I didn't think anyone's going to be here anyways, but I got a lot of shit to talk about, you know. I can barely keep up with what's going on right now, man. Um, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've, like, you know, I've been b- busy where, like, you know, I've kept on the basics of if anything major is developing. All it seems is, like, you know, more justification, more gaslighting on social media while, like, you know, p- innocent people still get bombarded and killed. You know, and you know it's it, it's 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 like it's like because like I'm, I'm like I'm obviously upset about this since it's all since like, I mean I've been upset about it since I've been diving in the last ten years. I had been told to keep my mouth shut, and also at the same time there's been people who will <laughs> <clears throat> who will make mention of like you know. Like, you know, because, again, when you realize what Israel does and then, you know, for 10 years or, like, for longer, like, or even right now, no, like, there's people that are obviously not fucking giving a shit. But, like, even, like, having any monocle of support was very fucking rare, right? To have, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, there'll always be protests and all that. Like, there's people there, but, like, no one on, like... Like a like a, like a on a big level would be like you know talking to Western like you know like you know like Western media type of shit you know what I mean. So like you know what I mean like you feel fucking like oh like nobody cares and then by that you know um, by that like you go well, if they don't care about me and they're able to call me all kinds of names as a Muslim and all that kind of shit call me a terrorist and all that. Then it's like, you know, it it made me more reactionary to, like, not thinking that, like, oh, oh, because, like, there's people who are powerful who happen to be Jewish or represent for Jewish interest. Because, like, nobody's giving a shit about fucking Palestinians or Muslims that have been killed and these illegal wars and how much hatred, right, whatever. They they make it seem like, um you know, oh, they tell you not to make fun of the Quran or make fun of Muhammad while like um you know while in, like the people in, like are encouraged to like mock it because you think that oh look they're telling us not to do that but it's like you know like it's it was designed for pushback like pushback in that regard they make it seem like it's like you know all the political correctness is run out of fucking control and shit like that so to me like you know i i would buy into like people who would like you know try to base themselves off like criticizing Israel, but then they would go into more of an anti-Semitic shit, like, in a sophisticated, more way. Not the typical, like, you know, transparent, 
the transparent the transparent racism always exists um, for the purpose of people only recognizing it that way. You can't recognize it uh, in a more sophisticated manner, I guess. Now there's three people in here. I think I count as one, I think. But, like, you know, there's been, like, obvious, like, obvious discourse with, like, uh, like, for example, like, you know, like, you know, shitty accounts justifying why, uh, Israelis might, quote-unquote, mistakenly shoot at Israelis, you know, because most people with common sense know that they don't really give a fuck about the innocent Israelis as well, the hostages. And even the family, you know what I mean? It's not out of line for me to say that the hostages' families are upset with the fucking Israeli government, you know. But, like, um, but I saw one account, like, oh, you, the reason why they shoot at, you know, the, the, their own uh, hostages is because they have hijabs on. See, Hamas puts hijabs on uh, the hostages. So the implication being that, you know, it, 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 trust me, it's supposed to be one of those dumbed-down things where, like, they make it seem like it's, like, she, she, she's aiming for the per cause it was she who said that. Aim, aiming for, you know, uh, a, po a positive situation. Like, but you're, basically but you're basically implying, basically, that it's okay if it's a regular Palestinian woman who's wearing her jobs because then it's okay to, you know, do that, basically. And it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, even when, like, you know, like, like, you would think that people who are supposed to be speaking the truth, who claim to represent for truth and all that kind of shit, you would, like, think that maybe, you know, acting like, like, it's gonna matter which fucking president fucking does shit, if they're not telling you that there isn't fucking some problem, you know, a prophecy that's being fulfilled by these, you know, fundamentalist uh, fucking billionaires. Then, like, you know what I mean? But the call, like, you, then you already know where the end result is gonna fucking be. Instead of trading people, I mean, maybe people are preparing, you know, behind the fucking scenes. Maybe that's why they always have these spending bills and all. Like, for example, like the, pe the Pentagon needs more money, but it's like they, you know, couldn't find other money that was given to them. And it's like, it makes it look like they're idiots, but it's like, I I'm between money being transferred with lawsuits and all that kind of shit. And, you know, and spending bills and fucking giving big time money to, like, like, I'm talking about, like, Netflix and all that kind of shit, like, you know, like, and because they believe that everyone in the industry is a mafia member, and there's faction warfare going on, it feels like money is kind of, like, you know, put, like, you know, on the street, but you gotta make it seem like it disappeared or something like that, you know what I mean? And it feels like more money is being put on with, like, you know, the... You know, I, I, that's why all these accounts are online constantly, you know, making their opinions, you know, getting propped up. There's some type of profit for it. I don't know the exact, you know, if it's if it's social currency, cryptocurrency, or if it's fucking, you know, just flat out fucking normal currency. But people are definitely fucking being paid by ampli amplifying up, um, you know, stuff to make everyone reactionary. And and when it's like something that's like bad faith on the supposed um, people who are showing support for Palestine, of course that one gets amplified. Like right now in the Eden Center, one guy in a mask said that he's gonna kill a bunch of like he said he's gonna kill a bunch of cops, and the cops just sat there and didn't say, do anything. 
And it's, and so, so to make it look like, oh, look, they just let, um, like, the Hamas go. But how do I know it's not an insider, you know, um, who's working for the right wing? Like, you know, you, you can have these people infiltrate to do that. But, 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 but the whole point is that there's, like, between every bad faith for the quote-unquote Palestinian side in the sense, like, not the innocent civilians, I'm not talking about them, I'm not talking about them, like, like, you know what I mean, like, you know what I mean, because again, by implying both sides, it, it, like, it's implying that what the call Palestine has fucking any power in the situation. Like, maybe the people that are funding Hamas fucking, you know, or letting Hamas fucking do that have the power, whatever power is left there. But I'm talking about, like, the fucking people who are conveying the message and having nonstop material for, you know, their fucking, you know, for their news programs or their fucking podcasts and all that kind of shit. And it just feels like, you know, like they need, you know, more extremism. But it's not like, you know, it's not frowned upon when it's people who are being super pro-Israel. So if that's not being condemned, and then every little movement for the Palestinian side is being condemned. And again, I've I've stated, you know, I don't trust that there's certain people who align with fucking far right-wing people. And, all, and the ones that are dominating the discourse who are right-wing people. Um, who are pretending to be pro-Palestinian. Like, I don't fucking trust those people. And I don't trust people that are like, okay, well, let's tell you the truth here. No, if you're showing what side you're on, like, you know what I mean? But what's it called? But, like, you know, but but, but purposely, they'll have, like, you know, like, like the Amy Schumers, the Sarah Silverman's, the Michael Rappaport's, you know, constantly fucking, you know, uh, saying shit. And, and that's their purpose, you know what I mean? It's supposed to make it easier for the anti-Semitic fundamentalist side because they all working hand in hand in this case, in my personal opinion, and because like you know innocent fucking people who are protesting, just want a common cause. Hey, they, they want to stop this fucking you know bombardment, this oppression that's been going on. They want to fucking stop. Everyone's tired, exhausted, on top of other fucking you know travesties and atrocities that are going on. Other groups that are being oppressed as well. Like that, that doesn't end either, right? On top of that, like, for the last fucking, like, you know what I mean, it's been amplified at a whole new level the last three years since the pandemic. Because it feels like our world was always going to go in this direction. And they had the pandemic in mind, which was supposed to be something that's supposed to finish us off. Finish us off. And and I think they've always anticipated, again, because, because, because the right wing are the ones that are, you know, more conspiratorial. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the, but like, because, like, people on the left who have to be, like, the good guys, I can't say that. Yeah, the, the, the stuff, the fundamental, fundamentalism has been implemented where there was always going to be a plan for this big pandemic plus civil unrest and all that kind of stuff. Kind of worked hand in hand. It's not to say, but, but, but it's not, it's not to say that, like, you know, and because, like, there's mysterious stuff going on about that, whatever, you have bad faith actors in the alt media who are like, oh, that means that vaccines aren't fucking safe. And, and 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 these corporations are probably these billionaires are funding that, so it's kind of like they don't want you to take the vaccine because maybe they don't want people actually being vaccinated, and maybe they and they, they and they know that something bigger is coming, and that's gonna do more fucking damage to them basically. That's how I that's how I choose to think about it because. You 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 aren't gonna tell me that like the stuff that's been happening. It hasn't been, you know, a plan 
for a fundamentalist fucking world that we're living in. And people would rather be enamored by the entertainment. I get it because we need something to, you know, take a break from because it's all so horrible. But at the same time, it's like this entertainment now is seeping into the political world. And we have to pretend these celebrities... This is why I cover the celebrity fucking storyline. Not because I want to be... Oh, I, can you believe Cardi B and Offset are going to fucking break? Like, I, I really don't give two shits about that. But I do look at the fundamental... Uh, the, the fundamentalists. I mean, well, I mean, it manufactures the fundamentalist shit because you have gender wars breaking out. You know what I mean? And it's like people are living... And all kinds of personalities are living fucking vicariously... You know, and they're trying to socially climb up as well. So they all want to be a part of it. So, like, everyone's, uh, you know, intention is to constantly keep these reality show cogs um, in a state of misery. Even though, like, they're playing a role, but, like, they're still going through it. Like, even if Cardi B and Offset's fucking shit is, like, reality show fucking stage shit for them to make more money off the off their, like, characters and all that kind of stuff. And, like, their music and, you know, and, you know, how much social discourse it'll bring. You know what I mean? It's offset, you know what I mean? Like, hinting that, you know, Quavo and Offset have sex together. I don't fucking know. And that was one of the fucking rumors. I couldn't keep up with all the fucking rumors. I just know it's, like, a bunch of, it's just a bunch of stuff where, like, people are going to use it as a gender war. And, and, while, and, and while we're doing that, we're already having, like, you know, uh, we're having, like, a lot of fucking, you know, far-right fundamentalist types kind of advocate for bringing back old days and sometimes I wonder like you know by making this seem like you know these dysfunctional families open marriages or anything like that means that like oh we gotta go back to the nuclear family and all that kind of shit and I feel like this entertainment seeps in so that's why I cover this shit basically sometimes they can be just innocent storylines that are designed you know but I look at some of the major ones, and the ones that the the industry loves to help, and everyone loves to amplify are the fucking you know the, uh, you know the, um, the relationship celebrity couple shit. Let me finish like the the um, some of the Palestine Israel stuff. Um, so yeah, so 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 again because again you, you can look at it under what Biden is doing obviously because again if the Democrats if the Democrats like scoff people or people who are liberal scoff at whenever people go oh liberal liberal and Republican basically the same thing you like they, they give you the scoff like they know better than you and then we think they're idiots because like we're looking at what's happening on the surface under each presidency in my personal opinion right. And then, you know, and then, you know, and then it basically makes it seem like you should go for the next fucking hero. That's why, like, whoever you advocate for, Vince McMahon is the one booking the storylines. And, and again, I'm kind of sick of the, I'm, I'm sick, the mainstream media was fucking bad. With the closest, the mainstream media was so fucking bad that it did so much damage to a lot of people who are critical thinkers, who thought they were critical thinkers during the whole Iraq war thing, that it broke people's brains, and mine included, I'm not going to fucking lie, that we embraced every single thing about alt-media. And now the alt-media has been building up their reputation. First of all, some of these guys like Glenn Greenwald, if I knew what his past was of representing for white supremacist, I would have probably been a little bit more skeptical of the fucking guy, but people in the alt-media, people who claim they're fucking left, advocated for this fucking guy. And again, I applaud him calling out, like, Democrat fucking hypocrisy. 
But then when he started fucking just defending Trump, acting like he's the same as everyone else, and that if they do this to Trump, they could... I mean, listen, they, they, they'll do it to people, regular people, but nothing, the fact that they're acting like something is happening to Trump, and they, and they have no fucking shame about it. And it's like, they're so obvious. Like, you want to believe that some of these fucking guys... You want to believe that some of these fucking guys might be infiltrating the fucking left. No, the right, maybe. Because it's so fucking obvious. Who knows, right? I, I, like, 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 I don't know. Like, all, all of a sudden, Marion William, Williamson is now defending Israel. Is that supposed to be an obvious lie? Or is she... Because, again, it, 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 they make it so obvious. And they know that everything they do or say is going to be fucking analyzed. Like, John Fetterman knows that him declaring that he's not a progressive anymore, is that just to show us that, like, okay, everyone that we advocate for, that people... Because, again, I, I, I suspected this guy was going to be a sleazeball, like, even though I, 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 I didn't agree with how the fucking right wing was going at him. But it's like, like you buy into the sports entertainment... Or is, is this Fetter, or or does Fetterman know he everyone has to be a fucking heel on the surface, but like that's not representing what they are at their core because they could be putting money on the fucking street for good shit maybe, especially when there's faction warfare going on. In my personal opinion, of course, again anything that I fucking you know um you know theorize I can't fucking prove. Not saying go listen, I I, su I suggest go listen to more left leading people. But also realize that, you know, they have to keep it straight, a straight story. And the reason why the right wing fucking can catch traction, because there is a conspiratorial fucking nature about where this world is fucking going. Like, for some reason, like, a lot of the stuff that has been said in interviews about how things have fucking run and all that, it's, it's like, seeping in. And even back in the 2010s, even though I would still buy into conspiracies, I was still on one of, I was still one of those guys in the 2012, 2013 saying, but yeah, if it's on YouTube, though, and it's still being shown, it's like they still want us to know because the internet is bigger than what it fucking seemed, even though people kept downplaying it. That's always been one of my main fucking things. No, at least at least my conspiracy that there's like a, like a lesser than a lesser than evil faction and a lesser, of course, evil faction. You don't know which is which now because everyone's mixing and matching now. You know, if if anyone who you know if if there's any okay, I don't know who's listening to this podcast. But I imagine some people who, you know, come to the comedy bar to see, you know, like see me there or they, you know, hear about my podcast. I'm sure a lot of you will be listening and you know, some of you might be listening or something like that. Yeah, these are going to be long ass fucking podcasts. You know what I mean? This is the beauty of my bipolar coaster shit. I do rants on different days and all that. I'd rather have like one big fucking podcast, you know. It's fine, you know what I mean? But I, I think personally podcasts are designed for long, like long ones, you know what I mean? You know, sometimes an hour is too short. I mean, I understand if you're listening to other fucking things, you know what I mean? But I'm not expecting everyone to like go, okay, well, I'm going to like, you know, listen to this more than other fucking, listen to whatever you want. If you want to take a break for this podcast right now, pause it right now, take a couple of days off, come back when you need to, you know what I mean? I don't really, you know, as long as it's out there, it's out there. If people want to fucking listen to it, you can listen to it. If you don't want to listen to it, that's also, you know, this is how I do shit though. You know, I don't know. 
So yeah, so Biden says he'll support. So the bookers who are booking the president say that he'll support. You know, Biden has to fucking be the villain, obviously. You know, that what they're called, he uh, will support, you know, harsher border policy to get funding for Ukraine and Israel. You know. And part of me wonders, even if the money for Ukraine even goes to fucking Ukraine, so then people automatically think all this money is going to Ukraine. And, like, you know, because, because, because of the way it's explained, if you actually indulge it, you'll know there's, like, more, like, you know, it's, it's the devil's in the details, but the right wing will just do reactionary shit. I'm, it, listen, if you oppose all the money going to Ukraine, and that's you're just your belief in general, if you want to listen to right wingers, whatever. But at least, like, you know, know, like, like what's being sent. Like, you know what I mean? Because I've seen different numbers where people have used it, and it's like, it, okay, fine, if, 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 if you are supposedly anti-war, and you think Ukraine's at fault, whatever, because the U.S. has its back, whatever, and that makes Putin innocent, whatever, you know what I mean? But it's like, at the same time, like, if you're gonna lie, like, a, a, about other fucking shit, then it makes me uh, question, like, your, your, your entire being as well, then. Especially if you're, like, not able to say anything negative or critical of Putin at all. And because he didn't kill as many as what Israel is killing, I'm supposed to, like, be happy that he exists, I guess, because he's seemingly calling out Israel. But, of course, more money is going to, like, you know, Israel. Because they're, try they're, they're trying to make some, some of the, some of the liberals, because they're trying to make some of the liberals, supposed liberals, who are, you know, f um, for, for the Ukraine funding. To basically equate that Israel and Ukraine are at the you know in, in the in the same league, I guess. You know, I don't know. There was a story about a t uh, a t teacher with an Israeli flag. I think some student made a you know con like but like even these things are being amplified like you know what I mean like like I I, I said it even during like all like you know the, the the COVID shit where some and even like some of the Karen videos it's like you're like it's like some of these videos some of these viral stories are designed to fucking you know add more fucking fire while the world's already burning enough like the like the like the the already fire that exists already like that isn't good enough. Now you need more fucking fires to, like, you know, pile it on, basically. You know? Like, climate change isn't doing enough, and also, like, arsonists that are doing it. But then the right wing will project about the arsonists, and then the fucking people on the left will deny the conspiracy even exists at all. And you can just say, hey, maybe the right wingers are the ones doing it. You can theorize in that way. I guess you can't. You know, I don't know. I know the, 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 the and the, the, another thing is that they're making it seem like, and, and I'm sure there's bad apples in some of these protests because if you focus, I mean, because obviously when they focus on something, right, whatever, right, it's like the, the, they're designed to fucking, you know, do that. To like, you know, get people to react to this one. But like, for example, but people will misrepresent shit by saying something like, uh, like, they'll misrepresent, like, oh, look, these people who are protesting stores 
are being so um, a nuisance. Oh, I support Palestinians, but this is out of control. Yeah, but the fucking Zara place did an advertisement of uh, rubble and body bags. They're doing outrage marketing. So, of course, they fucking wanted it because people are going to fucking obviously side with the fucking capitalistic fucking shit. But like, the, like but, but but like, so, so so like, so now I don't even know if some like, so that is making me question going online and seeing if some of these protests are just being assholes that are just bothering innocent businesses because the people who are supposed to be educating us in the alt media, of course, right? The people who say they're, I, this is, I expect this from the mainstream media. But people in the alt, like, 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 Jank and Ant, like, Jank fucking falling for some of these, like, because he's condemned some of these, oh, why are you bugging these random businesses? But it's like, some of these businesses are supporting what's going on, so they're allowed to fucking protest it. How can, how, how can you, like, like, pretend to be for, like, you know, oh, for, for Palestine, but then you, you're fucking not even covering wh why some of these protests are happening in certain places? But again, it's 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 designed to make everyone gaslight, get gaslit, and you know. Jimmy Dore had fucking Tucker Carlson on his show. And of course it was... And, and of course Jimmy Dore didn't push back about what he said. I guess we're supposed to buy the Tucker Carlson after the Iraq war a couple of months after. He, he, cl he claimed that after after like a year or, or, or a couple of months afterwards that what's it called? Uh, he, um, what, he admitted that he was wrong about the Iraq war. Even if they admitted that they're wrong, that like they, they, they don't get points for that. But it doesn't even matter because even beyond the couple... Because when he was on Bubba the Love Sponge show, that was like in 2009, 2008, whatever, this guy was like talking about how they're primitive monkeys and all that kind of shit. He's still fucking, you know, uh, uh, fear mongers for white supremacy. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Dore is like washing his fucking balls, basically. They, they're both complaining about fucking COVID fucking vaccine. Oh, I got vaccine injured. Maybe you got fucking COVID, you shithead. But, but, but Jimmy Dore is so soulless. Like, you can't even call him a comedian. He shouldn't be labeled a fucking comedian. He's only funny for his right-wing billionaire fucking friends. And and then this one's like the... Like, this is where I talk about sports entertainment. Because even if I believe that Cornell West is kind of going... And, and, this, and this guy's a smart dude. He would have already known who the bad faith actors are. He, you know what I mean? Like these guys don't make mistakes in, the, in, in that regard. You know what I mean? Especially when you're at that level in the, in the, in the public sphere. Right? But but the thing is, when it comes to him versus Jimmy Dore, I'll back Cornell West up, obviously. But like, I feel like Jimmy Dore knows that he plays the fucking heel, so anyone he goes at, that might be kind of compromised a little bit. Also, that means that we automatically are supposed to, you know, like like I I'll go at Jimmy Dore for be, for, for being a racist because he probably he probably be a racist to, you know, other you know, not people who are in the media space. He'll, he, I know he'll use, like, you know, uh, Revolutionary Black um, black Network to, like, you know, prop him up and say that he's not racist or anything like that. You know, 
But like you know, but but him saying that he's more about the people than Cornell West, and you can go fuck off with that shit. It's like one of the biggest, and I don't know what because sometimes the post left watch account is like sometimes I I just think you're not even adding real com- commentary to it, and and just it's just the most you know uh, the most like mediocre commentary because like especially when someone like does a conspiracy. Because then they fucking, he, he, the person who who's behind that account blindly just shits on the fucking conspiratorial nature. When you could use a conspiratorial nature to kind of go, sometimes I, some, that's why I, sometimes I think that some of these people pretend to be liberal or left. They also want to go for the right wing side, basically. There's a, like, there's a reason why other, like, for example, whenever Kanye goes on his rants, right? And the thing is, like, because, like, the, because, like, people who have consumed online interviews and, you know, message board stuff and, you know, like, you know, situations being referenced on tracks and all that kind of stuff, where there is a conspiratorial nature to, like, the music, the entertainment business, but, like, more so in the music business, right? So whenever Kanye goes off about that, and then he does he does and then he he this is where this is where it's smart where like and because like it's, it's this is where it's smart where like he could convince like the the most cynical online to like not like like for example if bad faith actors like Michael Rappaport for example are fucking you know shitting on Kanye West and we know that he Michael Rappaport the fucking he he he's he's been acting fucking racist so you automatically go okay then Kanye West is obviously like. Like, you know, so anyone that's, like, um, calling him, like, uh, uh, an anti-Semite because he makes these over-the-top comments or calling him, like, you know, so, you know he, he, he hates his own people because of what he said about slavery, right? It's the over-the-top stuff. But, pe- but people know because the mainstream media focuses on the over-the-top stuff that, and they don't focus on the other stuff that's being said because, because the mainstream media – and this goes for the alt media as well because you guys are also mainstream media hacks as well. A lot of you who pretend to fucking um, – who are better than mainstream media. But then because no one covers that part because that's considered the crazy conspiracy part, people who are online can go, okay, well, I'm going to focus on this part. And they're not going to take the over-the-top shit. But the over-the-top shit should also be paid attention to because – in my personal opinion, even though there's truth to what Kanye is saying about that trainer dude and how like Hollywood and you know how some of these people can fucking kill celebrities and all that, like I believe there's something that's going on with that. But the thing is, you you're under the impression that he's saying this, and now he's free to speak out that no one's bothering him. No, he's doing it under the guise of like him opposing. Um, like for example, I believe him and Jay Z are still aligned together. I still think they're fucking you know. Uh, uh, I still think they're, you know, still aligned. I think a lot of people who say they hate him, who claim to be anti-Trump, are still with Kanye. They're using him as a loose cannon. But what they're called, but they're making him look like he could be, like, this tortured genius who is actually fucking right because, like, there is shadiness in the industry. But, like, you know, but, but, it, it, but like, under the guise of, like, oh, they're Democrats, basically. Even though they're all, even though that trainer, Jay-Z, all these guys could all be right-wing. And, they're all, and they could all be aligned with Trump, but Trump, but Kanye is being used to, like, go on these fucking rants about, you know, to cater to the internet. And again, some of these things, and, and you know why I say some of these conspiracies that he was talking about could be proven true. Because if they do, then people are going to automatically go, oh, look, Kanye was actually speaking the truth and everything else was trying to discredit him. 
and, 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 and then you have all the bad faith actors who are the ones condemning, who are not explaining what the danger of, of what, he re- what it represents. It's not that it's Kanye is this big fucking danger. He's being used to influence people, but he's being, he's being used as like a fucking cog in the system. For the, for the right-wing causes, for the far-right fundamentalist cause. Again, this is just my personal opinion, right? If Kanye can be conspiratorial, I can kind of be conspiratorial. Right? You know. There's only three people watching me officially. Who knows how many people are really watching me somewhere else. Making, you know, snide remarks. You know. But like, in, in 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 the rant... No, no one's focusing on the Aaron Carter or what this trainer is doing. Purposely, you know, look what they look what they focused on. They fo- and and again, I'm I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't focus on, but I'm saying it's so over the top that discredited members of the media who go off about Kanye, who who are already seen as compromised themselves, whenever they give an opinion on Kanye, even though like their words will fucking actually age well, but what is planning on fucking with with what I feel. The, the 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 far right wing fundamentalists are planning, but like you know what I mean. Like for example, you're not gonna take what Rosenberg says seriously. You, you, listen, I don't agree with Rosenberg on you know uh, um you know hundred uh, percent on everything, but like out of like all like you know he he's someone that you know doesn't fucking blindly just you know sh- you know sh- like you know uh, simp for Israel or defend what Israel does. Right, but whenever he, you know, again, so whenever he, like, fear mongers about, let's say, a Kanye, for example, then, like, I'm supposed, like, you know what I mean, and maybe by design, I'm supposed to go, well, how come you're working for WWE, you know what I mean, who, who Vince McMahon, who has, like, like, if you're worried about Kanye, then that would insinuate that Vince McMahon, who has a lot more power than Kanye, you know, being tied to Trump, like, why do you go do their panels, then? And it's, it's designed for you not to take Rosenberg seriously, because, you know... Um, because he's already compromised. So when people who are who you feel are already compromised in the, in the establishment, whatever, the official establishment, even though every single fucking person who's an online persona is probably part of the establishment, no one's gonna, you know, like he, like like for example, like like for example, like you know, like um, they they're marketing Kanye's daughter, and and because I believe Kim and Kanye are in on this, right? They're making it seem like, you know, because again, these celebrities do these over-the-top stuff. So that now other personas now can fucking comment. Like, that's why the Met Gala exists. Like, whatever, like, kind of events are going on there, it also designed for social fucking currency. So everyone can do advertising of, like, you know, a costume or design or, you know, whatever it is. And people online who are the cynical ones go, oh, can you look at... It's, it's designed for you not to take fucking any, anything in Hollywood fucking seriously. Because, like, you know, how can you when these people are just doing this, whatever. But it's all for fucking show. So when you have, like, you know, Kanye's daughter, like, talking about how the Met Gala's stupid and all that, whatever. And it's looking like, oh, look, she's breaking free from the Kardashian household and all that. But it's like, no, she, she she's still indoctrinated into it because they are, you know, Kim and Kanye are in on this shit together. It's like, to me, it's a business arrangement. Like, you know, the the... Him and joining that family was what did him in even more. 
You know what I mean? Like, like you know, like they're the royal family institution in show business. That like for some reason, whenever anyone fucking marries into it or some fucking shit, or gets in there somehow, they always end up all fucking fucked up. Lamar Odom. You know, like you know. It's like an arranged marriage type of deal. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of hooked with that, and you know, and I feel like. Like, they're the ones who have who have been, like, you know, kind of also behind the Kanye spiral out of control shit. Like, with what he's doing right now. Like, it's supposed to look like he's the one that's talking sense and being anti-Hollywood. So, you, so you're going to root for his, for his daughter to join him because it's like, oh, look, she's leaving the lavish lifestyle to join Kanye. You know what I mean? So he's so all the stuff that's being put out there. He's talking about Drake. He's talking about Zionists and his rant that he went on. It's always a viral fucking rant. And then he finished off. I think he, I, I I didn't want to because again I I know it's gonna be a mixture of like the conspiratorial stuff that has some substance, but it's also gonna be like other fucking bullshit. And also some of of where's mind is going uh, talking about um he, he talked about him Hitler and Jesus as third party basically. Something like something along those fucking lines, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, wait, once you realize that all these like rants are also marketing tools as well, it you know what I mean? It, it becomes you know it becomes like you know it, it just becomes like okay, just give me the fucking cliff notes, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that I'm an expert on the whole fucking thing, right? This is just my view of how I see the overall view of everything going essentially. It's the only way that I can fucking do it. I'm not saying that you should think that I'm a hundred percent fucking right. But I'm allowed to have my fucking perspective. I earned that. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm sitting in my mom's basement with a cold without fucking and, dis- and diminishing and, and, and dismissing my trauma and all that kind of shit. Uh, obviously, what's a cold? You're like, you're supposed to be doing that. So whatever I went through, I, I haven't earned anything. Like, as, some, as someone who, you know, again, because the, the, I, I had fucking people who were already trying to court me after leaving the Stern Show in hope that they could get my conspiracy theory ass to fucking lean more fucking right. And I think people in my life even fucking anticipated me being so tied to these conspiracies that I'd be willing to go to the fucking right wing to fucking get my message out. And I could have gotten that. I could have gotten more fucking empathy and sympathy if I decided to fucking shill for whatever the new fundamentalist right wing people are sh- are shilling for. They 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 dangle it and they make you think that fucking the liberal shits wasn't running shit. Give me a fucking break. And some of the liberals are so limited, they fucking don't give a shit. And that's, that's why I question if they're, if they're liberal at all. Maybe they're watching out for people, like, to see if they don't fall off too far and send somebody in if they're falling too far. Maybe that's what's going on. But seemingly nobody fucking gives a shit. And it's like, what if I fucking was manipulated enough to be, you know, to, to be, you know, uh, to, to be swayed in that, in that position? only like three people in here still and I think I'm one of them still but no one's really coming in here one guy came in here and asked about what I think about Ralph dying it could have just been one of my fucking trolls but I told him you know go to the last podcast or so I talked about it you know or one of the last two podcasts I talked about it 
Listen, here's the thing, man. With the call, listen, you know, obviously you don't want, on a human level, you don't want any, at your core, you don't want anyone to fucking die. But at the same time, like, you know, like, like, like some of these guys are aligned with fucking evil and have been enabled by fucking evil. That, like, I'm, I'm not going to be the most, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm more torn. About, I, I know a lot of Stern fans don't care about other fucking Muslims, but I'm more torn that innocent Pal- uh, Palestinians, uh, Palestinians are dying. Over, you know, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, your favorite ra- radio show host, Stylist, died. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and people coming here asking me for my fucking thoughts. It's like, motherfucker, these people ruined my fucking life. Like, Ralph didn't fucking directly fuck with me, but in 2010, I think I was supposed to go on a rant and go, go on and det- det- it was one of the, it, 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 I was at my worst. Uh, in the two, it, it was like at my worst in 2010. Where what the call Ralph was fucking you know taunting me online basically, and I went on a fucking long ass rant on Facebook and Twitter about it, and I think they anticipated that I was gonna call in and feud with Ralph or something like that, or or whatever. By the way, with the cold, um, it, it's convenient now that we're finding out, um, we're finding out, um, uh, hold on a second. I'm just remove. I was gonna play some of the Jimmy Dore. Go to post left watch if you want to see the clips. I I really don't. The thing is, it just infuriates me because I know whatever Jimmy Dore and these guys are doing now it's like it's by design. It's supposed to be fucking pissing us off. It's it's like obvious fucking move. It's like oh, can some leftists not go on the Jimmy Dore show or go on Joe Rogan's podcast? No, they're gonna go. Because some of them are not fucking leftists. And yet, they, they, these people are fucking people that held purity tests for everyone else. Yet, they go on fucking problematic fucking fundamentalist podcast. And then they get to act like they're the ones who get to fucking dictate um, um, who, who's worthy and who's not worthy. When people in their own fucking cliques or family are fucking, you know, compromised. But that guy from, you know, Chap... I, I thought that guy Stavros used to be kind of cool, whatever, you know. I, it, it, again, sometimes I can't tell from if it's Comtown or if it's Trap or Trap House sometimes, you know what I mean? Because I, I, I just listen to the podcast as is. I never really followed each individual personality. But, like, from some, some of the stuff that I saw that Stavros guy fucking doing, you know what I mean? Like I thought, like, in the past he was decent about certain things. But now he's, like, not pushing back at Joe Rogan fucking fear-mongering about immigration. Like, the, the, the far right, the, the, the right-wing fundamentalists are the ones bringing immigrants in to make it seem so unbearable that you have people hating the immigrants. So you get them all fired up. And it's, it's basically Joe Rogan basically um, advocating, well, the, well, those citizens, they better... They better smarten up and get with, um, um, you know, and, and, and start speaking to the Republicans, basically, because the Democrats aren't doing it, which is by design. 
They're advocating for fucking much more, you know, and people don't fucking realize it. Oh yeah, and another thing that Jimmy Dore got mad about, that, and he he really he, and, and again, he, he to some of his idiots fan base, they think this is like a fucking like all the like the most original point, and and, and so do a, a lot of these post leftists. They think this is like the most like like a revolutionary point. How can you say Trump is gonna be fascist? Oh, I'm I'm more pure than you. Can you see what's going on right now? It's like yeah, the fundamentalists who fucking run the fucking you know country. Who run these countries. Because you guys have pretended like these. Uh, official rules actually fucking work. When they've like, just been in disguise. And the bare minimum level. Fundamentalism is all, has always run. I don't want fundamentalism to fucking run. But they're fucking putting masked off moment right now. And yet, and yet people want to argue like. The, these people are functioning off of. Oh what's going to be the policy. I, I know regular people deal with like. The consequences and the fallout of. Of uh, of um, of like the, of the policies and all that kind of stuff. Shit whatever. But it's like. When people start thinking that like. Even like strike. Like, like for example. Like I, I applaud people who want to fucking strike. And go at their fucking billionaire bosses. And all that kind of shit. But it's like it's happening at a time. Where like we're almost at the end. Where like the mass off. And there's going to be civil fucking unrest. And you know what I mean. And these people know that. And then they make it seem like they're about. Like when these post left type people. Act like they're about policy. And you know, and they're not talking about like. How, the, how WWE style this is all fucking running. It's like, I, I don't trust them either. So when you're talking about, oh, how can Trump be worse? Joe Biden is doing it. Well, guess what? When Trump gets in, when they give Trump the fucking power, you know, they, they got to make it seem like he's like on his own, even though I personally believe that oh, he has a lot more fucking support. So much so they're making it look like they're going at him, even though this guy is free to do whatever he wants. He can still run for fucking presidency. He can still go out and do being investigated for like eighty million fucking um uh, um you know um, sports entertainment fucking court cases. That I'm sure he is fucking guilty of on the surface, like like you know it's showing that. But like they haven't made any fucking moves for the last fucking seven years over anything. In, in in fact, they keep like the reason the, the reason why like I I knew like in my personal opinion I knew the overall story of the Russian collusion thing was like the feds could have fucking you know uh, uh, caught it at a, um, a much earlier like you know, they, they like they have enough technology they would have fucking noticed that there was collusion going on blah 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 but it's like this storyline exists for it to actually be true. But, like, there's going to be, like, misreporting and people not telling you every single fucking thing. But the reason why the storyline is important, because when the fundamentalism fucking officially kicks in, Russia's going to, like, all the people that are being fucking, you know, in the discourse, countries and all that, and, and, and different leaders, they're all going to be aligned with what Trump's vision in America is going to be, or the people that are helping Trump in, in that regard. You know what I mean? But like, like to to me, to, so to me, it's like the reason why they had the they need a kayfabe reason for the mainstream media of why Russia is involved 
whatever, even though they could have fucking stopped it. Which would then imply that maybe people, like, that would be the fucking thing that, oh, maybe people in the, in, in, in the, in the FBI or who, you know, uh, do this kind of fucking, you know, investigating for, for collusion and all that. Um, like, you know, like, they're in on it with Trump as well. But now it's like, suddenly some, um, Russian intel, um, let me see what, the, what it was. Hold on. Let me see. You know, I'm sure we'll find out something where, like, oh, this is almost what happened. So a binder, a binder of top secret information on Russian election interference will vanish under Trump's watch. People keep, see, the thing is, because the mainstream media is so discredited, you're supposed to automatically, and because they do a shit job on purpose, you're supposed to think that, what's it called, because, like, it seemed like there was nothing. Like, p- people keep pointing out that there was actually something, but it wasn't focused on. It's just the fucking alt-media types were the ones dominating it, because they're actually fucking working for fucking the Russian government. But again, because Hillary Clinton says that, that automatically means that I can't, like... Go okay. Well, I don't. I think Hillary Clinton's a bad faith actor, but guess what? You know she could also say some truth about people who are fucking getting paid to do it. You think people are just doing it out of the goodness of their fucking heart? No, they're not. They get fucking paid for it. If and one thing has become fucking clear by a lot of these fucking alt media jerk offs that they fucking you know uh, get get paid in different fucking ways and still pretend like they're being independent, and then we will find out they're not. The whole, the, the whole independent fucking thing is such a watered-down horseshit to make it seem like, oh, this is why you should get, um, get with me because I'm more unique than the establishment, even though I'm still part of the establishment. You know... So let me, um, let me, uh, I got so much fucking shit to talk about. I don't know how I'm going to do all this. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a cigarette break. I'll come back in one second. I'm, I'm like really behind, man. I, I, I'm, I know I got some more discourse to go through. Six thirty-seven p.m. This is gonna be a, one of those ones where I have to do a full week of recaps. You know what I mean? And while the other program is coming off, it'll be outdated. This is a Scarface Tidy Desk concert.
I haven't been watching Tiny Guest Concert. Like, the concept kind of outgrew me. Like, I outgrew it a little bit, like, watching. Like, I was enamored by it at first. I thought, I, I thought it was pretty cool, a little environment. And there were some good performances, but it could be too gimmicky at times, right? But Scarface, you know, he's one of my favorite rappers, so I had to, like, go. Got us high, but the days that we were lost and broke shit Got us by, only right we stopped and keep the props Because she came from the block of only finer crops I need to hear you say Mary, 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 Mary. I love This was like the second song that he played in, right? He played Mind Playing Tricks on me I thought it was the one that they would go to, but He did other good songs as well, you know Right but yeah, go watch it, man. It's pretty good. Someone like Scarface is at a level where he doesn't gotta take this, like, you know, he doesn't gotta, like, play along. He just do, he, he can just get away with doing the bare minimum. But this guy's, like, being animated about, you know, with the way he's, like, like, you know, swaying his body and shit and, like, making animated faces while doing the lyrics, man. He's, like, he's really feeling it, too, man. It's pretty cool. Have you ever seen it? Who 
was strong in the game. Overlooking his tomorrows and they finally came. Look back on childhood memories and I'm still feeling pain. Turning circles in my ninth grade to dealing cocaine. Too many hats. If I'm no polite, surviving All right, man. Go watch it. It's good, you know. Always good to see Scarface get his props, you know. I I I I had like a not an argument, but like I didn't want to make it an argument. But when I was talking to one of these chicks on Tumblr, and you know, it was like one, um, you know, someone from um from uh, you know uh, from the south, and she was listening to rap, and then I was uh, you know talking about like you know dope southern rappers and all that, and I named Scarface, and she was like Scarface doesn't count as as uh, as um, a southern, and I'm like, what the. F-? The thing is, like, when I first heard him, I didn't really think he was Southern either because I thought Southern had, like, its own little, you know what I mean? Like, he, cause he, he, he raps like someone from New York, essentially, at times, you know what I mean? But but I, I count him as a Southern rapper, you know, King of the South. You know, it's dope, you know. Yeah, I'll get to some other fucking discourse, um... Uh, what what happened here? Hold on a second. Yeah, hold on. There's a bunch of shit I gotta talk about, man. Okay, how about this? Uh, the I, I think I mentioned it, but the 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 worker again. I'm on Tumblr Live right now. Maybe I should be. There was like a, you know, the worker dealing with uh, threats because of, uh, you know, I, I will go on Tumblr Live. Hold on one second. Hold on. I'll play from the music before I get set up. And a man without a focus life drive insane. I'm stuck inside a ghetto fantasy, hoping it changes. But when I focus on reality, we broken in chains. Had a dream of living wealthy and making it big. But over football, toes cook raw, taking and digging after all my mama's knows. God blessing the child. All my mama got to do now is collecting it. Smile. Smile. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's nice. I love it. And as you turn in the outer space, may the angels help to lead the way. May our prayers and our families pray. Hold on, man. I'm trying Shine to up on your soul and keep it centered. As the homie pass away, that a creature should pass the gates. As you head to the tunnel's light, I hope it leads to eternal life. I say the prayer for my homie Pop. So what to call uh, these workers um, for the the, the election? Again, I cannot keep up with the fucking case. It just it just seems like it, it, it goes convoluted ways where you can't where you purposely can't follow it. 
But basically, you know, Giuliani has to pay $148 million, apparently, because of, like, you know, like, the harassment these people faced. You know what I mean? And, and, and part of me wonders if it's, like, if, if this is, like, you know, like, kind of, like, you know, in, in, you know, kind of, like, you know, uh, like, I always feel like if if they're all in on it together, maybe, like, this is a way to kind of transfer money, or is it going to be that he won't pay the money and he'll get away with it, and even though, even though it, it, it's more of a preview of, of things to come, because, like, you know, like, because, again, like, people will act like, you know, they're incited to do it, but to me, it's like, I think people are employed, literally, to go and do their bidding, basically. Like, I think there's a direct connection if you, like, you know, pay attention to, like, the pipeline of it. Maybe not, like, you know, directly speaking to the people, like, people who are, like, you know, on the ground and shit. But they have, like, networks, you know, you have different ways to fucking do it with different fucking social media and different fucking encrypted phones and all that shit. People act like that's not, like, capable of happening. What's up, uh, Lachika, what's up? I'm I'm just doing a podcast recording. I hope you're well. You're the only one in here. You're my my my, my only audience. You know what I mean? I, I the thing is, see, I I I know for some of you women on here who come, uh, you know, who come to my po- come to my streaming, like, wow, this guy doesn't really have many. Uh, you know, listeners. It's like, yeah, because I'm not a woman. You know what I mean? Like, not, not, not to say that like some women don't have personalities or anything like that, but you know, just the attractiveness of a woman, you know, brings in like you know, eighty million fucking people. You know, I I, I have the tits of a woman, but I'm, you know, I'm not really you know, um, I don't have a pussy. I might I might as well have man. My medication's fucking with me. You know. I'm 40 years old. I might have prostate cancer. I don't fucking know. So, yeah, I'll see what, uh, you know, what goes on um, with, uh, you know, again, it, 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 I, it's weird because I have so much stuff to talk about, so I'm just kind of speeding through, you know what I mean? So I might not give, like, the best, just so I can cross off a fucking list, you know what I mean? And for some reason, I, I feel like I have to fucking do it. Like, if I'm going to record a podcast, I might as well. I don't know. But I take on too much mentally and all that kind of shit. I still got to do the fucking recaps, you know what I mean? And um, so so now they're doing like you know again. There's a, I think there's a whole hearing on this about like how there is uh, sexual abuse like being exposed on the Coast Guard. And again, like again, I I don't know what connection. Like you know, I I always assume everything with Coast Guard and all that type of shit. You know, uh, Navy. You know what I mean? Air Force. I, I put it all in the all in the military, essentially. You know what I mean? I, I classify it all in that. I don't know if they're all technically, you know, um, you know, I don't know. But, like, when this is being more fucking exposed, um, it's like they want you to know what kind of environment... Because, like, if they're supposed to be, in my personal opinion, a fundamentalist takeover, they're just giving you a... Pre- like, yeah, these should be addressed and there should be consequences for people that do that. But to me, it feels like when they bring these stuff out, uh, you know, in, into a show, like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what Congress has become. It's like they use whatever these people go through. Like, it could be, it could have been covered a long time ago, but it's like they choose when to talk about it. And it's like when they talk about it, it's like it's too late because the people who want to do that kind of stuff are the ones that have a lot of fucking power. 
or they want to come to that kind of fucking power. That's why you're having, like, the ex... Like, you know what I mean? That's why they're always, like, kind of, like... Uh, things, I don't want to just generalize military, right? And, and, and there's probably a reason why they want to fucking go after anything that's quote-unquote woke in the military, but, like, you know what I mean? That might be purposely funded to, like, push back against. Because, like, that's, like, the issue with some ex-Navy SEALs like, you know, who say that, like, oh, the wokeness is, like... Because, again, like, they already have the fucking planted seed of wokeness is ruining the military. But now, like, you know, prominent ex-Navy SEAL-type dudes doing interviews talking about how there's a recruitment crisis in the military. Like, so, and because they're trying to move back into the patriotic days of, like, you know, like, serving your country, like, in the wrong ways, whatever, they're going to guilt people into becoming fucking, you know... Because you're pushing back against wokeness... So they tell you that wokeness is what's causing, like, recruitment crisis. It's like, it's probably not. You know, you're, you're doing a, a bunch of, uh, you know, movies. Um, um, well, you, you can join for a bit, but I'm just going to, uh, I'm trying to get through. Th- so if you have a specific question or something like that, like, I'll take a question or something like that. Like, you're allowed to st- stay on whatever, but, like, uh, I just go through different topics. Like, I do it on my own, but if you want to call in for a second to say something... You know, I mean, you, you can come on for a minute. But you're going to be recorded. This is being recorded on a podcast. It's up to you, though. But, like, you know, I, I like to do the flow. Like, But, like, you know, because I'm just trying to get focused. I just came on because, you know, I, I have nothing else to do. But I, I, didn't, I never anticipate anyone really coming in here. I just do it to get reps for my streaming. So... I can show the site that I'm streaming, so maybe I can become a prominent streamer, I guess. I don't know. But I do it time to time, you know. Alright. So, yeah, that's what's happening with that shit. So, now they're trying to make it seem like, uh, you know. Trying to find, oh yeah, so hold on, oh yeah, I'm trying to, I, I'm, I'm going to different points, and then I'm, I'm crossing the points off so I can say that I, I cross it off, basically, you know what I mean, so I have to go through each one, I go through the, I, I don't mind going through the process, who listens to this, other, other than people who secretly, you know, go, oh, he doesn't know I'm listening, so, you know, we, we, we'll know about his personality, you know, we'll know about, like, his insecurities and all that type of shit. And again, because I know the world is run by vultures who who prey upon people who are like, you know, out there with their weaknesses and being vulnerable. You know what I mean? The people have to prey on them. They've been doing that to me. So like, I know what I and I know what kind of people do that. You know what I mean? Like I I I, I know this. I know them specifically, but I know their psyche. Um, you know, I don't know. But, like, you know, this is what I'm trying to say. They're promoting more and more. Um, they're promoting more and more, like, you know, and, and they're passing around this funding as well, like, uh, like because they know that there's faction warfare that's, uh, like, like, a foot, essentially. Even though people on the left don't want to, you know, uh, address it, like, oh, my God, we shouldn't. Because, again, yeah, like, the goal shouldn't be to have a fucking civil war. But the thing is, there's people already in position of power that are, like, billionaire, far-right-wing people that want their fundamentalism, you know, put out there, they're going to, you know, try to achieve it. But, like, you know, and they're the ones on the on the front about it. But that's why they're showing you, you know, their ass, basically. 
when you have Florida, like, like, like when you have places like Florida loosening child labor laws. Like, okay, we're going to focus on it, and we're going to hope that something will happen. But it's like you're promoting it knowing that nothing will happen, it'll continue. And it's like you're just basically previewing and gaslighting us on what's to come in the future. And, you know, that's just how I look at it, at least. That's why, you know, this, these spending bills, I talked about, I think they're talking about the Pentagon getting, you know, like, uh, I, again, I never know what these spending bills, all I know is just causes discourse. The right wing is never, is always mad that something, they, they didn't get what they wanted, even though most of the shit probably ends up being more right wing in these bills. But it also feels like a show, so that, like, in my personal opinion, maybe this money is, like, going, like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's being, like, um, you know, put out on the street, essentially. Because we're moving into the next phase of, like, the world where, like, faction warfare is happening. And they're, you know, funding sensationalist social media stuff that also creates profit in certain... You know, I, mean, I, I haven't figured out all the algorithm, but I know that there's some type of online... Pro- I don't know if it's a direct... Like, I, I would assume that what the call is to get enough clout. That, like, some of, like, the GoFundMe shit is basically their payment. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like that's the way the, the world is working, but, like, in a show. It's, like, with everybody. You know what I mean? That's why, you know. But people, people who are, you know, supposed to be, like, left-leaning... Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, like, like they're doing propaganda, and I wonder how obvious it is that, that they're doing... Like, I keep wondering how obvious it is. Because some of these people, man, they, they, they're, they're smart people. Like, you know, people who insult them. Like, whatever, like, if Brianna said, if Brianna uh, um, Joy Gray says, uh, you know, uh, is it Gray Joy? Is it Brianna Gray Joy? I, 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 I always think I always mess it. I always mess it up. But anyway, like she's a smart person. Whenever anybody you know uh, goes at her and calls her like, "Oh, she's really stupid," or you, like, you know, we talk about her intelligence and all that kind of shit. It's like, yeah, she's she she's making like you know like very um transparent type of uh, like you know like like it, it, to me it feels like she's acting, and she knows she's acting. You know what I mean? It's like she knows she has to be called out by people on the left because that's why I feel like it's so obvious with 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 how it goes. So you wanna you wanna hope at their core that they're really actually on the left. But they have to make their money and they're, you know, making the grift so obvious. That's why it's online all the time. Because they're making it if they if, if Brianna didn't want you to know she was going down that or other people were going down that route, they wouldn't be showing you. But it's, to me, it's like, you know, you wonder like, who's on whose side and all that. They muddy the fucking waters. They misrepresent it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You get kind of disappointed, but whatever. Because again, again, and, and, and if you're going to be like, oh, parasocial. It's, it's, it's like, but if you want to be an influence and be someone that educates people and shit, then yeah, people are going to latch on to you. Like, yeah, sure, keep it at a healthy fucking level. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not going to go and personally go and attack people on the post left. But, yeah, like, part of me is, like, I looked up to, like, a lot of these people who I felt were educating me and, and making me go more left. And then at the same time, then they, they were trying to make me pivot to the right then with some of their embracing of certain things. 
And yeah, that fucking feels like manipulation. And then, you know, you call them out on it, they get fucking sensitive. Like, you know, like, it's like, 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 like Bill, Bill Burr, like, is like one that, like, I, again, like, if I say, oh, I'm disappointed in Bill Burr in the direction he's going, he'll get overly defensive, even though, like, I, listen, man, I'm not, and I'm not saying, oh, he didn't work hard or anything like that. This guy, worked, like, these, the thing about these people who, like, become rich is that they do work hard, but the hard work is, like, like, not the stuff that you see, because there are such cogs in the system, in a mafia system. That, like, they have to make certain, you know, it, it's like you know, compromises, right? But then if you start, like, questioning people, like, you know, uh, who might kind of lean right with the fucking issue and act like, oh, my God, I'm afraid to the left will cancel me, then I, I, I hate that narrative because no one's getting canceled. The fucking, uh, the, the, the whiff of cancellation is what makes people fucking, you know, uh, come across like they're, you know, you know, come across like they're, you know, uh, you know, um, like, you know, like, if you're getting canceled, you're probably going to get promoted. Yeah, people are going to yell at you and all that, but you're not going to face much consequences. And these people do not play by regular fucking rules. So Bill Burr will come out and say, oh, you see, my wife flipped off the president and she wasn't arrested. Okay, well, you know, what they call you guys are celebrities. You guys can get away with the sport entertainment. You guys are not playing by regular rules. And then he gets defensive, like, oh, he's keeping to see fights. Dude, okay, fine, you're there to see the fights, probably. But you know, being a celebrity, what they're called, you're, you're basically a government fucking agent. I'm just a comedian. Like, I, I, just, I just hate that lazy shit. If we could get on the same page about what the game is, and, and, you can, and we can admit that, okay, maybe being a part of the game, you got to co-sign shit for a bit that you don't want to co-sign. And then maybe people can have an understanding about what some of these cogs go through. But, but, you know, like, I actually want to have an open discussion about it, but people don't want to fucking admit what, what the celebrity world is, basically. Only two people in here. Or I, I, don't, I, I don't know. No one's really checking for me, you know. I'm not, I'm not, you know. But I, I, I don't mind because this will be on podcast later on. Just, you know. Thing is, I wish you could save Tumblr videos so at least people can come back and watch. But maybe it's for the best. And, and, and by the way, like, like, and Bill Burr right there is trying to make it seem like, see, nothing happened to, like, nothing happened to my wife who happens to be black who flipped off the racist president. You see, nothing's going to happen to you. It's like, you guys are not playing by the same fucking rules. And if Bill Burr gets revealed as being a Trump supporter because people say that he voted for him, which makes sense because when the 2016 election happened, they're doing a whole live podcast with Joe Rogan. And I remember Morgan Murphy was like kind of like it's like these they're insiders and they kind of knew which way the direction was going. Morgan Murphy, I haven't seen her. I I, I haven't seen like I haven't heard of her from a bit. What they call you see her on you know Chelsea Handler's show, but she seemed disappointed that what they call like you know someone like Trump is being like you know people who are like kind of fascist and all that are trying are are basically voting for this guy. And Bill Burr got really defensive because Hillary's shit whatever. But Morgan Murphy was right. It's just like the establishment, the establishment saying that about Trump is what made all these people 
then go, oh, you see, they're making fun of him, but so he must not be that fucking bad. He's getting piled on. That's like uh, the, the internet fucking manipulation and the fucking entertainment manipulation and the alt-media manipulation. You know, I don't know. And the cross is out too. Uh, hold on. Yeah, I don't know. Did I ever talk about, uh, again, I can't remember, because again, I haven't published this, and people right now listening, or who, one person listening, didn't watch it yesterday, so I wouldn't, you know, but I was trying to think out loud if I covered Michael Rappaport mentioning Kanye's mom. I, I did go on the Kanye rant, whatever, but like, you know, but like him being the obvious, like, enemy, like, you know, obvious, like, you know, cog that's used to be, like, you know, super pro-Israel right now. But also, like, always having, like, like, always, be, like, he's basically playing his character in Bamboozled, essentially. But, like, a more pussy-ass version of it. A more parody version of it. So, like, you know, so, because, like, Michael Rappaport's a bad faith actor. Like, he can make a point about, like, you know, how, you know, like, you know, if, if Kanye's mom was, like, you know, the, like, of what people spoke about her. I would want to agree that, like, she wouldn't be agreeing with what her... She probably wouldn't also be agreeing that the system using her son is, like, you know, using him as a guinea pig. But Michael Rappaport fucking saying something like that, then, you know, then you got... Because he's a bad faith actor, you're like, okay, maybe Kanye isn't so wrong then. That's what some people, you know, think. That's how they... That's why they get you in sports entertainment in fighting. You know, I don't know. And I, I'm seeing more of this um, uh, satanic church. Here's the thing, man. Okay, I, I, I explained it before, right? Because, again, I, I used to fall into the bubble in the 2010s conspiracy world where anything with, like, you know, some, like, spooky imagery, I would go satanic. That would just be the blanket statement. Like, I, 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 I've understood and I've taken information, which I can't even retain, about, um, you know, about um, how there's, like, Luciferianism, occultism... Satanism, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Freemasonry, all that stuff, right? And it gets all lumped in. And here's the thing, right? It seems from what the mission statement of the church, or like the satanic church, like, represents, like, there's, like, progressive and, like, you know, very kind of, like, left-leaning ideas, right? But the way that people get defensive, like, because, again, if this is a religion, and it's, like, a lax religion, whatever... Can I not assume that there would be fundamentalism within your religion as well? Because when you criticize, and I can find, if you want to criticize that people don't know the difference between, you know, satan, um, Satanist or Satanic or occultist and all that, that's fair. But is it fair to also say that the way that people defend uh, the Satanic Church sound like other religious people who defend 
problematic shit when people talk about their religions. But here's my, you know, again, because, because I believe that these, in my personal opinion, these fundamentalist far-right wing, you know, Christian types, they pretend to get offended by the Satan imagery because, like, you know, like, because they're hardcore, but, but you think they actually believe in Jesus. But to me, I believe those people are the Satan worshipers. And they have a tie-in with people who, you know, put that Satan imagery there because they're getting you to, you know, go between because because if you hate these religious if you if you hate these overly religious fanatics you're going to start hating what regular christian like, like for example they'll say they the, 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 that they uh like for example when you when you um you know uh talk about like extremist um muslims right they don't believe in allah they probably believe in the devil but because you hear that they got offended by muhammad you start baiting them, just like how they, when it's with Christians, you think because they fucking hate, you know, um, they, like you'll mock, like, elements of Christianity because you think that, like, they're into, like, that. Like, but, like, you know, they have that as a front, but I actually think they're actually Satan worshippers. That's why I'm saying specifically worshippers, not, like, Satanists or Satanic. But I do feel like, you know, like, like Doja Cat's another one where she's, like, She's clearly part of like the fundamentalist right, or she. Uh, the thing is, she did an interview on Ebro's Apple Show, right? Apple Music Show, and you know she was talking about like how people are like, fu- like you know, by fucking with the you know, claiming that it's it's like you know, satanic, that you're like you're 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 or she worship Satan or whatever because of the imagery. It's like it's ruining her kind of like her business kind of in a way. And then she'll pretend she's not political while wearing a Sam Hyde t-shirt. You know what I mean? Even if she's not, listen, maybe she's not political, but she's definitely, she's definitely one of these other cogs in the system that, you know, because, and also because of who she hangs out with, you know, it's been documented. It's, it, it, it's probably, those are the people that probably have the, like, you know, who try to be the handlers in her life. They try to go, well, you deserve, we're, we're supporting you and we're amping you up so we deserve your time, basically. And, and that's how you get stuck with very fucked up people online. So she's definitely, like, even if she's not political herself at her core, she's being used for political tools. You know. I don't know, man. Trying to... Um, oh, hold on. I'm trying to find my notes. I, I hate, again, this is when you have so much shit to talk about. And I know I'm not meeting my fucking deadlines later, you know. You know, I don't know. I'm, 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 I, I just, here's the thing, right? Even I like analyzing from a different angle. Just realizing that I'm going through all this, like, you know, celebrity shit. 
Because this shouldn't be important, right? But because, like, this dominates the discourse online, and it feels like it either shows you the sports entertainment element or they're manufacturing more fucking consent. Like, you know what I mean? Or, or you see how much, like, like, the stuff that was popular in the 90s and early 2000s are being used. Like, like, okay, like here's an example. Like, Charleston White, right? To me, and, I, and I can't fucking, you know, prove this, so this is my theory before, you know, Vlad thinks that I'm accusing him. But because I believe everyone that has, like, these platforms, like, like, the type of interview shows, and it's like he creates characters that become, like, and I, because I believe he's part of, like, an entertainment liaison and, 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 and has fed connections and all that kind of shit. It's like they get people who already, like, are cogs in the fucking, in, in the game, who have been part of the mafia underworld, to basically then use them to either then you'll cop to crimes basically for the purpose of them getting caught so that life becomes a whole saga, or using people like Charleston White to, like, be this character, even though Vlad says, oh, no, 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 he doesn't have anything to do with them. But, like, if you, if you become popular during Vlad's fucking little institution, I'm also in the belief that he could be, like, like encouraging the stuff that goes on so they're always in trouble. So, like, now it's like... With the call, Charleston White is now being incorporated into some of the alt-right political fucking shit. Where, like, I think he's, like, feeding with Match Tour or whatever. That gun guy. Like, a couple of years ago, that guy seemed a little bit more reasonable or whatever. Like, you know, before, like, you know. But, like, it, it was, like, a 2010 thing where everyone who was going to sell out and become, like, you know, far-right were, like, kind of giving you, like, you know, a gray area type of thing where you're not sure where they're going to go. But, like, yeah, so he's feeling... And, and they always have him doing the same fucking shit. Whether it's, like, them telling him to, to you know, say all this shit, or that he's, like, like... Because because since he already has, like, you know, issues, and, you know, from, like, stuff that he's been through and all that, but now being a character, you're constantly having people online who work for online factions in the mafia underworld uh, to basically, like, purposely bait you and and make sure you're engaged online with online shit, and make sure your life's always in fucking chaos. So his life is already in fucking chaos, but no one's gonna feel bad because he says fucked up shit. But when people like you know from the system, who are constantly fucking you know uh, fucking with your head and all that kind of shit, they and because like no one's gonna focus on what they're doing because they're just internet comments. Not that it's an organized front or anything like that. They, like, purposely try to get people like me, who are mentally ill as well, to fucking snap and say... And, bec and because you know that these people are being sent towards you, but in organized fashion, that you have to say whatever's on your fucking mind. And people don't understand that. People just condemn, oh, he said this horrible thing one time. But, like, they don't fucking look at the entire context. And when you don't want to look at the entire context, then I don't want to fucking talk to you. You know, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so, again, between, like, you know, um, B the Biden impeachment or Hunter Biden wanting to do... Like, again, like they're making Hunter Biden look like a baby face by saying, oh, no, I want it in front of the cameras because... Uh, the, I, he's right, though. The right-wing wolf fucking live is behind the cameras. They'll fucking misrepresent it. 
But the, the whole thing in general is, like, basically him being a fucking thought for that. Like, I didn't even recognize him because all, the past fucking couple of years, all I've seen is clips of him fucking topless or fucking an uncracked. I didn't notice this, uh, this, you know, this, like, very, you know, upstanding citizen look that he had, basically. So, like, it's, it's designed for more of a fucking, to have more of a fucking show you know, for theatrics and all that kind of shit. The thing is, even if they find something that's actually corrupt, it's just going to be that what they call they try to cover. If something gets leaked out, it's supposed to be leaked out, but they're going to make it seem because they're going after Trump, even though nothing's happened to the guy, that what they're called he's going to, you know, uh, that they're covering for Biden, and that's why whatever they do next is going to be justified in whatever they fucking do. That's what they're, in my personal opinion, that's what they're, you know, There was uh, some controversy in Canada because, like, the street name Dundas was, like, you know, named after an abolish, I can't say that word, abolish, 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 I can't fucking say it. The guy that abolished, someone that wanted to end slavery. Again, I don't know the fucking entire context if he did any, because, again, people will fucking give, like, Abraham Lincoln credit. But there was also, like, Racist elements towards him, right? That's what people have pointed out from what I can gather. I, I, I haven't been studying about my, my Abraham Lincoln fucking, uh, you know, um, you know, um, schoolwork and shit. So again, I, I don't, but basically it's this, because now they named it from some tribe in Africa. And that tribe apparently, what they're called, also, uh, also sold slaves. So it's like obvious discourse to basically make it look like the left is like going out of control. As soon as Joe Rogan and Jimmy Dore get a hold of it, you know what I mean? They'll get people outraged because they're trying to get a civil war going on in Canada. Especially, keep it, again, this is is what I say, um, crisis actors. Um, Because people always assume Alex Jones' definition that the people who are victims and all that. But, like, when you're having a genuine protest going on, um, like in the Eden Center and all that, and then you have, like, cops just, like, standing by while some guy made a threat to them. It also gives the impression that, oh, look, see, police are too scared to go after these Hamas supporters and all that, right? And then it also, in my personal opinion, it goes to the fact that, like, um, you know, like, in my personal opinion, they let him go because they actually know that he is, like, a psyop. And, like, you know, they don't mind it because they're probably on the same team or something like that. I don't know. I think I was talking about the election, the, the intel. I, I don't know. I the, the, the Russian collusion thing always ties in with where, wherever the world is going. It, it just needs a kayfabe reason of why this all started in kayfabe, even though there's always been a plan, basically. They're just showing you who the fuck they are. You know what I mean? When you have, like, the Argentina president, like, again, and people have to, and we have to keep pointing out, oh, my God, everyone fell for the con. No no one fell for the con that he was a fucking libertarian. These people, we can just say what it is. These people, people who are hyping him up want to go to the fascist fucking side, so they're going to keep pretending. I don't know why it's a dunk that you go, oh, look, 
Can you believe these people are hypocrites? Yeah, because they fucking are a fascist and they're pretending to be libertarians. They fucking deny it, but then they're not saying shit about that. Like, it's, it's an obvious thing. They obviously want fucking fascism. And that's why they're propping up these fucking guys on purpose. I don't know. And then uh, there's a, um, a story in Ottawa where an oversight board chair, um, you know, like a chair on the oversight board, whatever, right? He resigned because he had a connection. If, if this is for the police, by the way, right? He, ha- he had a connection to a police operation targeting organized crime. So people are showing you that organized crime, you know, and, and these rich people fucking run shit where they can get somebody removed from it or something like that. Not to be a pro-cop person. Because some people might think that's a good thing because you might fucking side with the people. But these people have more power over cops and they have cops at their disposal. You know, like, like, you know, like these are the type of people that run the fucking world. But when we make it blind, fa- blind like institutions and not explain f- the factions that shit go on, because again, b- because those people that are like supposedly anti-fed or anti-cop, right? But then they'll fucking do the bidding of like p- public figures, in my personal opinion, that are you know uh, that in my personal opinion that have like you know like, rosters of fucking cops on the, uh, at their disposal, essentially. Because billionaires kind of control that. And when they're supposed to get caught, they're supposed to get caught. You know, it's all, like, kind of show. Just, just like this new... You the, uh, I'm talking like people are actually in here. There's no one in here, actually. It's pretty fucking wild. It's all good. I I should just shut it off, I guess, you know. I was going to shut it off before I do the recaps, but, you know, I should just shut it off now. No one's really coming in here. But, uh, you know, La Chica gave me, like, you know, uh, she's the only one that gave me hearts, so I feel fucking honored. People might give me, like, like gifts time to time, but, like, no one ever gives me hearts most of the time. But, um, you know, but but now, but with the called, um, you know, I, I look at, like, different, like, like for example, if I, I believe this is all, like, a reality show, exploitative reality show with, like, real-life consequences, right? What they're called, like, now telling us that Sh- Sh- Siobhan, ha- um, Derek Chauvin, I don't know how to say his fucking name, I don't care. Um... So, like, now it's supposed to be known because they're introducing it because I bet you any fucking money with the right wing invoking his name and him getting beat up in prison. And now, all of a sudden, we got to pay attention to the conditions of, the, of, of prisons because, you know, because it wasn't an issue when, you know, m- minorities were going through it, right? You weren't, like, you know... It's like it's like different it's like different billionaires have, like, like the, the prison itself then becomes an institution for billionaires as well. It's like it's like there's like elements of like what you see on television, right? That you know show show like shows you what goes on, right? 
which is maybe the reality show, but it's also amped up reality show. But I also believe that some of these prisons where you, so, so, I'm not saying every single person, right? So I'm not trying to say, right? but people who get to be known in the discourse who are in prison kind of in a way. I feel like it becomes its own institution where that's where you work in the underground, I guess. Where you like, where you, where you eventually get your like, you know, if you're chosen by like some billionaire, you'll get chosen what your, what your um mission is gonna be basically. But but by mentioning that though, I I can I can almost see that there there'll be something that will fucking you know uh, get him out or something will be a developing thing that will make everyone lose their mind. And that will be the season two of the, you know, the season one was, you know, like the, like, like you know, the, the whole Black Lives Matter, you know, um, uh, uh, protest and all that kind of stuff. Season two is this fucked up reality show that we live in because everything is like a show where people are fucking actually dying and shit. That's what makes it fucking even worse for me that, you know, it's, it's one thing if it's just genuinely, that's how, how generally things down, play and like, oh, this is a side of events. But no one can prevent this, I guess, whatever. But because of things that can be prevented, and they don't want to be want to be prevented, then I, you know, I try to, you know. So, so this guy right here, Eric Umansky, Umansky, I don't know. He wrote a, he goes, um, hold on, let me, uh. Hold on. I don't, I, my, my, my voice is all parched, so I'm going to fucking, you know, do a trendy audio, but. I didn't want to read the whole thread, but this is, like, notable. You should know this history of what Siobhan did. I don't want to call him Siobhan. It's Derek Chauvin. But I, I don't give a shit. Twitter thread by Eric Amansky, Posted at December 16th, 2023. I want to tell you a story about body cameras and Derek Chauvin. What Siobhan did to George Floyd, kneeling on his neck, was his move. He had done to others. It was all recorded by body cams. But the footage was kept secret. And See, right there, like I, I'm not denying that it was kept secret, but like people act like their information is now even more unique because we weren't supposed to know about it. But if we know about it, we know about it. It's just now you're re. It's like you're training you're, you're training the audience to now have this guy in your mind because there's going to be something that's going to be breaking with this guy, basically. I can already. And my, this is my personal opinion. Again, I'm not fucking. I don't know if I'm correct or not. I hope he stays in jail, whatever, you know what I mean? But you know, but I look at the world in a different fucking light. And with the, the pattern that I fucking see, and I get it, people don't want to, people, people on the left don't want to get conspiratorial. But again, if you let the right wing fucking dominate, you know. Was left unpunished. Short thread. In June 2017, Siobhan arrested a young black woman named Zoya Code. Siobhan dragged the handcuffed coat outside her home and slammed her to the ground, then pressed his knee into her neck for nearly five minutes. Don't kill me, Code begged. 
Three months later, Siobhan did it again. First, he hit a 14-year-old boy repeatedly with his flashlight. He choked him. Then Siobhan knelt on his neck for 15 minutes as the boys. Mother, begged, please, please do not kill my son. In Minneapolis, as in almost all cities, it's the police who decide who can see what and when. What the police decided in these cases was to release nothing. Nor was he punished. Chauvin had 22 complaints against him over the years, resulting in... By the way, this information could have been known when this incident happened. To make it clear, cut had a history of it. We made it seem like it was one... That's why I was, that's what I was trying to fucking point out. That there's those photos leaked. Again, something could be photoshopped, but they were making it seem like this guy's been in different crime scenes. To show you how much of a fucking show it is. But you're not allowed to think that you know, our, our society is that advanced. We have to have limited fucking thinking. We have to be the limited fucking good guys. Once. So Siobhan was still a police officer on May 25th, 2020 when he stopped George Floyd. Siobhan had his body worn camera on then too. But the police didn't release it. Instead, they released this description. The police did eventually release footage from another officer that day. It was heavily redacted. A police spokesman explained, body cam footage is not public data. The world first saw Chauvin's body cam footage of him killing Floyd nearly a year later, at Chauvin's murder trial. But even after Chauvin's conviction, police in Minneapolis continued fighting the release of footage from the other incidents. That footage, of Chauvin assaulting a boy and young woman years before he murdered Floyd, only came out this year six years after the incidents and only after a court order. This is what the lawyer... At her See, the court order that gave it away for you to get it, basically. Because you're supposed to now know this information. But this information could have been fucking known a long time ago. I'm not, I'm not blaming the people that disperse... I'm not blaming the person who's dispersing the information to the public now. I'm talking about the system in general. They have this fucking secret, and it's like they're gaslighting you into now fucking seeing something that's coming again. Alright, well, if you don't let that get conspiratorial and all that kind of shit, I'm sorry, this is the way my mind fucking works. That's why I had to do, do it with my fucking vision. Not everyone's gonna see my vision, not everyone's gonna agree with it. This is why I do this shit alone, because I don't need people sucking my fucking energy. You know, just try to get fucking, you know, comedic dialogue that's forced. I don't have to be fucking ha 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 funny every fucking single minute. For justice, in those two cases told me. In refusing to release footage, the police have pointed to a law that gives them the leeway to do just that. Where'd that law come from? Well, three of the four legislators who wrote the final language had long been police officers themselves. As for Chauvin, who was recently attacked in federal prison, he has previously declined to comment on the cases. Chauvin's tale is part of a much larger one. It's about how mm -hmm. police across... The whole thing, you know. It's just a messed up fucking thing, you know. Just, just, just... I, listen, horrible shit. If, if you... If, there, if there's anyone that genuinely listens to me... 
and you're worried about where the world is going and all that kind of shit, like, you know, genuinely, and you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, tr- I'm just trying to fucking ease you in to at least, like, like you know, get mad, obviously, because you're supposed to. But, like, also don't, like, be fucking gaslit by, re- like, purposeful reactionary shit. I could already tell, like, you know, like, like all the stuff that happened during the first portion of the pandemic. There's going to be sequels to this shit. Because now we're, we, we have become the fucking movie now. Like, I wish it wasn't this way at all, but this is the way it seems it is to me. Every day, it's more previewing of what's going on. Like, Rose, like the Turning Point USA event. Again, I can't keep up with all these Republican events. It's just whatever's trending. So, Roseanne was trending. I'm like, hey, what racist shit did he say? And all that. She, you know, again, it's a, it's a, it's a comedic, over-the-top fucking hack type of deal. But, you know, like, this stuff is going to play well in the documentary after the fucking fact. And you know what, again, you know, you know what clip I see in all these conspiracy videos that are talking about, like, like there are some videos that don't get traction that are, like, like in a religious prophecy sense. Like, there's people that are pointing that Trump is the Antichrist, right? And there's one particular clip that gets played where, like, it looks at Trump, like Trump's at his most, like, evil, and, like, like he looks like he's at his most, like, he's on, on, he looks like he's on top of his game at this point. It's not like a comedy segment. But it's like when you're talking about the storm coming, and then people ask, "Oh, what, what, this is a couple of years, this is a couple of years ago." He goes, "Oh, what, what, what do you mean uh, about the storm?" And then he just says, like, like you know, in a, in a very like like very confident type of way, "Oh, you're gonna find out." And I feel like that fucking clip, in whatever fucking ha- transpires in the next coming years, whether the documentary on this whole fucking thing, that that's gonna be the premier fucking clip before the storm came or something like that. So, and so, so some of these speeches are very, very fucking unhinged where they're previewing what they want to fucking do. And then because, they, because Roseanne's fucking screaming and doing hack comedy, just screaming about communists and all that kind of shit, you know. Sorry, I'm just looking for some of this stuff. Sorry. Let's talk about... Fuck, okay, so... No, no, so... Also, like, you know, with... I'm just looking at the... I'm just looking at the Roseanne clip. Hold on. This is what one of... Uh, this girl named Alina Haba. I don't know who the hell she is. But she's talking about what to call, like, how they're going to go deep hard. And, and, and again, this is going to be, you know, all, it's all preview. It might just be theatrical to a lot of people. And it might be comedic to a lot of people, whatever. Because we got to put everything with comedy. But what to call, like, this is like them, like, telling you what their goals are. I'm in Washington, I'll be relentless. But that is what they do. They hide what they've done by going after Trump. Look at the shiny ball, everybody. 
Don't look at us. Well, they've got one year. And then we're going to be looking at them. Deep and hard. And I'll tell you right now, if I'm in Washington, I'll be relentless, too. Right, you know. Try to find some of the, the um, some of the uh, if we don't stop these horrible communists, do you hear me? I'm asking you to hear me. I have no idea what the hell's going on, man. I just want the truth. We deserve to hear the truth. That's what we want. We want the truth. We don't care which party is wrong. We know they're both nothing but crap. They're both on the take. They're both stealing us blind. So... It's like it's like they continue the Trump ilk and the Turning Point USA ilk, whatever. They go with this narrative that they're against the Republicans as well, right? Because the Republicans aren't as extreme as what they want to be, because they want to go even fucking extremer than what the Republicans are, basically. But because like those Republicans are discredited, you're like, well, yeah, I don't fucking give a shit about these neocons, which you, I mean, you shouldn't, right? Obviously, but it's designed, you know. I don't know. There was some fucking guy, um, you know, um, some staffer of some Democrat who was caught in Congress. Again, this is where, like, they're doing, like, Howard Stern level shit. This is like Ron Jeremy type of deal filming a porn in Howard Studio. And Howard didn't know about it, but he probably did. It was probably a way to get controversy to sell a book and sell a wrestling angle and all that kind of shit. But, like, you know, the staffer, like, I bet you the staffer will be, like, a sex worker. He'll be an OnlyFans person. He'll be interviewed. But, it's like, again, because it's, like, you know, like some of these Democrats or people who are under them are, like, undercover, like, maybe right. It's, like, designed to make it look like the Democrats are the ones being degenerates while they're, like, chastising about other people and all that kind of stuff. But it's, like, it's designed to cause more fucking discourse. It's designed for you to go, oh, look, they're not going to go as hard. Even though everyone in the establishment is going hard on this. But because the Democrats won't be going hard or might not be talking about it. It's, desi- it's designed for you to go, oh, you see, the, the, the Democrats are being hypersexual and all that. It's, it's, a, it's a way for, for you to embrace, um, you know, fundam- like, you know uh, old school fundamentalism. That's why they promote hypersexuality like that. That was like, you know, uh, pre And again, because it's a whole show and, the, and, the, and these people are becoming the entertainers, this type of shit is pre-approved. This wasn't some secret thing that leak, leaked out. This is purposeful. 
They're turning everything to cowboy level shit. That's where it's all gone now. It used to go with the celebrities. Now it's going with the fucking you know, sex leaks and like sex tape leaks and all that kind of shit. It, it's all happening with politicians now. Because now they're the entertainers now. Just like how they fucking fund, like, you know, uh, crime to a fucking fearmonger. So you accept more fucking, you know, uh, like, you know, more police presence. So the billionaires fucking, you know, in my personal opinion, have these, you know, people that fucking... Again, and then it, it, whenever it's like a minority... And you ask the question, oh my god, why did this person who had a violent, um, a very violent history, why did he get let go, or why did she let get let go, um, and, uh, you know, and then, it, and then the official reason will be something about, like, how, like, there was accusations of racism, of them being, it would be something sens- sensational, right? So then it makes it look like, oh my god, they're even afraid to arrest people that do violent things. No, it's probably because he was, the, this person was bailed out to go and do it, so then it adds to their racial agenda. You know, I don't know. I'm going to take a little break for a second, you know, I got to fucking freshen up a little, not freshen up like, you know, aesthetically, but like, you know, just get fucking some water and shit, it's going to be a long ass fucking podcast, I still got a lot to go with, man, I don't know, it's going to be a really long fucking ass podcast. Anyways, I'm back. Seven forty-six p.m. I got a, oh my god, I got a lot to fucking talk about, man. I gotta, I gotta go. I, I I did. I end up doing. I did. I end up doing open mic last week. You know, on Thursday last week, and you know, it became it became another fucking circus. I I, I thought I did better. You know, what I mean, they had one guy there named James Harnett. And, uh, you know, thing is, I, I, whenever again, whenever the Canadian 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 right, like comedian. To me, it's like I've been so Americanized and growing up in the '90s because of the entertainment, like entertainment-wise, right? Like maybe, like, like, like maybe, like socially, we're a little bit better than America on some level, right? Whatever, right? But because we all consume entertainment, and like, you see, like all the best entertainment was coming from the U.S. and even stuff that we didn't get to see in Canada. It was like anything that was in Canada was inferior, and I always had that fucking mindset. And because then I got involved with the Stern Show, and then I listened to what like who they're if they if they talked about Canadian some Canadians, then like I would know I would start knowing of the Canadians, a little bit. You know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be like you have to be embraced by America. You know what I mean? And I I always feel like like in my house I always feel so fucking empty, not fucking you know, uh, not knowing much about my fucking own town because I've been so Americanized. But I looked this guy up, and there's a couple of Canadian shows that, like, I've seen on television in passing that I've seen, because he looked familiar, but, like, I wasn't familiar with everything he's ever fucking done. But he's a nice guy, so, like, it feels like whenever some of these comedians come there, some of these big-time, like, players come down, like, who, who have been, you know, uh, players in the Canadian scene, and they come down, it's like, it feels like I'm being kind of scouted in some kind of way, whatever. It's kind of like a test, because he was sitting in... On like he was like a guest on like the on the open mic show, and then he sat in to like watch me, and then we interacted. I, I, I never know how well I fucking do, 
Because like, there's, there's not many people there. But people do give me compliments that, you know, I'm pretty good at it, kind of, in a way. Even though I, was, I, I have ideas for material, and I have it all in my head. It just, I, it's like, it's too... I, with all stuff that's in my head, I can't memorize every fucking thing. I have, I, I, I gotta come up with a fucking method. But there was some guy, like, you know, when I was talking to the, the host of the whole thing. This guy, Ev. And, um, you know, we're talking outside, and then some guy came in. I came, I came out of nowhere, and he just seemed like, you know, a guy that was with a girl, like he had a girl, girlfriend with him, he looked like, you know, he looked like, you know, he's, like, been through some shit, but then, like, he started talking to us, and then, uh, I, and then, and then he said the name was Cracker Jack, and I'm like, as a joke, I'm like, are you on crack, and then he's like, well, yeah, and then, and then, and, and then, like, and then with the call, I'm like, okay, dude, I don't know how, how unpredictable this guy's gonna be, but I was like, I wanna go get a drink anyway, like, you know, go get a Coke, and and then apparently the, and then the host told me that this guy is gonna actually perform whatever, and I'm like okay cool whatever you know what I mean and then um, and then like he was interrupting the monologue jokes and I I try to write a mon the thing is like the host made fun of my like the lack of punch I I, 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 I I this is why I'm I'm not a good punchline comedian like I'm not Janicus I'm not Fab you know I'm not Fab like you know what I mean like, I I don't have a you know like I'm not Eminem with like some of Although, like, I like Jadakiss parts line better than Eminem parts lines, you know. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not, like, that kind of guy. But, like, it was like, you know, Alex Jones returned to Twitter. Or did he? Because it might be a crisis. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a punchline, but it's, like, a shitty punchline. I don't know. I, I always try. I always try. You know what I mean? I always try. I've never been good. That's why whenever I was practicing, like, material, I found myself never really being good at, like... Uh, I, I found myself never really being good at fucking, like, the actual, like, monologue-type jokes, man. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm funny in other avenues. There should be other avenues, you know what I mean? But what the quality... So, 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 the guy, so the guy was interrupting the monologue jokes. And then, uh, you know, uh, so, then, so then the host just let this guy on, whatever. And then he was making... He's trying to go with a joke, but he called, like, you know, I think, the, I think he called like, the bartender a cunt. And, like, you know what I mean? And, like, you know, if, if you're, like, you know, if you're from this place. I don't know who's talking about the same one, but, but he was talking about the one that I know. Like, her name is Dawn. Like, she's, like, legit one of the coolest people on the planet. You know what I mean? And everyone, like, who like who you talk to in that place, like, respect the shit out of her, right? So so I, I, I think he was referring to her, right? He, so he, he was doing that. And, then the, and one of the co-hosts was basically saying, hey, she's a friend of mine, don't call her that, whatever. And then he's like, well, this is for the joke. And then when they called it, I think, like, the, the co-host, like, already knew that it was going out, out of control, so I think he tried to prolong it. Like, I, I, I think he just gave me a courtesy, but I think he prolonged it because the guy kept harping on it. And so the, so, the, so, the, so the Cracker Jack dude started losing his fucking mind, basically. He's trying to go through different things. I, I had no idea what the hell was going on, and then all of a sudden he lit crack on stage, and then they had to like, kick him out, basically. But everyone was fucking talking about it. I wish I, actually, I, wish I had my phone out for it, but it, it, it's, it's like everywhere I go, it, it becomes the Howard Stern show level shit. One of, the, one of the guys there, you know, who I talked to, one of the comedians there, um, uh, I think it was John, I think. You know, he, 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 he told me to, you know, go to other clubs to, like, you know, try to, like, you know, they don't just... But, like, you could come here, but it's like, but he's like, you know, if you only come here once a week, whatever, he goes, you know, you should go to other places as well. To, you know, I, I think I'm getting too comfortable, but I, but I think I'm also having a fun time just being there with the environment and getting to know some people, even though I think some people are still kind of freaked out about me a little bit, I think. Like, I, I get that vibe, you know.
You know, I think when, when, when people check for for you and your your and, and your online presence, you know, the people that amplify stuff, you know, are looking at the worst. Like you know, people like, like you know what I mean. Like it's bad enough even being in social settings because it feels like you know when people know that you're trying to, like you know, it's like people I know felt comfortable with me fucking. Uh, like it felt comfortable with me, you know, uh, you know, getting, you know, with me, with with me being down and out. That like now that like you know I I have some confidence again. It's like people I know want to fucking destroy it or manipulate. They already have their fucking connection. For some reason, they need to be aligned with me for some reason. I don't get it. So some people who already see the writing on the wall, then you know, people want to align with the right wing. And it's funny because in 2010, a lot of these people, you know, online and people I know were trying to act like, you know, fe- like feminist type fucking people. And now that like, because like that facade is fucking going to the next level where some of these people are going more to the right. So now people, people, even I know, I feel are moving more to the right as well. And they, and, and, and they, love, to, and they love to show it off too, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, cool, whatever. I don't need to, you know what I mean? And then and people are forced into your life essentially. Like, I don't, why do I live in this world? Like, we're actually acting like, oh my god, can you believe I paid George Santos, like, 500 bucks for him to say something stupid? Like, dude, he doesn't care if he says something stupid. Why do you, like, like, why do people think that these people have any shame or, like, you're actually fooling them? They're getting paid after all. They're in the discourse. But I, I, I guess in order to get to fascism, we, we, we need to sports entertain ourselves into it. Sorry for ruining the fun because of George Santos is becoming this fucking character. You know what I mean? I sound like the fucking asshole. I can't even keep up. Dude, I, all I know that I never ever paid super attention, close attention to the details of Cardi B and Offset's relationship because back then I'm like, well, okay, whatever happens with them is always going to be a fucking storyline. You know what I mean? That's where it's fucking going now, basically. So I I have no idea because again and also like some of these like videos that like cover it also do the conspiratorial nature like they claim that what they call Cardi B said Offset was gay with Quavo and I think they're trying to bait because the in 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 the conversation I, I looked up like did uh, on online uh, you know rumors of uh, Offset being but it's like so some of these videos are capitalizing off of like. Because I think the, the material... I, I, I can't keep up with who with who. Is it that offsets with the fucking person that looks like Cardi B? Was it that he's having a good time? Or was it that he's, like, now... Um, uh, like, there was a rumor that was called, like, Nick, that he offered Nicki Minaj a, 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 a menage a trois a, a, a couple of years ago or something like that. I have no idea. He may have been sleeping... He may have been sleeping with Chris Shaw. I, I can't keep up with all of him. All I know is that it's just more toxic relationship discourse that everyone loves. That is, like, also, like, designed for regular people that take in this shit to basically start, like, this is, what, this is why you have, have this 
have this discourse all the time. It's what people can keep debating. Um, oh, man versus woman type of deal when these people are both in on it. But it's also playing with their mental health as well because it can't do your mental health any favors if you're being used as a cog for this reality show level shit. Like, not only is it being scripted to happen, but, like, these mental breakdowns are also fucking real as well. Because even if it's a business relationship type of deal, she could be feel like she could actually be in love with the fucking guy. But like they have to do these business arrangement shit, so that could also be part of her anger as well that she has to partake in this. Like there are also like you know cogs being used, you know, because everything has to be entertainment dollar level shit now. I'm 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 gonna close Tumblr. There's no one really in here. Thanks for the one person that was in here. I don't know if uh, La Chica's still in here. But no one seems to be coming in for some odd reason, so I don't know. That's why they always gotta start, like you know, the you know, and 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 some and some and some of them look obvious now. Like for example, when you have like Drake tied to a new pop singer, like Camila, like especially Camila Cabal or whatever her name is, like her career isn't like popping. So now you get a rumor going through, you be part of the discourse. Sometimes it can be, it can it can really be a, a storyline they'll run with, or it'll be one of those like you know like one off like you know when like two over like two two characters. That like you know, one character is over basically. Then you have like someone that's a, a side character that hasn't had much buzz lately. And they're trying to get as much TV time, so they're like in a comedy segment with like you know John Cena or something like that. It's kind of like that type of shit. Who knows? It won't go anywhere because you know. But like you know, they they, they tease this kind of shit. Jonathan Majors apparently was found guilty, but like, and people think his career is. Listen, I understand officially. Like, either his career will be fine and it'll just show you that they don't really give a shit. Like, they'll just have a mask off moment. Or they will market it like his career is over. But whatever his career is, that's his new showbiz career. These celebrities are becoming, like, you know, uh, like, you know, like, like, they operate in a mafia, like, you know, off mafia type rule shit. And everything that's happening with them on the surface is like, it's like sports entertainment, essentially. So this is where their career is going, but... He'll, since he was like, since people were getting behind him, like he was the biggest victim in all this. And again, the thing is, his victims and him himself could be a victim in the sense that it's a victim of, of being, being cogged in the fucking system. But, but because like it'll be bad faith actors who will, you know, um, you know, back him up. It's supposed to be his signal of a heel turn where he'll go to the fundamentalist side because everyone gets canceled goes to the fundamentalist side. That's what it's all, it's all been. Everyone gets used as a cog until they go to that side, essentially. Like, right now, there's, a, there's rumors because Stephen Colbert, like, took... Uh, like, the thing is, it's obviously going to lead to something because, like, they normally have this stuff happen in, in the mainstream and has online rumors. Like, I don't believe that, like, oh, he was sitting in a prison from, like, you know, sex trafficking, like the right wing was saying. But there was definitely something... Like, the thing is, people have hinted... Not, not even conspiratorial people who call them conspiratorial people. But since everyone... Since people on the Stern subreddit... Or things related to that... Have, like, like talked about how the North Shore Animal League... 
is like a fucking scam or something. Like it's like not a fuck. Like it gets. It's like the season G. It's like the season G Coleman fucking shit. Like you know how you like there's good causes for the stuff, but then the the mainstream company that the people promote is like the problematic one type of deal. So Stephen Colbert is has been associated with the North Shore Animal League. So some people think that there's something going on where he might be investigated for that or something like that. But I'm telling you, it's like, but like, but it was also a promotional tool, also. You know what I mean? So he obviously, obviously, gonna come back with like a a shitty cover up story. But there'll be something to it. But I don't think it's like sex trafficking. And and, and if it is, then the right wing were insiders who were allowed to know about it, so they can say that they were right about it. But there was definitely something going, in my personal opinion, at least. Like, like people, people in the in the entertainment world, man, they don't like with, with tropes with like relationships. It's always like like between Cardi um, Offset dating someone that might look like Cardi B. You have Will Smith now going for somebody that what's it called? It looks like Jada. You know what I mean? It's like it's an it's an institutional type of deal. Some of them might not even give a shit. Some of them who are like 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 it seems like Cardi B. Like she's been like in the game because she's been like you know what I mean because again people get mad at like because like you know again you know how they use people that were sex workers to like drug people and all that right because that's exposed about her and I'm not condoning what she did obviously but like you know you don't know what her situation was where she was forced into that you know what I mean like you like you, you you're initiated into that fucking type of deal but to me it seems like whenever they have Cardi B going through some discourse it's like. Part of, like, her breakdown and all that kind, kind of comes from the fact that, like, she's, like, in a nonstop hell being used in this way. You know what I mean? Even though some of it's fucking acting for the purpose of, like, maybe her getting mad about Offset dating someone else. But it, the breakdown could be from something else completely. This is why it's become, you know what I mean? And, and, and then you have, and, and then we need season three of Tor- Megan Tories. You know what I mean? And, 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 and now this is where, like, the season's kind of falling off a little bit. It's like, oh, are, are we just, are we just making another season just to get this? Like this, this it was, it was an open and shut case by season two. We need, we need season three now. I don't even know what's going to end up fucking happening, but I, I, I knew from the start when this situation happened, I knew that Tor, Tory Lanez was basically going to get like the more comical version of what Chris Brown's fucking. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? The, the, the more comical version of... Meaning he's a more comical heel than Chris Brown. Eddie Murphy's making another um, another um, Netflix movie. I, I bet you it won't be good, but like I watch it anyway. I kind of like the Beverly Hills Cop movies. By the way, I thought propaganda. I thought movies I, again. I, listen, I'm all about nuance with fucking cop movies because, like, or like you know, like, but me that like some of them will show you the positive side of like maybe a, like people that are actually cool cops, or whatever, like you know, like, like decent people, or whatever. But then you automatically think that it means automatically everything about it. Then you have cop shows where they'll show like some corruption, like the best representation of corruption with cops. I felt the Shield did perfectly. The, the movie, the, the, the TV show, The Shield. You know what I mean? And even though, you know, and I, I, I feel like people automatically want everything like that, even though I don't think it's all run like that. 
But I also don't think they did these television shows or movies show you what really goes on. I think, like, there's different, like, I feel like institutions have different factions of different fucking people that are backing them to be representations into the system, basically. That's why some of these bad faith actors want you hating all feds and hating all cops because what the people they're working for want to eliminate the fucking ones that are working with like you know the left like the actual left side maybe. Like 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 you have no fucking idea whatever. But like you know but like now it's like you know people are embracing more of these cop movies that are coming out now and I thought like three years ago cop cop every cop movie was propaganda essentially. But I think people who are who've been analyzing propaganda have also fucking misled you as well. They make it seem like in real life, like you know, like these are the rules that they would operate by. Like, I can I can barely. Again, whenever I hear about an, an NBA player, like, it's never about, like, you know, like, again, I sometimes I'll see clips of, like, the more, like, the popular ones and stuff that, you know, I'll see something. Like, I know, I know Dwight Howard uh, got suspended again. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know, like, you know, so it's like he's a sport, he's like a sports entertainer now. Where, you know, uh, no, 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 so, so, so not Dwight Howard, fucking Dwight, Draymond Green got fucking suspended, sorry. Isn't Dwight Howard the guy that has... I can't keep up. They give some of these athletes the fucking same storyline with rape and all that. Or, or like, this guy, Ann Edwards, you know, about him, like, you know, uh, linking up with Chief Keith. And again, whatever... Again, like, and, and this is not... It, whenever these industry people, like, these women that are in the discourse that have been lashed on, it's like, like, they're the ones who are working their way up to get, like, their own thing going, but they gotta be known for, like, you know, it's more obvious when it's women, when it's women, but, like, you know, some of these, uh, celebrity guys, like, some of these celebrity guys that are gonna come up, they could have been also sex workers as well. You just make, make it seem like, oh, they just happen to hook up, but some of these male fucking, you know, uh, people on the come up, they're, all, they're also sex workers as well on the side, I think. But like you know, but but when you have people from these industries all connected, and you know, and it's it's like it's it's like they book your, they book your storyline, but then you also have to have kids who are going to be part of their own storyline for the future because of all the craziness that happened with the, you know what I mean. So when you have someone like you know the guy that the guy um Anthony Edwards, like you know him um um being with uh, Chief Keith's baby mom, and having a baby with her. I don't know if it, and then and then an IG model then exposed him for I don't know if she if uh, she went through with the abortion or that he offered to give her the abortion. Either way, it's more sports entertainment because this is they're not just being, in my personal opinion they're not just being paid for what they do in the court. It's it's what you're producing as well. Um, you know, not figuratively and literally, I guess. This is how manufactured the celebrity fucking world is, man. And people don't want to, and people don't see the fun of, because show business is, or, you know, the, the world of sports is, you know, always has, like, this liberal presentation on some level, in, in some, in some, in some instances. So, you know, people automatically think that, like, anything shady in show business is all because of, like, the liberals and the left, even though I believe show business is run by fundamentalist fucking white people. You know? That's why, you know, you're having more sports entertainment with, like, the, 
Like, you're finding more rappers are confess are getting going to get, sh- uh, get you know, uh, locked up for their crimes. But it's like they'll probably be saved if they ba- offer to bow down and go to the right wing, essentially. That's how I fucking see it, at least. And then that's why they're making... It, it, it's basically because every, every, everyone in the entertainment world has... But the thing is, like, you have to use all entertainment then. Because then I can assume that everyone that did corrupt enter- has corruption in their entertainment. I'm going to assume that they have experience with doing that then. Is that not fair? If you're going to say that the uh, rapper's doing it? Like, he, he, like right now, Cassie is going to be doing a comeback tour. This is like a perfect debut, like, you know, the perfect re-debut re- re- to her, you know, career, basically. And again, like, all the shit that she, she went through, she deserves vindication for what she's been through, but this is how they, you know what I mean? And then they'll put her through more mental trauma by re-upping her career. It depends on how much of a hit this will be. But it's like, it's like, it's like there'll be a bunch of victims that will be, you know, part of, like, you know, Diddy's, like, you know, whole resume that he has out. Of uh, people that he's like you know fucked over that he's abused and did fucked up shit with, and then only a certain amount of fucking people will then get their vindication on like you know a sports entertainment level, even though like all the shit that happened is real. Is they presented in that fucking type of way? Like 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 right now everyone you know that chick from uh, Abbott Elementary. Janelle James, uh, she, uh, um, she, again, like, this is, like, designed, like, 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 this is, like, like, it feels like this joke was done for, for it to be discovered down the line, because, like, this is how you're probably get canceled, I guess, and I don't know if it'll, like, the thing is, like, I don't know if they're introducing it to just make everyone kind of, like, because, again, like, it's just inappropriate, and inappropriate joke, basically the joke was, I, I, people were thinking, this is how misleading it was, because people online were fucking making it seem like she made a joke about how she used to play with her kid's wiener or something like that when she was changed. Like, you know what I mean? And it wasn't that at all. What it was was that she's, the joke was something like, she's, uh, something about like, uh, like, you know, like, like, you know, like in recent, in recent, like, years, her kid was coming out of the shower and he was like, not, not having a towel or running across the house. And then she made a joke about, wow, I don't remember his dick being that big when, when he was a little kid, basically. It's like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, a little inappropriate, but, like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like, oh, look, a, a little taboo type of deal, right? You know, I, I don't think that, it's that big of a deal. It's, it's kind of weird. But do they let us know about this kind of stuff? Because now it's going to lead to something that we'll find out that she did. Because normally this is how they preview it. They, they preview it so that we have a debate about, oh, my God, dude, it's just a joke. It's just comedy. Which, again, everyone was getting mad at Hassan Minaj for not living his bars, but, you know, now other comedians are not allowed not to live their bars, basically. But to me, is that being put out purposefully because she knows she's going to be canceled and there'll be something problematic with her or something like that. That's what I'm... I, this is how they fucking market the fucking celebrity discourse, basically. It's like they have a storyline now.
you know, like, like everything's for sale, man. Like, they'll, like, Congress will, will go viral for, like, banning whole milk and promoting another fucking milk. You know what I mean? So while they're taking away healthier milk or something like that, they're also promoting the milk that they want in schools. It's like a commercial. Like, oh, this this Congress meeting has been brought to you by this milk, basically. That's what... And then, obviously, because of the discussion, everyone just starts talking about it. I don't even know the brand of the fucking milk. But, by the way, I, I, I want to know if this is actually true, because this, this, this shows you how connected, like, you'll probably find out that a lot more people are related or something like that, but it just shows you how connected lineages are when they end up in the entertainment world becoming important people, whether it be in politics or in celebrity world, but I had no, or in the music world and all that. I had no idea that Nas and Tracy Morgan are actually related. Or is that going to be revealed? Or is that like just like a like they can't come up with anything interesting right now for sports entertainment? So like you know what? We'll just can't, like is it going to be like a Jason Jordan Kurt Angle thing basically? Like are they actually related? Or are we just doing sports entertainment? Is it the same way that Kane and Undertaker are really related and all that? And and the way they made it sound like they said, oh Nas cried when he found out. And, you know, people were making jokes, like, oh, is he crying because he doesn't want to be related to Tracy Morgan? Or is he, you know, but, like, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy, man. I don't know. But the, some of these, like, again, some of these, I to, when I watch some of these, cons- these, these pro- promoted conspiracy videos, there's always, like, a right-wing tinge with it, but, like, They'll oh, but but like some, but like there'll be an inkling of truth, obviously, because it's obvious that Diddy is like. But they do it like, oh my god, someone like they make it seem like the gay being gay is the part that's like the scandalous fucking part. Like like okay, like maybe you could get away with that in the nineties, but like that that isn't the that isn't the scandalous part. It's more about the abuse, and that can happen not from not from anyone who because they happen to be gay or you know what I mean or happen to be a certain you know a, a certain color or anything like that it's people in the system straight gay black white brown Asian every everyone has some type like dude how how many how many times have you fucking seen like things in the news about oh do you know child porn was found on this person or this person and it's like, it's like it, it doesn't become a big deal so there's so many stories of that where like it's like okay that's become the norm now like now I'm the asshole who ha- who doesn't have that. Uh, another thing was, uh, you know, uh, sound of fr- the sound of freedom. Uh, I mean, it, like the fact that we know about it is supposed to be known, but like it's like you know, it was, it was like a way a way to get discourse. But like I I can't keep it specific, but there was like obviously some sc- scandalous thing that was going on with the paint forward, which you could tell from the get go with how like you know how manufactured it was. But it's supposed to be one of those purposeful manufactured ones where th- they're still making money off the discourse about it. Even though they know that everyone associated with it has been on some fucking creep shit. Then there was like this this obvious White House Christmas video, 
where it's like it's, it's like it's like it's like being over the top with like showing off representation. Which when you do it over the top like that, the right wing thing. Oh look, I'm pointing it out. That must mean that like oh they didn't want me to be criti- critical of it. No, it's supposed to look watered down and ridiculous so that you make it seem like this is what wokeness has got us. But like. You know, but then people on the left are like, oh my god, what the call, like, people are getting um, up in arms about Hunger Game, like, you know, symbolism or references. The thing is, like, I'm not saying that, like, like to me, because the world is moving in a more fascist fucking, you know, in, in a more faction warfare um, with fa- f- fundamentalism that's fucking going to be fascist, obviously, right? What the call, like, there's, there's, like, symbolism and hints between some of the, you know, these speeches, between the symbolism of stuff, it's just previewing what, which world we're entering in. While it becomes comedy fodder online, while the right way will be over the top with it. But there is, like, symbolism to all this stuff. Like, you know, it's a reason why, this is why, and it's done to make the conspiracy, the right-wing conspiracy theorists think that the, 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 the lefties are going to be the ones that are going to bring this in. Even though it's going to be fucking Trump and his people. And the fucking, you know, billionaire that, fun, that, that you know, propped him up. So, anyways, people were tying Diddy to Travis fucking Scott, right? I, I forgot to talk about this, whatever. And because, like, there is, like, symbolism... And, so again, because, like, you know, I always... In my personal opinion, right? I'm not going to go the whole demonic route and all that. But there is some fundamentalist shit going on. Where, like, something... Bi- it feels like these celebrities are larger than life. And it's, like, the powers that be know that, like, you know... Like, a mass sacrifice has to happen. And then it it becomes, like... Like, me that, like all angles can be... Like, for example, the Travis Scott thing happened. There was people who are notably, like, you know, about... You know, pro... You know, pro-worker and all that... We're talking about how some of the labor fucking rules for this kind of shit is out of is out of whack. You need to fucking fix that, which I agree with, right? But when but it, but it's like even if they fi- even if they fix it, and they're probably not gonna fix it. It's still gonna be critical shit happening. It's like it's like it's, it's designed that like like you know even though it's an issue that should be brought up and it should be fucking a f- focal point, is that like it's not gonna be fixed because if people who already have the fucking like, you know, like, the fundamentalist fucking nature of going... Like, even if you don't buy into, like, mass sacrifice, there's people who are powerful in this world that do. And they have the power to fucking organize that. And it's like, celebrities get lashed onto it. You know what I mean? And people were basically tying in, like, how Diddy had something similar happen with him in 1991 at a college campus. And it's like, they, it's like this happens to, like, a lot of celebrities. And sometimes I wonder if it's done by fucking design. Not because they they specifically want to do it, but you know to to basically get social climbing, you gotta do, you, you you gotta fucking you know do some propaganda for fundamentalists who run the fucking industry. Again, my personal fucking opinion, you know. By the way, what the call like you know uh, Drake released like a instrumental of his album. With a, with the proposition that people got to spit on. So far, I've only seen Fabulous spit on one beat, but I don't know if I'm seeing other ones right now. You know what I mean? But I hope, like you know, this gets some you know prominent people to like actually, because some of the beats are really good, and maybe like you know, like well, Kendrick just come out and spit over one. Well, you know, push the T diss Drake over one. I don't know. But like, you know, in this podcast, I always, uh, I always, um, you know, talk about how Meek Mill. 
his discourse is always like sitcom level. You don't gotta like you know be aware of what was previously done. You like you watch you got you pick in one discourse topic from him, and you're like, oh, this is like an episode basically. You know what I mean? Where you don't have any ties to the past one, right? But it's it, so so whenever he has like some of those comical ones, he'll also have uh, you know like. Uh, like, you know, good-hearted ones where, like, he's, like, you know, um, where, like, it's, like, uh, it's like you know, a positive lesson learned or whatever by, like, a probation bill that's going to help out people who get fucked over. Like, you know how, like, they, they have these tricks where, like, they you violate probation under these little fucking, like, these rules that they fucking make that people are not really aware of? It's something along those fucking lines, right? Like, I, I understand Meek Mill is like, it, like, has to act like a parody at times, but there is some nature to him that he does good shit or he advocates for some good shit. Even though whenever he advocates for some good shit, it's, it's, it's like people then point out to the guy that, oh, but you advocate, like, you know, you uh, partake in talking about, you know, beating, like, you know, shooting people and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they'll generalize his music. You know. There's one more person that came into the fucking room. So now there's three people in here. You know, and and here here I thought I was going to uh, uh, here I thought I was going to have to fucking close shop. Now I got three people in here. No, I'm joking. I don't know. Anyways, um Lacey Evans um says she's not she's not coming back to WWE cuz on her passion. But I, I guarantee you, because she's still doing wrestling media, that's, like, designed for her to be... Because like, she already has her real-life character going down between denying autism and all that. See, the 2010s, whenever, like, you know, you'd follow some conspiracy people, and they, they, you agree with something, then they'll, like, sneak in some stuff that goes, see, you know, uh, do you think something's happening that's making people aut autistic? And then you go, oh, shit, because it's never existed before. But then, like, you know, you have to use your brain a little bit and go, oh, okay, shit, this, this probably always existed, but people who had that were just thrown to the fucking wolves or thrown in a, a in a sane asylum or something like that. You know what I mean? And then, so, you know, so, 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 like, so like, people don't, people still, like, ask, they make it seem like they're, like, coming up with, like, oh, I'm observing, like, you know, in this pretentious way while they're dumbing it down and regressing. But, you know, I guarantee you she'll come back eventually when they fully go more, when they fully go more right-wing on the surface. And, you know, and then you go, oh, that wasn't her passion, so you'll hate her even more. But, you know. But she's still going to be part of, like, the underworld of, of it, you know. Like, once you're in, like, a fucking industry, and it's like a mafia industry, in my personal opinion... Even if you're outside the company, you're still, like, you know, represented for the... It's like, it's, like, it's like you're a soldier for the company still, like, with outside ventures. Like, there's, a, there's an indie guy in Texas, a ASF. I didn't know about him, but me, but me finding out that he's a pedo um, is how I found out about him. And I guarantee you, now he won't go anywhere. Like, I guarantee you'll still find work somehow. Or he'll take a picture with somebody in the high-up industry and people will be like, oh, well, he, they didn't know who this person was. But, like, to me, it's like the entire industry, it's a mafia industry. So even at the at the lower local levels, it's all fucking influence. Like, WWE has a stranglehold on a lot of it. 
They might not be directly involved with day-to-day operations, but the overall view of what's supposed to be normalized in the in these kind of in situations is that, that most people are probably like that. But that's how you get pushed now, basically. You know what I mean? You get you'll probably be saved by the right wing or something like that. I, you know, again, what they're called, so yeah, so so now the CM Punk contingent, you know, is complaining that people who complain about CM Punk have PDS, Punk derangement. So again, you don't want Trump to be a fucking right-winger, but now you're doing derangement syndrome nicknames for another populist person. Like, the people who have Punk derangement syndrome are the people that have to plan out what people fucking, like, you know, the negative and positive of, of, of what's being said about him. So you keep him in the discourse. So then the, so then the punk fans can act like they're the ones who are sane, even though they're probably the most unhinged fucking people on the planet. And all they ha- and, 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 and the only thing they've been good at is fucking, you know, uh, doing bad faith criticism because they're paid to do it. That, that's why Tony Khan's going off about how he thinks some of the criticism. Like, there's valid criticism going on with AEW, but there's also fucking, you know, very, uh, um, like, my criticism is that it is being done on fucking purpose. And he's shitting on bad faith actors, but he's the him and people like Vince McMahon are the ones that fucking co-sign, like, the bad faith actors. Even, even Vince McMahon and Triple H and all these guys, they co-sign a lot of these fucking people that are negative about WWE. So it would, it would bury their current fucking product for when it was supposed to be, you know what I mean? So you devalue people. So I don't care about booking fumble because they're purposely done. And because right now, what they call, like, like, like Tony Khan's like coming at a level like, oh, look, people might, like, I understand the hard position, what they call it, and there's a lot of people that didn't succeed in your position. I, I, I applaud that you gave an alternative and all that, even though I still think that you're aligned with WWE and you're, like, a, you know, a, a person that's allowed to fucking per- permitted to exist. I mean, people who want to compete should be allowed to exist, but WWE will only allow certain, certain fucking, you know, promotions to become a factor in the overall, in the overall scheme. But again, this is like representative AW right now being at his lowest right now, like as far as fan support. The people who complain about fucking, you know, uh, Tony Khan, uh, the people that complain, the people that complain about Tony Khan, um, uh, like, you know, uh, um, being online too much and not acting like a fucking human being and all that kind of shit, then they fucking fall for him calling out Disco Inferno, who's like, Disco Inferno's an obvious online heel that's supposed to be dunked on. Like, his equivalent of what he was in WCW is what he's supposed to be in the discourse as the fucking villain. He knows he's supposed to get the heat. Everyone will do the same. Listen, man, listen, as much as I hate his politics, and I think his tactics fucking are shitty, right? What the call, like, listen, he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to be this pushed fucking talent, but he was an over-fucking talent for, you know, for, like, a guy that's supposed to be a mid-carder, you know, like, a, a comedy fodder. But because, I just hate when people fucking, because there's a lot of people that do that, do Disco Inferno-level shit in the product that they are now, and that's not a bad position to be in. But because Disco's a horrible fucking person, with some of his political fucking opinions... 
It's like, now you're going to fucking blindly fucking, you know, cheer on Tony Khan for fucking, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, like mixing it up with him. It's like, it's like a bare minimum way of, you know, of, of, of getting some favor. And and then he'll, 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 he'll he I don't I don't like playing his fucking clips. I feel his clips are now designed for Jim Cornette to fucking talk about. Like Jim, like 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 like, like for the clips I see, like oh let's uh, let's update you on Tony Khan's you know uh, daily tweets and what he says basically. It's become like a, it's become like a it's become a gossip fucking uh, a gossip channel that's like lost its fucking lost its appeal whatever whatever it was. When, when Jim Cornette's giving you, like, actual sound, legit, genuine advice, and not, like, his amplified shit, like, he, he, his advice can be decent, even though I think he's a shitty fucking person. Or maybe that's him needing to be a shitty person on purpose. Maybe because I, I, view, I view all this, like, this is all fucking storyline shit, basically. It's all focused on Tony Khan becoming the main fucking star. By the way, Liv Morgan got arrested. I don't think she was high during it, right? And she was just for weed, but she had synthetic weed. And I don't think I should be. Listen, I'm not saying I'm not judging her for that, but I think that like that's like stuff. I, I never understood that because people would always make a big deal with like the weed was synthetic, and I thought like, okay, isn't it just weed anyway? Though like you know, who cares if it's synthetic? But I think that's more dangerous, I guess. But I don't think she was high, but she had the most uh, beautiful, uh, you know, uh, mugshot ever. You know what I mean? I never, you know, what I mean, it's like, like she knew she was going to be. I mean, but when it comes to celebrities, th- their discourse is planned out. You know what I mean? It's like she had to do like, again, and, and no again to make it look like WWE is progressive on this issue. They're like, oh, there's no heat on her for this because normally there would be heat. But in general, even if there was heat on her or there wasn't, there shouldn't be because WWE fucking can organize when people can go after their own fucking people. So I wonder if like her getting arrested and maybe doing a, 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 a does that add to the outlaw nature of like people now doing time even though it won't affect the, affect their work because once you're an entertainer you're going to be allowed to do whatever so having a record won't do shit like if it was a regular person obviously that would mean more obviously but these these celebrities don't play by regular fucking rules the, or does she to not get any time does she have to bow down to like well like DeSantis fucking bail her out. Because they have connection with WWE, and then she'll have to bow down to right. This is why celebrities are getting, are getting caught up in shit. Because, uh, because, because then what they call like you, then, you know, if, they, if the right wing saves you, then you're going to be beholden to them, basically. But, I mean, I bet you this will make her a bigger star now. And she has an outlaw, outlaw image now. Because they're trying to bring back protected outlaw image. But it's, it's, it's CM Punk is catering to his online persona that people know him of, where he's only like listen. I'm, I'm sure at his at his core he talked to, um, you know the, the the other men that worked there and all that. You know what I mean? But he purposely like all the photos that we we're seeing of him were all with the women. So like he's definitely giving you that image that like you know he's like a lady like that like he's like basically going through the NXT locker room, which is which by the way was one of my uh. 
tweets as the the parody CM Punk account a few years ago about like, oh, I better come back soon because there's gonna be a fresh, uh, you know, like you know, what I mean, there's gonna be a fresh batch of women that I need to get with, whatever. And 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 then so all day you're seeing pictures of him with Nikita Lyon, Cora Jade, other females, and all that kind of stuff, right? And then one randomly of Norm, him and Norman Smiley, and then people on Reddit go, well, I guess he's fucking him too, I guess. You know, but like he's obviously, you know, I don't know. Are you talking about Omega getting injured? Why did the dynamite recap? Which which felt like hours ago, which feel like fucking date, like you know, years ago. Cody made a prediction about um you know um, MJF being in WWE eventually, but people don't believe it because they think that MJF actually signed. But I actually do believe the world end pay per view is going to be monumental because I do think that MJF. Did is they didn't didn't end up signing? He's gonna go to go to go to WWE, and it'll be like a new year. It'll be a new year thing. It's gonna be like a big fucking news story. More that AEW is losing more, but then because they're gonna be under, um, Warner Warner Brother Discovery, this is where the fucking you know the feud is gonna fucking start eventually. Then when the Warner Brother because even though like it's already planned out between the billionaires or what's gonna happen because they have control over it. They're gonna have to present it like, oh, you did, oh, this wouldn't have gone through, but the Warner Brothers executives think that there needs to be, you know, um, a co-promotion show, and then they'll start a fucking, you know, a feud. Basically, that's where I think it's going. That's where you know, that's that's how how you're getting there. But they gotta make it look like AW is like losing all of its people, basically, between Kenny Omega being out. I can't keep with all the Japanese promotions, but there's supposed to be some united front with, like, nine Japanese promotions. I don't know if they're going to be doing storylines with each other or they're going to have matches on shows. I don't know. I heard it on uh, Pulse Wrestling, whatever. But, like, it, 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 looks like a, it, it looks like, you know, like, they're preparing for battle because maybe WWE is trying to fucking, you know, dip their hand in the market. Or maybe they're, they're kind of against, like, American companies, like, you know, coming in, dipping. as supposed to represent something. I don't know. It could, I could have it all wrong, but whenever I hear about a United Front, I'm like, they're definitely positioning it in in, in a mafia sense where they're making you think that there's going to be, like, I do believe there's going to be a, a, a whole wrestling war in, in, uh, imploding with, like, different companies. And, and we won't believe that it actually exists with, like, you know, when the world falls apart completely. You know, what's it called? Uh, Colby Covington, whatever, you know, like, people are frowning upon... Listen, I'm not saying don't frown upon what these people are saying. But it feels like the bare minimum... Because like because, because, because slurs are bad, right? And there's no debating it. But when I watch these clips, it feels so fucking forced. Like, it doesn't even feel... Like, I, I've been in genuine arguments. I've heard genuine arguments all through my life where people use slur... You know, sl- you know the, 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 the gay slur, right? And, like... Hearing it used, like hearing it used in a genuine like, with conviction, it just feels like it's being forced. But under the guise of like, oh, this is their freedom of speech, but it's actually paid. I bet you they're encouraged to go out and say these things. And the thing is, it doesn't surprise me because of who the fuck systemic. Because I'm looking at the systemic shit that what the call that, that these companies are aligned with, um, with far right wing fucking shit. I bet you, I don't even know there's any liberal in fucking the UFC, but I bet you they're not allowed to say free Palestine. I bet you they're not allowed to fucking, you know, uh, um, you know, call out fascism or call out fucking right-wing fundamentalism. That won't be allowed. But they're allowing this. 
And and you know, and again, the, the most boring fucking heel on the planet. The only thing, the only thing fucking likable about him is he uses Kurt Angle's music. But this is going to be this is going to be fucking you know going on with UFC, uh, and WWE as well. I bet you WWE. The, the the thing is, people think that because it happens online, that outside the company and all that. But if it's happening on the internet, it's still fucking part of the show. It's still part of like you know like like like, like their cosign essentially. And, then, and I think Sean Strickland was the one that used uh, Sean Strickland was the one that used uh, the, the the gay slur to fucking call out Colby. But to me, it's like I believe like you know some of these guys who like think that the bottom of the barrel type of shit is like they look cool because they look like a, like, like like the straight cool guy using the slurs and all that kind of shit. Part of me, part of me is like a lot of these guys are actually closeted. And the, re- the reason why I'm pointing that out, the reason why it's important to this, because they become tokens for right-wing fucking billionaires to basically do self-hating and catering to homophobia. And they're like a token, but they don't get to be to- called... Like, if some if someone's a minority, they'll be called a token, um, like, you know, because it's so obvious. But with some of these closeted dudes who, are, who go right-wing, they, they, you don't realize that they're being tokens... Like they could be bisexual or whatever and all that, but they could be tokens for like token gay dudes, closeted gay dudes who fucking amp up right wing fucking talking points. Kobe Covington fucking lost the fucking fight, fucking you know. Seeing a, seeing a whole crowd of mega people just booing a black guy, I mean there was some favorable fucking I, I don't know what, what his politics are, but like you know, but like you know, but everyone cheering this Kobe Covington person. You don't even know how much it's piped in or how much, you know, people are just cheering the guy. But then dick riding Trump right after your fucking speech, you know what I mean? And then talking about illegal immigration and all that type of shit. But people only get offended by, like, the official, like, bad names and bad slurs. When there's other organized, sophisticated bigotry that's, like, like that's even more dangerous than, because, because, like... Like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that slurs or anything of that are a good idea to use or anything of that. What I'm saying is, because it becomes the main discourse topic, it's like it's only trained you to think that racism and bigotry are within just just these words, not like the organizing that's going on of the of 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 putting this out there in 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 the midst like in the midst of um Republicans who have ties to these fucking companies as well. That was a color normalizing. Anti-LGBTQ shit, and that's why I point out that some of these guys are fucking closeted because they do self-hating fucking shit, or they help fucking amplify harms to the fucking general community that doesn't have anything to do with f- fucked up shit going on. I was gonna play some of the fucking clips, but I don't really want to play it. You can go look at like it, it just it just it just sounds so forced the way they use these words. But I think Colby Covington got shit because he was making fun of um like you know the um Leon Edwards' dad essentially. Like going that way. Re- I, I I guarantee you if Leon Edwards went fucking as hard as, as him on that. You know what I mean? And, and the thing is it's not Colby Covington doing his own. This is being encouraged. In my in my personal opinion, this is being encouraged.
I, I jotted down fucking um, Charlotte Flair. Inj- I, I think I mentioned she got injured or whatever. But it's 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 always like you know designed for like again like the, the again the, so Charlotte being the chosen one from WWE is like she's not really that chosen. If like they have amplified discourse to like have celebra- people celebrating that she got injured because they won't force her another main event. Like they've totally made Charlotte a fucking useless discord character discourse character mainly. Because she could be a compelling fucking heel and all that kind of shit. And when she was, like, a couple, couple years ago, she was doing some great heel shit. But then they brought her back in the baby face again. You know what I mean? Like, she's a good wrestler and everything like that. But, like, you know, she's definitely used as a fucking discourse character. Because you think that, like, she ruined Sasha Banks or Becky Lynch's Porsche or something like that. But it's designed to make them more likable. And those people are also establishment as well. You know, I don't know. I, I, WWE's trying this new thing called WWE Speed. That was like a drug or something. Probably like, you know, I thought that was going to be like a fucking, you know, energy drink. But no, it's actually, you know, like, I guess like they're trying this concept of the matches being five minutes to see everyone go balls to the wall within five minutes. So you have, con- so you, have a, a, you know, a context of why these matches might last uh, shorter if they're going, you know. But I think it's like more design. I bet you it'll be like a TikTok promotion or something like that. I bet you it'll be something for social media, essentially. I don't know if they'll bring that concept to the main roster, but they're testing it out, I guess. You know. Anyways, I'm gonna come back with a recap. It's already eight forty, and I and, and again, I'm I'm gonna recap Raw from last week while the new Raw is happening. And by the time I have it out, this Raw is gonna be done, so I'm gonna be you know far off. But you know what? I'm not meeting my deadlines. Part two, I guess is, you can call this. All right, it's nine p.m. and uh, the Raw the Raw is gonna you know. The Raw show is going to be... I can't do the Raw show. Monday Night Raw is going to be on right now. But, I mean, by the time this fucking podcast is released. I mean, I'll, I'll just follow the Drew and Jay <coughs> storyline. But then I have to, I have to follow the Punk storyline as well because him and Drew had an interaction, so... So, you know, it's like they know my fucking routine and they fucking mess with me. It's like, now I gotta fucking, you know, I just can't do it. Like, you know, I I like to put all the fucking related spots together so I can just give my brief thought now. It's basically just me recapping and not really giving much insight anyways. I don't know. So, if you want to, like, exit out now, you can exit out. Otherwise, if you want to hear me fucking, you know, stammer through a fucking wrestling podcast that you don't care about. Outdated shit. But since I have fucking, you know, since I, you know, I'm committed to this for some odd reason, I might as well do it. This episode got Punk in the mix with things, with storylines and others having confrontation with him, plus other name, others name-dropping him. So it opens with, Dre, uh, with Jay and Drew, basically. So Jay brags about getting a yeet back, another stupid marketing tool. He talks about um, Punk briefly positive, in a positive way and Sammy as well, which is Sammy well. Then Drew interrupts. He pleads with Pierce to let Punk go to SmackDown. SmackDown can have him. They don't need Punk in the locker room. He'll destroy this place from inside out. Predictive programming right there. 
and he he gets mad at the at, at like the audience. He goes, "You he goes, you don't personally know him. He knows him, and what he's actually like. I knows how his story ends." Because this is about Jay, though. And he goes, Seth got what he deserves. Maybe Sammy didn't. But maybe Drew has a little to do with him being at home. Sammy ran his mouth a lot about his family. He crossed the line. He's sorry, though. And he, he, he says, he goes to Jay, this is an apology. Something Jay isn't capable of. And then he told him, like, he said, go boo me. Like, I'm wrong. Come on, whatever. And then he, and he, and then he basically, basically, like, kind of, like, you know, he doesn't, like, just d- dismiss them. He presents his case. He's like, okay, imagine somebody hurt your family member and your parents. Would you want revenge? Imagine they never apologized. And then he asked who would take the revenge, whatever. And the truth will set him, he said, the truth will set you free. He calls some college football player, I guess. I guess his name is Austin or something. I don't know what his name was. Some people are saying that he, he's known... He tells him that his family doesn't care about him, essentially. It basically leads to a match with him, and, you know. It just leads to a match. It wasn't a long-ass promo, you know, it wasn't drawn out. He just got, you know. I'm surprised he just did it right away, though. Drew cheated by thumbing his eye behind the ref's back. And the ref looked at, you know, at the loose turnbuckle. I was surprised something a little bit more cold-blooded, you know. But I was surprised he just went to this. And I'm confused what the world title picture will be, but it feels like Drew's going to be there again. And I want to assume a four-way match, maybe, or a triple threat, but I think Sammy will have something to do with costing Drew's opportunity somehow where it makes them feud, basically. This was fine. Judgment Day was pissed at recent losses, and Priest also blamed people not showing up for work. And Rhea took a shot about how it's easier to say you're the leader and not actually being a leader, and Priest wanted to go off on her. And they had to keep reiterating that their family, blah, blah, blah. So whoever leaves the group, they're certainly making you see that the focus will be on Rhea and Priest. People think Priest could cash in on Seth at Mania if Seth retains at, at, at Mania. I would bet opt for Seth to win and have Punk put him over. But if they let Punk win the title, I could see Priest cashing in on him and ruining his first WrestleMania main event. It would also be Seth's official first WrestleMania main event, but he was like... In the he was the main event. He was in the main event for an important part. It wasn't like he just was fodder. He fucking had a big moment. So I count that as him main eventing as well. Now he was like he was like one of the he was like really over too. So I wonder with Punk back and possibly winning the title, did that cause like real life discourse with Priest? Anyways, what the call? They're giving. I, I probably think that maybe like you know maybe the other Judgment Day members might get sick of Rhea and Priest. Maybe you know what I mean. I'm trying to think that also the case, but I think one of them will get kicked out. Anyway, we're doing a mini. Um, they're doing a mini Sammy Bloodline story with Truth and Judgment Day. Because he wanted to press them, even though Alpha Academy and Creed told him like not to waste his time. They said that they're just misunderstood, and Rhea beat Maxine. This is not that. This is not good at all. She doesn't have much... I mean, listen, she got cool with, like, one good move, whatever, you know what I mean? She, she's improving as a character and all that kind of shit. But they, you know, uh... If they wanted to improve, they would have her do reps at live shows or something like that, but, you know. This is a simple win. It was meant for the discourse, but Ivy got in Rhea's face, so I, I like that since Ivy is aligned with Creed's, it could carry over with Rhea and, you know, um, and Ivy, since, you know, the Judgment Day are, are going to be feeding with the Creed's. So let me get the CM Punk promo out of the way. Thing is, this is so, it, thing is, to the unbiased eye, Seth's vision of what he's saying can be a, a, admirable. That he's defending the people who he works with in the company and what they have done since Punk has been gone. And while it has to look like the company, he's looking at the company man, not address the shadiness of the company, etc. 
it makes him look weird compared to Punk, even though Punk is a controlled opposition, anti-establishment guy, so he's earned the right to be treated like a main eventer with, all, with how much he had to go through, with how much the industry has put through him, right? But this notion that Seth is more of, 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 um, more of the establishment and company man more than Punk, you know, that when, when the, I think they're both cogs in the system. Like, if, if five years ago, you know, Punk would obviously be, like, the, the, the number one fucking, you know, anti-authority guy kind of in a way, right? And Seth would be, like, you know... Like, Punk is right to have issues with WWE shadiness, and Seth has a right to be proud of the hard work he and others in this company have done to grow as competitors. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he doesn't... Maybe at his core, he doesn't really fucking fuck with the stuff that the industry does, but he's trying to, like, do... Like, you know what I mean? I can see, you know... Um, you know, but anyways, so it'd be one of those kind of gray area stuff, you know what I mean, like, to people who follow AEW, CM Punk will be the good guy in this, and to people who follow WWE, Seth will be the good guy in this, you know, about perspective. Um, where was I? Because I'm sure Seth will make good points, but then, you know, he'll have shitty ones, and CM Punk will have good points, but he'll also be a hypocritical side to him, he this is a better version of the Hangman and Punk promo. It was like the, it, was, it was like that was practice for this promo, and it came out better with with this one because there's genuine shit to it. With you know what I mean, with like Seth Rollins like um like growing since Punk has left, and what they call CM Punk, you know what they call like you know coming back to a place that he hated apparently, you know. So Punk goes over decisions and how they have to make about going to you know some raw SmackDown because he's pretending to include the crowd in the decision, and the fact that Punk has to act like this is a big deal, which, 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 which the, he gets which big guy Bruce Almighty effect is happening right now with me and my stuttering. I, I, I he's getting out of control. Either way, it sounds funny because I'm not making jokes right now, really. But like you know, what I mean, if I sound funny, at least like it'll be comedic because I can barely speak English. But this is, what, this is me trying to, like, speed through shit. And sometimes, it, you know, my my mouth and mind don't meet the same spot. Um, Where was I? I, I, I don't even want to do this, man. Honestly, I really, I really don't. I really don't care about wrestling anymore, really, to tell you the truth. Like, maybe the discourse, but, like, the product itself. So, um, he, but, but, um, you know, um, he's act which, um, he, I think, like, this is a big deal, which brand he will be, you know, will be on is already, to me, comical. But if the whole thing is being sarcastic and he's going to turn heel in this company, then it'll make sense, basically. You know, you because know, he, like, the, re- the reason why he, so he's, the reason why he's been so worried about it is because he loves us. The truth is, the town, the building has not always been kind to him. He goes, he walks through the halls and there are a lot of ghosts. He's doing his best to face them head on. He debuted here with Mickey James in a dark match on his, on his arm. And he said it was all good that they told him to go back. They told him to go back to OVW. He didn't want to go, but while he was there, he learned how to love it. And just like when he was in WWE for the first time, he learned to love it. He came back to this town, this building, the World Heavyweight Champion, ready to go, put on a show. And then Randy Orton kicked him in his head. And Punk wakes up and they tell him that he was stripped of the title. He couldn't compete. He's no longer a champion. He's like naming the time that he's been screaming. He'll keep doing that. Jericho and HBK became the title program, and they needed to get it off Punk. I remember that. He didn't mention that part, but I, I remember when, when this happened, because I was kind of pissed that he lost it, but then I was like, well, Jericho and Shawn Michaels are pretty fucking good, so maybe that, you know, need the title picture. I don't know. 
And they talked about 10 years ago, and he asked about 10, he, he, he tells everyone, do you remember that? He had to make the hardest, his hardest decision in life. He doesn't regret it. But there's always that part that that wonder if anyone paid to see him, if they were just disappointed. And then basically he condescended, I don't know, it felt condescending to call like Indy Hartwell a little girl. So a little girl named Indy told him when she felt betrayed when she was like, you know, like a ten, like you know, like when she was a teenager, I guess. He remember when when Roddy Piper um, made him feel that way when he went to WCW. If we're here now and we're disappointed about him walking out, he understands and he apologizes. He says Nick Aldis put together a great offer. He went to NXT, hung out with Shawn Michaels, who offered him a spot to help mold the next generation. Pierce put together a deal that's head and shoulders above both those other deals. But he wants to um, be real and honest. His mind was probably already made up when he saw Cleveland on the calendar. He's here to bury the ghost, right the few wrongs. The future starts now. He goes, you couldn't write a better TV show. Ten years almost to the day CM Punk walked out. And no matter how you feel, CM Punk walks right back in. If you're, if, you're, if you're happy about it, mad about it, learn to love it. Because CM Punk is the newest Raw superstar. He is home. Good promo. If this was it, I still would have been happy with this. Because it was, we got an answer which brand he'll be on. He'll pretend to hold meaning. But still hyping up the story of him coming back. But as soon as Seth, uh, you know, uh, as soon as Seth came out. It was like I couldn't believe I was hyped for a promo battle in WWE. When there's like very few, there's very rare promo that I'm he- you know, that I'm excited for, looking forward to. So Seth was all business. He didn't even do that cackle. I like that Punk um, brought up the um, brought the town and the history with it though. It was, it was a good touch to it. They soaked this in. They let a lot of the time pass um, from staring each other down, you know, for, and the crowd was like hyped up for it. But that that's still underselling it. He hopes Punk knows how fortunate he is to be, to be even standing in this ring right now. But do do him one favor. Don't dare call this place home. He abandoned this place ten years ago. He actively tried to tear it down. He spent ten years slandering Seth, the locker room, and now he wants to walk back in and call this place his home. This is not Punk's home. This is Seth's home. He's been here. His brothers and sisters in the back. Everyone is watching. That's his family. And he goes, this is our home. He'll do anything to protect it from people like Punk. He wants to be perfectly clear. He wants all of us to understand. He'll, he'll say it plainly with every fiber of his being and tells Punk he hates him. But if Punk is going to be part of the WWE again and he, want, and he, and, uh, he wants um, Punk on Raw, the truth will always come out because we all know this is Punk's last chance. So one of two things will happen. Either Punk will expose himself, self-destruct like he always does, and Seth will be the first person to slam the door shut on Punk's legacy. Or by some miracle, Punk has changed and he's here, got enough gas in his old tank. Maybe one day he'll be lucky enough to stand across the ring from, from him in a title match. And he'll expose Punk for the fraud that he is. He'll show that there are levels to this. We'll wrestle circles around him and let him understand in real time what it means to be the best in the world. This is really fucking good, man. This is really fucking good. Punk asks if he's done, and then says, and sets, um, then this says one pass and stand here and speak to him disrespectfully without Punk coming at, coming after him. He's never asked for anything to be handed to him, and he's always done things the hard way. And if they're making things official, let's make it official. CM Punk is entering the Royal Rumble, and when he wins, maybe Seth, it's him versus Punk. Um, maybe it's him. Punk is coming after. This is amazing. This was five years ago. I wouldn't think Seth could go toe to toe with Punk, but Seth has grown as a performer the last five years, even more so. He's over as you know he's ever he's ever been, 
And now he has a confidence, and it is the perfect time for this character to deal with a big-time presence with Punk. And it'll be interesting what ends up happening, because if Punk wins the Rumble, then we're going to have... Or, then we're going to get teases of who he'll go after. I know it'll be Seth, and he could just decide without any mystery, but I would like for at least one promo with Reigns and Punk to kind of set the seeds for that in the future. People are acting like AEW fumbled the bag when they're giving WWE props for doing this shit right. Just say the company did the segment well and was one of the better ones instead of talking about how AEW fumbled the bag when we know eventually it will be resolved and the, the, the entire thing was designed to make money because we need more internet folklore. So yeah, this promo was really fucking good. And also, like, you know, you can, like, you know, I can understand, I can understand Seth's point of view. But the thing is, part I don't agree with is that, like, Seth will fucking defend the company even though, like, there's been, um, you know, like, you know, uh, there's been, like, you know, like, valid complaints towards the company and their shadiness. But I look at it as, like, you know, like, that Seth Rollins, at least, is trying to be more of a positive influence in the company to, like, you know, and, you know, and, you know, and is trying to do positive with it. And that's, and that's why he's proud of. The thing is, like, calling WWE your home in 2023 and propping them up... It's like, you know, you're supposed to be the villain in that sense. But the thing is, is like, at their core, WWE runs a lot of the shit anyways. The good and the fucking bad. It just, it, it, you can't admit that being anti-establishment because then that goes against being anti-establishment. You have to say that the company is 100% fucking wrong in every fucking thing. And there's, I mean, and there's, I have issues with the fundamentalist mafia level fucking tactics. That they put their fucking talent through. That they beat their talent in the head with. That make the talent fucking think that, oh, it's a badge of honor to being hazed and all that kind of shit. You know. So Punk bumps into the Judgment Day minus Rhea. I'll look forward to that meeting eventually. Thing is, since Punk left, they've had dope women acts who can be dope when they're giving something on the microphone. So between Rhea and Becky, I would love for them to even exchange barbs with Punk on the microphone. Punk makes a joke about where Rhea was and Priest hopes that he's the one that finishes the story around here because he'll be waiting. I feel like in the, in the, in the midst of Punk doing his popular shtick that, uh, that will seep in to pissing off others a bit, even if he seems friendly right now, is that he's the one that will go heel. And like, he's, like, doing all sarcastic shit. Like, you know, uh, I'll, I'll explain it, but... But, I mean, he'll be a baby face for everyone else who, like, doesn't fuck with WWE, you know. Even even if they're acting like Punk will turn things... Like, like I mean, since, since they're acting like, you know, Punk will turn things inside out, as pretty the programming, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like they're obviously putting that out there. They had a segment in the ring with Truth and um, the Judgment Day did. And Truth did his typical stick that he does. He basically preaches that everyone likes him except for him and they beat him down. He did say before the beatdown that they had to get rid of... He keeps thinking they're talking to JD about leaving. About, like, hey, JD, you gotta leave the group, basically. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing that shtick. You know, it'd be cool if Truth being back is some symbolism that he's kind of, like, the king of the WWE, where he has been plotting for over, like... Like, you know, like, like he's, like, you know, like, like king from um, low-key, whatever. That, like, he's, like, you know, controlling the conspiratorial nature of shit. And, you know... And he's been plotting for over 10 years, playing dumb. 
but he has something big in store, and we get one last run that way. But they would never fucking do that. But I, I could, you know, write that. You know, it'd be the perfect example for it. Anyway, the Creed's made the save. Creed also got involved in the main event when they made the save for uh, Cody. So we saw Punk later bumping into Drew, and he and he when he went to go see Pierce, it was brief. But Drew said he didn't care about Punk or Cody's story, but he cared about his. Punk didn't know, know what his problem was, and Pierce said that Drew had the title shot on day one on Raw, and this is why I keep thinking it could be a multi man match because at the Rumble because they're giving Drew out the way, you know. So it could be you know a multi man match or <coughs> maybe a rematch. I guess I don't know. And then Punk sees Kofi, Gable, and Ricochet approaching. Um, he sees them coming, and Punk goes, You're making me crazy. People were mad about it online, but I think this was just kind of a paid tribute to Mike Adamley. But it was kind of a dick move to reduce Kofi to that kayfabe since Punk knows about his world title win. And this is how he greets another friend by reminding him about his first gimmick. At his core, I don't think Punk meant anything by it, but since people mentioned it for the discourse, it meant that we're getting, you know, CM Punk's heel side kind of seeping in by by being annoying and mentioning, you know, stuff that, like, you know, like shitty elements of people's careers or something like that, or making mention that Rhea, Rhea Ripley isn't there or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, getting comfortable saying this is his home and all that, you know, but I don't know. And then Pierce mentioned to Kofi, Ricochet, and Gable that he has a good idea for the IC title. And we never find out, so I guess we're gonna I guess we're probably finding out right now at 9.16 p.m., you know, Monday, basically, right here. Because, you know, I'm doing this during Raw, basically, if you haven't noticed. Which I, 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 I want to get through all this, man. I really don't want to read any of this. I, I, I really, I, I've lost interest in just analyzing it. Anyways, it, it it felt like Punk um, Punk fits the style once in a while where he, we see him in different segments. You know what I mean? But I don't think they should be... It, it's it's like on SNL when you bring a cast member who, who legit hasn't been there. But then it's like then you're going to keep seeing Alec Baldwin or you're going to keep seeing some of these guys that, you know, that, you know, that like were there for a bit and left, but then they come back, whatever, right? It felt like one of those type of deals. You know... I thought the Seth Punk segment left me on a high, though. It'll be it'll be interesting promos going with it. We saw Kata Katana promo package. I think it was like one of their old NXT ones. They beat Indian Candice, and I know the tag division has its downs and a rare up, but I do like that you have two legit teams actually competing in each other instead of just having them to beat the champions in a non-title match. Bronson and Ivar had a dope match, and Bronson won. I thought there was a chance we would get a collapsed ring from the superplex spot, since we get that every couple of years. I thought we were due for another one. Bronson won with that superplex, though. Um, I figured this will be done, or they're going to keep continuing it. I mean, it seems like they're going on a roll with that one. Imperium mocked the idea of anyone tagging with DIY to face three of them, and I figured we were getting Dexter Loomis back. But it was actually the Miz who showed up as a partner, and even though DII weren't all too happy about it, like in a comical way, kind of, it was still cool with um, cool with them. I mean, the commentator had to explain the history. But I look at those segments uh, as Vince McMahon's sports entertainment segments within kayfabe itself. Like they're scripted, you know, with re- reality show elements to it. 
But Miz partnered with them, and they won. At one point, they all had three submissions going on in the heels. Miz pins Vinci, and the IC match is happening right now, as we speak, probably. And I'm worried Miz will win the title since someone else could use it, but the stipulation makes it seem like Miz will win since they don't do that if you lose or you can't challenge for title again, but... As long as as long as uh, Guns is not champion, I hope Miz doesn't win. Um, like it, it, no, 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 sorry, I it, he doesn't get get, get a for the title as long as Guns is champion. But I, me personally, I hope Miz doesn't win it because it'll because like I, don't, I think it should be safe for somebody else. I need like Ilya, Ilya, Ilya Dragunov. You can go to Gable again, who has more. You know, he probably needs it more than Miz. Miz doesn't really need it. Or you can do the Jay Uso, you know. I just hope Gunther retains. I like the promo from Nia and Becky. They replayed the broken nose angle from 2018. Becky said it may be um, petty to bring this up, but damn it, she's petty. For the last five years, literally everyone has faced has tried to bring this moment up. They kept missing each other. They went on to make, she went one of the main event at WrestleMania while Nia went on to a double, um, got double ACL surgery because she was so unlikable that not even her knees would stand stand up for stand up for her. Basically, that was pretty good. Then Becky had a, a child, and Nia got fired. It's 2023 now, and Becky thinks it's time to go. Nia interrupts. She isn't fired anymore. Uh, she's right. She's right, right, right here in front of Becky, and better than ever. That punch Becky just showed was a lucky swing, a lucky swing that almost ended Becky's career, and she didn't even put all her force into it. Imagine if um, Becky had um, if Becky right right, right in front of her. Um, if she had Becky right in front of her and punched her with her um, full force, essentially. I, I guess I read that twice. Becky wouldn't get up. This is a contact sport. What else did you expect? Becky says she doesn't hold it against Nia. Everyone knows Nia is the most dangerous woman in the ring. Everyone has been injured, broken bones, and nearly ended a few careers. Nia says people haven't stopped talking about her the past two years that she's been gone. It's ironic that careers she nearly ended. Becky has Nia thank for her career. And then Becky goes, this is what um, she holds against Nia. If it was just about a broken face, these people would have checked out and moved on as soon as the blood dried. It's about that moment that what it represented, about her dusting herself off and getting back up and fighting like hell. This is what she does her whole life, um, that night and ever since. Nia, though she and her minions have spent years going around saying that she's not a main event star, Becky proved her wrong, and now Nia says Becky is a main event star because of Nia, and that's a lie. She needs to end the lie and end and, and Nia. And then, uh, you know, uh, Nia thinks Becky needs her. Need, uh, she needs to prove to Becky that she's not, not about that one moment. She's got to prove it to herself that her career wasn't just some accident. Otherwise, Nia will always be the woman who made the man. And what Becky needs is for her to um, shut the hell up, basically. She didn't come to talk. She came here looking for a fight. Becky asked for another hit across the face, and Nia said she could really give Nia a free shot. Nia thinks about it and tells Becky that she needs a lot more than she needs a lot more than she does. This is a really good segment as well. I like the use of the angle from five years ago. I know they have missed opportunities to do this feud, but I feel even though people hate on Nia in, in this in this era of having all this built up heat, I know it. I, I know it. Like oh, it's all go away heat, but people don't like to admit real life go away heat eventually does turn into actual heat. It doesn't have to happen right away on your timetable. It takes years sometimes. And 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 this is a feud Becky does need, and it's like Becky can't win in uh, in uh, titles in kayfabe, and now she's signaling for her match because she'll uh, she never officially paid back to, um you know the, the receipt for it, and 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 Naya's right right now that Becky needs it more than her, which is will be which will be dope because to get Becky to up her game to get this match basically. 
because see, Becky's not, not not a champion right now. She's not uh, like the focal point as much as everyone else is. Whatever, right? Like in kayfabe, right? So she does need this. Like, it's like she picked this fight. What, uh, like right now because it's like the like one thing that people can get behind because everyone hates Naya. Like it'll need to be a really physical angle that makes us go to the next level. And Becky using Naya ending career like you know um. You know, uh, like you know, like you know, and 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 Becky like you know um. Like, implying that Naya ended career, like, that's also the pull cater to the internet, you know what I mean? Because, like, you know, she actually did break bones and almost injure careers and, like, end, her, end careers and all that type of shit. You know. It fits the storyline in context, but it's, it's also meta, so the internet can pop. But if you realize that this mafia industry has people taking physical L's, not just in wrestling, though... And now, but, 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 and now they were always bound to use this as a storyline down the line, you know, in my personal opinion. Anyways, Nakamura had a promo. He brings up Cody wanting to finish the story and talking about it for over a year. Yeah, he's nowhere near closer. He's a dog chasing a car. As great as Cody is, is not enough. He'll never be. Cody's in respect. Nakamura, that's his weakness, his admiration for others. Nakamura freed himself from the burden years ago. He draws his own destiny and paints his own story. And you see some, like, really cool anime that they did before and the other ones. They could have um, always done this from the start with Nakamura, but... We need to facilitate the real life discourse of Vince not doing this. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Vince not. I, I just hate that. Cody cut a promo about Punk being in the Rumble and talks about Nakamura was ready for a fight, and he named Job Stardust being born in the building. I thought he would show. I thought he. I thought uh, you know he would show up, or maybe Nakamura would dress like him. Maybe I don't know. But it was a good match. But it was a DQ where Nakamura missed him in the face. If that was the case, then maybe they, they should have done this. This this should be the first time they use the mist in his face. It goes to no contest. It goes to like a DQ for a Cody, but there'll be a rematch. But the over overall, the show is pretty good. I wish that Nakamura had just got the win because I know Cody's ultimately going to get the fucking win. So at least give Nakamura something. You know what I mean? At least get him a fucking win or have the match thrown out where you know it's not fully. I don't know. I just didn't like that part. Let me go to NXT now. Um, oh shit! I got a lot of fucking to do right here, man. It's like nine twenty four p.m. Trick and Mello were walking in the building, and Mello went um, went in while Mello was talking to the camera man, interviewing him. And then Mello happened to be attacked, and no one saw it. And we did again. We we didn't see any footage of it, so we assume he's faking it because he's okay enough for him to be be on SmackDown for the tournament. And Trick says that he'll handle Ilya. He'll they'll handle this when they when he handle after he handles Ilya. And Mello said he would call the person who attacked him. Mello claimed he would call out whoever did this. I assume whatever trick was going to end up in the in um in the in the NXT segment, Mello would then call it out then. And I expected to be Ilya now to now tie it back to the storyline from the beginning of this, basically with Ilya being like you know the facilitator of this fucking you know um uh, of uh, you know he's the one who caused this tension to begin with, kind of in a way. Then the final segment, Trick came out and wanted to get uh, to business. He put his win over. He even put over the other competitors and really to really solidify his babyface run. But then, then here's the thing. He was in the ring with some dogs, but they made one mistake. They forgot about Trick Williams has been balling his whole life. He's Trick Kearney. He's Mike Trick. Number 23 in L.A., he's Trick James, bitch, basically. In three weeks, we have... Um, we have New Year's Evil, the baddest man in NXT versus the hottest thing under the, uh, under the sun. 
Ilya a few months ago um, st- stood in the ring and um, and Trick thanked him for pushing him to a whole new level. On 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 his um on his day, he said that he admired Trick's courage, and he was proud of him. And he couldn't watch live because he was getting ready for his own match. But he watched it later on and saw Trick snatch a victory in the final minutes. And he says Trick is riding the wave of momentum. Um, he's barely seen before. And then he basically Ilya starts to whip that Trick chant. And he said that he's a uh, he's a talk of he's talk he's a talk of all WWE and he says uh, this is a respect to Trick's journey at, at New Year's Evil it comes to an end. Trick tells Ilya if he looked um in his, looked in his eye and said that a few months ago he would have played it cool but wondered if he could beat Ilya but but it's not um it's not then and he's not who he was but, um, who he was, I guess. He is a man. He he is a man now here in NXT, and in three weeks he'll beat the best NXT has to offer because the new NXT champion, Ilya says he likes Trick, but he's suffered too much to become champion, way too much to stay champion. He'll do whatever it takes to remain NXT champion, and then Melo finally interrupts. He says that, that business he told him he had to take care of that this was that for two months his name has been dragged through the dirt, and it ends tonight. He knows who attacked Trick because it's it's um it's. It's um you know he basically points to Ilya as attacker. And Melo says uh you know Ilya took them both out. Ilya says Ilya doesn't know what he's talking about. He says he has nothing to do with it. Melo says uh think about it. Who gains more than Ilya? He says he attacked he attacked Trick because he didn't want to deal with um with with them both. Ilya says he knew Melo was arrogant but delusional too. Melo says that he if it um if he pitted him against each other then uh, and then. Ta- Melo says that if he pitted them against each other and then attacked Trick, the whole world would point a finger at him. Melo says that this was the plan all along since Halloween Havoc. Ilya says, uh, Ilya says that he didn't attack him, and if he if he in fact did get attacked, and yeah, basically he 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 questions if, if Melo even officially got attacked, and then Trick tells Ilya to tell him he didn't say that. Ilya looks at him in his eyes and says he didn't he didn't attack him, but he needs to talk to his friend. And Melo says they're on the same page now. There's nothing you can do to take that back. Basically, Melo says he he needs to have the title taken away, and he um. And then he basically tries to get grab at the title, and then the struggle trick gets hit with the title, and Melo kind of hit him with it, right? So it fits into the taping, you know, it fits into the taping of Ridge injuring Ilya. And maybe that's like the recurring theme of Ridge being used as someone who attacked people and got and paid for it, because that's what was gimmick in NXT originally. So maybe Ridge attacked, you know, uh, you know, attacked since Ridge may have been on the episode of NXT since the the brutes were on some episodes. I don't, I, I couldn't tell if they were on uh, the same episode where Trick was attacked. I don't know. I mean, a decent segment. I wonder if they'll cancel the match or do they have to forfeit the title and have Melo in the match and somehow it's him versus Trick and he turns heel officially or something. I don't know. Who's about, I, like, I like how the angle played out. The crowd's all, all in um, is all in for the notion that Melo's guilty. I hope they don't make it too convoluted because they're doing this well right now. I don't want this to be like the devil story in AEW. They had Cora, Lyra, Lyra, and Blair and Akita promo in the beginning. Cora hyped up her being back, and the fan wanted to come back, so they've been bugging her online and putting over, um, and putting her over being around, um, you know, for being around other things, getting better, and all that type of shit. 
She got a... Again, I, I, I don't even think I speak English in this. Like, let me... I, I decided to go with it, but I, I, I knew it wasn't making any sense. A lot of things I'm saying is not making any sense. I'm trying to speed through this, and I'm stuttering like fucking crazy. So this is going to be like, you know... If you're not into the review, just you know, laugh at the fucking notion that I can't read properly. So I'm trying to get through this fast, and I'm also speeding through. And some days my stuttering is worse than others. It's like, you know, it's like by design, basically. But I don't think the powers that be like me working through my stuttering problem. You know what I mean? Even if I gotta fucking be, you know, uh... Okay, Cora hyped her that she's back after all the fans wanted to come back. Since they have been bugging her online. And then she put over her being around and things getting better, I guess. You know what I mean? Not, not the fans putting her over. She's gotten a, uh, a bit more confident on the mic. I can't say that I missed her too much, but she seems to have gotten you know her new Illuminati advancement. So, I mean, I'm sure she'll be a lot better now, I guess. I don't know. Liar interrupts and talks about how nothing has changed with Cora and how she went to the usual tactics of attacking her from behind. And Liar puts her over how much she changed since she's... Since uh, Cora's been gone because she's a champion, Blair interrupts and puts herself over, and then Nikita comes out and they all brawl, and basically a tag match is made for the main event. Lyra and Nikita are getting hyped for their match, and Nikita notices a picture of Lyra's locker room. They're supposed to be Becky and Lyra together, but now it's Tatum's face on Becky's face. So they're going to the lesbian stalker angle, I guess, single white female. And, uh, and, and then Cora and Blair had their differences, but Blair accused Cora of stealing her spotlight, but Cora said that she would have done it She wouldn't have done it if Lyra didn't go out there um, to begin with. So basically, Blair said that if Cora wanted Tyler's shot, she'll be facing her for it. And then the tag match, the heels won. Blair did the finish, uh, uh, did the finish, but then she was not the legal person. Nikita took her out, and Cora pinned Lyra, and I wonder if that changes anything other than Cora solidifying her spot after a Tyler's shot. At New Year's Evil, since she did pin Lyra, basically. Tatum was there as well. She was weirding out Lyra. Especially since she threw Nikita out of the ring, basically. I can't say the angle for the women's title is all that great, but there's a lot of time to t uh, hype us up for it, I guess. I guess since Cora is CM Punk loyalist, we're supposed to like, now think she's like, the greatest ever, I guess. Dragon Lee addressed doing an open challenge, and he beat Bane in a good match for the title. And then later we see Gulak and his crew... Confronting Dragon about doing what Wesley did, the title basically, at least to a match with one of them. You know, and we'll find out who, but, you know, I I, I, I wanted to hope they would win, but I think it's Dempsey who took a loss. Like, they're going by the name No Quarter Catch Crew. It doesn't matter because they don't, don't ever come up, with, come up with a threat. Like, they're, like, they're all credible, but they, they never have anything, like, dominating or threatening about them. They just kind of exist to, like, kind of bring in some context to what the wrestling is, in a way, and, like, you know, like, and how important, like, the fucking, you know, the in-ring work is. But then they don't really do anything with them. I want to believe there'll be a push, but it's like they've, you know, uh, have these angles, nothing substantial happens. Miles Bourne, the, 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 the deaf dude, was there with them. But he lost to Oba Femi in the breakout tournament. I want to go through all the names because, you know, I'll go through them as, as the weeks come come ahead, right? But Alexis King tacked one of them. He tacked Trey Burhill. He could have done what Dunn did in NXT UK tournament and, and go for a good beatdown. I'm supposed to believe that this one chair shot took him out completely. But it could be planned sports entertainment for Alexis to politic his way into the game. You know what I mean? Ava has had to say that he, they, they all, HBK and all the competitors want him in the tournament now because they want to beat him up. But it's like, why are you advocating for him to be rewarded? If I, if I was if I was Trey, I would be pissed off about these guys like, like you know what they call like you know advocating. You know, I want to assume King. You know, uh, I want to assume that King will win the fucking tournament. 
But I saw the spoil. He didn't lose because that Trey guy did screw him over in one of the matches. Riley Osborne beat Keanu Carver. Decent match. Riley looks like a... He looks like, if you don't recognize him, at least from what I can tell, he looks like the deaf football player from the movie The Replacements. You know, the guy on the Keanu Reeves t- uh, team, basically. You know, he kind of looks like Sutherick Farland if he dressed up as Sammy Guevara. Um, Riley is representing Chase U. And by the way, they had a segment with Chase U where discussing how much they made, like 245 bucks for a bake sale and car wash. And then Reggie shows up with a briefcase. We don't know what's in it. We don't know what the proposition is. JC was given the advice to talk to Riley and a um, typical sitcom trope for the person en- en- person enamored by their love interest and they fuck up speaking and making a mistake. But then Ken and Izzy show up and they mock the... Uh, I'm going to guess like until we find out that what's in the briefcase, I want to assume that JC will eventually align with like, you know, if they're going with the food of Kiana, maybe she'll align with like Kiana maybe and turn heel or will Kiana have something to do with like maybe helping buy and chase you or something like that. I don't know. So she, since she tried to buy the bar, you know, a, a few, um, you know, that last time basically. I don't even know these stories will interact. It's like they found a way to turn this Chase U stuff into its own little institution, you know. Jensen and Briggs and Fallon beat Metaphor, and I thought they could have used more momentum of Lash, because she had a pretty good buzz coming out of it from, you know, the online shit, but it is what it is. But the babyface is one, and Briggs wants to go for the Heritage Cup, and Jensen doesn't think he can do multiple round matches, and Briggs says he needs to try if he learned how to uh, go for the Iron Survivor match. So they're saying the seeds for Briggs to eventually separate. I don't know who's going to go heel, though. Tiffany cuts a promo. I think it's all about um, Fallon or some shit. And feel like they'll continue that feud. Dijak got himself disqualified against Eddie Thorpe. And I think he took his anger out because Eddie cost him the spot in the title hunt, basically. So this will continue. I heard, it was a really good beatdown, too. You know what I mean? I heard they had one of those NXT underground tapings for the tapings. Because they, they filmed two weeks. And then Hank and Tank had a segment with Gallus about their match, and G- Gacy was there, like, I think he was doing some construction work or some guard, I don't know what he was doing, but he said he takes a Joe to know a Joe, basically. I-, I have no idea where this is going. This wasn't the best, for-, for a follow-up of-, of a good show, this wasn't really the best episode, to tell you the truth. You know. SmackDown recap, Roman Reigns asked Green Bay to acknowledge him. He says uh, the um, he's a fair tribal chief and here to reward the man who's worked hard to keep this. He basically talks about promotion season, right? But he's, he's basically talking about the next person in line to be the tribal chief, basically. And he has, and then Jimmy thinks Jimmy thinks he's going to be it, but it's basically you know congratulating his brother Solo. And Jimmy doesn't look too happy. It's like no one really cared about this portion of the storyline. It really doesn't feel weak. And even with Orton out, it's like we're back to usual with Orton where he feels like the same person. And the buzz is kind of worn off, which is what I expected to happen. Not that people aren't into him, but it's like I have, I've seen him multiple, I've seen this multiple times where he, he feels brand new and he has like new life to him. Where he returns on television and then it just feels like the same old essentially. Orton says for the last 18 months he's been thinking about this moment and what, it, what he would do. Only thing he needs to say to Roman is that he's coming for him. He challenged him for the, the championship and Roman says he's thought about he thought about this for 18 months. He hasn't thought about him at all. He's done nothing to earn opportunity so he can go back to the line. And if he has a match with him, it won't be another 18 months vacation. It'll be retirement. Orton says, uh, Orton says Roman definitely has evolved and he's a legend. Randy has evolved but he'll always be a legend killer. And he goes for an RKO, but he faked out. And then um, Orton says maybe now he'll start thinking about him. 
and the voice of, and the voice of his head are telling him that Roman may have been crapped his pants and that Daddy's back. You know, it's like a it's like a standard fucking promo. You know what I mean? Like imagine if like Punk cut this kind of promo, then you could complain. You know what I mean? It was oh, it was. It, I mean, the, the whole segment. I mean, the segment was over, but it was not. It was not a blowaway segment. It's good to see Roman Reigns back, though. You know, I mean, I, you know, I was hoping we'd at least make a he make a subtle jab at Punk. Basically, we need to savor that. It's a fine segment. Roman was uh, do- I, I thought Roman's part was dope in the segment. Orton runs into LA Knight backstage. He reminds Knight that he doesn't need his help, but Knight reminds him that he he knows how numbers work. Orton says that like, they left things on a good note last week. After the tag match, but he wants to stay. He wants to, wants to stay it that way. Knight said needs uh, Knight needs to stay out of um. Knight, Knight needs to stay out of his way in general, basically. And Knight reminds him that he also has beef with Roman Reigns. But I, but I didn't mention it. But on the on the previous SmackDown, Knight was going for his move, but Orton like basically pulled whoever he was doing the move to. I think it was Jimmy, and he just did the RKO. You know what I mean? But it it, it caused like, a little bit of tension, but not like too much. It was not enough for me to remember. Then Reigns' backstage, even these segments don't feel special. These bloodline backstage segments. Because now like, the buzz of the whole group is kind of gone, you know what I mean? Because like, after that fucking Jey Uso and Roman Reigns match. Roman is backstage with his crew complaining about Randy Orton ruining Solo's moment. Jimmy says he'd be happy to silence Orton, but it sounds like a job for the tribal chief. And Roman reminds him that it's promo- promotion season. And he tells Jay to take care of it if he can. Um, if it's... Basically, right? And Jimmy responds, yeet. And Reigns didn't look happy about that. And Jimmy says, no, yeet. So I know eventually we'll get Roman to you know, get Jimmy to go after Jay. And they set up their Mania match. I, I, I assume, I I bet you any money if they do fight at Mania, the company will have them incorporate brotherly love in their promo. So sim- symbolize they're going to be doing it in Philly. You know what I mean? Like Cole will be shouting it out. I guarantee you by the time like Royal Rumble hits. You know, and then Jimmy's talking to Solo, complaining that Roman and Paul Heyman are uh, been on their own talking in the room for too long. And he asked Solo if something happened to him, he would tell him, right? Like, you know, he thinks his death warrants are being put out there, you know. And Solo responds that he's his brother. So Orton beat Jimmy in a decent match. Knight t- 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 took care of Solo and he was coming out to interfere. Then Knight makes his way to the ring after the match, but then Roman attacks him and then Roman and Orton start going at it. The bloodline outnumber him, and the knight gets jumped too, and he tries to make the save, and then Styles' music hits, and he's behind them. He springs in for the phenomenal forearm over Jimmy and Solo to hit Reigns. As the babies are all facing off with the heels, Styles attacks Knight and then walks past the bloodline. He could have just left through the crowd because he looked like awkward. And Styles is another one that got his new Illuminati advancements, more Compound V. He looked like he got, like, a new fucking clone, man. Nothing about this makes any fucking sense, but whatever. But the spoilers this for this week indicate that it was more about the title. And it's going to be a triple threat to determine who will face Reigns. And we know Orton will be, which means that Knight is going to end up feuding with Styles, I guess, for the time being, I guess. You know, I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. I mean, I think he's a better heel anyways, but this is random. I hope this new body, I mean, means that we'll give him a new substantial feuds. Because for the last couple of years, it feels like he's been doing the bare minimum feuds. He's had good matches. 
But there hasn't really been... I think the last time I was really interested in anything Styles really did as a feud was the IC title stuff with, like, you know, Joseph Park. And then, and then Sammy's... Because Sammy's even incorporated that. That's, like, probably the last kind of real feud that I actually enjoyed him in. Everything else since then has not really been that fucking great, in my personal opinion. Like, they have him have a good match here and there, but, like, he hasn't felt like, uh... Like, it felt like he was on the verge of leaving, maybe, because, you know what I mean? Because he's someone that I could see go- having a couple of years in AEW to, cl- you know, to close out his career, maybe. You know? That's what, that's, that's what I feel like, at least. Because he, he needs to be in every promotion, but we'll see what happens. Um... But, I mean, it felt like a big deal to see Roman Reigns, which is why, you know, the schedule makes him more of an attraction. They showed a promo package for Melo before his match. He beat Waller in a decent match. Logan would commentate, um, would would have comments shown from his cell phone about the competitors before their matches. They, they, it seemed like they recorded a bunch of them in bulk. But he said that Melo's family will DVR the match because he's the only time they'll see him in the ring. I, get, I, I had no idea what the hell. Some of them were not that great. He did one for Owens. Where he said that he just is like a fifth grader who takes P dodgeball too seriously. I thought that was funny. Owens beat Theory in okay match. I thought Theory was going to win because Owens was favoring the broken hand. Grimes gave um, KO props for his match. And he wanted to punch Theory. This is the best you can do for fucking Grimes now. And then Melo interrupts KO's interview with Kayla. He basically said that he needs to win this and that he needs to worry. Basically like showing that he's a threat. I thought maybe he would win, but apparently he Owens beat Melo, apparently, from the spoilers I saw. We got a promo from Santos and Bobby Lashley separately for preview their match. I feel like they opted to make Lashley a babyface. Now I'm confused about the alignment. They try to make profits heels, and when he finally, you know, um, got it going, now they're going to go back to being babyface, basically. Because Santos is a bigger heel, I guess. He did, you know, and he, apparently he did, win the, he did win this week's episode because Lothario's did help out, which means, uh, you know, that Del Toro and Wild are going to be babyface fodder, which fucking sucks. They had a dope vignette um, promo that felt like a throwback, and there are unnecessary zoom-ins, whatever, but damage control saying they're dominant. Bailey's going to win the Rumble and tend on challenging Rhea so they'll have all the gold. Re- um, and then we got a Kabuki Warriors re- uh, wrestling against Zelina and Michin. And they actually let Meechin show what she can actually do in the ring because I don't think they ever let her show that showcase that what she can fully do on the main roster. Her character still feels dead though. You know what I mean? Like, because the women division on this brand have very lackluster creative. I think Bailey helped. It was, it's been a couple of days, and then cross cut a promo about having some plan for things that are things that are gonna crumble. I mean, push five hundred forty five might go better than the previous ones, but. I don't know, man. Someone online tried to tie in his feuds and what the characters have gone through and since feuding with them, but I think it's the most bare minimum thing that they can do. I don't know if it'll actually stick this time or if they actually intend to do it. If, 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 like, you know, I, I keep saying that what they call his, his like you know his character kind of died down after that botched debut and after fucking Adam Cole cut, you know cut that promo on him and then Gargano finished the rest of them off, you know. Let me go to Collision now. So Andrade and Claudio went at it for the G1, uh, for the mini G1 they were doing. I guess you call it a C2, Continental Classic. It was aggressive, back and forth. They were um, counter, pop-up uppercuts, dragon screws, all before the picture-in-picture. It was, st- um, 
it was um, still back and forth when it came back. Claudio did a dope counter for a double knees in the corner. We just laid under the bottom of the rope, and, and he got the swing, and then the sharpshooter. The crowd got to have the one. Andrade countered uh, that into a figure four. He didn't go for the figure eight, but Claudio got to the ropes. Andrade did a code red from the top, and Kelvin, um, Kevin Kelly said it was a, it was it was an O to um, go to because he did that. And they're hyping up Andrade's rising in the ranks in New Japan um, when he did the G one as well. Claudio kicked out of the double knees. Claudio got, got a superplex, and Andrade got tried for three amigos, but then Claudio got um, heat for blocking the third. Andrade tried to get Claudio in the exposed steel by the buckles. There was a back and forth until Andrade dropped it with the elbow. Andrade tried to do the DT on the exposed part like he did on Dynamite, but Claudio crossed him and then uh, on, onto it. And Andrade was favoring his hamstring, but then Claudio kicked him in the balls behind the rest back before the neutralizer. I, I was shocked Andrade lost, to tell you the truth, but it's probably not winning the tournament. I liked how they played off Dynamite with the exposed part of the buckle. It, it again, like they, they go back and forth between BCC being good guys and bad guys. It seemed kind of like uncharacteristic for Claudio to do the fucking nut shot. I don't know. Because but but the buckle it's not the tra- tra- traditional buckle being exposed. It's it's uh, the metal, the me- the metal part between the post and the turn buckle. But I liked how it backfired on Andrade. But Miro did cut a promo on him and um and uh. And uh, CJ and he got a promo on him and CJ, even though CJ didn't seem to be there for the match. But I can't remember the man. There's no manager stable that are allowed to join the ringside. But it also revealed that CJ has some infection infection in her fingers. Like it's a disgusting picture. But like I hope she gets a speedy recovery for that man. That's you know, it looks nasty. Yeah, no one needs to go through that. Mira just goes off about her wife being obsessed with fame and reflects if he's like, has the issues or he, and he's points to her like the typical problematic couple on social media for the entertainment dollar, but overall he concludes that he doesn't want to fight Andrade because, it, um, because he's his wife's client. He wants to fight Andrade because he's a piece of shit. I think it was bleeped out, but they're damning this, and I wouldn't be shocked when the tournaments conclude that they have this match at the pay per view unless they build it up for television. I still think CJ would be setting up Andrade, but more so bringing Miro back into being this unbeatable monster. Like she's control, she's actually controlling him, um, even if he thinks that like you know that um, that like he's doing this on his own essentially. You know. Then we got uh, Kingston versus uh, so so hold on a second um so Claudio got six points and Andrade's at nine now. We saw Kingston versus Garcia, which was uh, decent. It was an aggressive back and forth. Garcia got a dragon screw off the apron to Kingston. He couldn't be smooth with it because it was still effective. Kingston dominated the match for the most part. He got machine gun chops. Garcia teased dancing between getting chopped and Minaro was getting pissed on commentary. By the way, they did a nice video on, on the online where, Gar- where even though Garcia is like eliminated completely from the tournament, Minaro was like giving him encouragement, basically. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, uh, but Kingston kept doing those chops, and Garcia dances more as he's getting laid in the corner. Garcia gets on fight back in him. Garcia did a dragon screw and an ankle lock. Kingston needs to win or stay in it, um, but him versus Garcia, and he's to win it and st- to stay in this, but him and Garcia, but him, if him and Garcia, if, but him, if him or Garcia, if he, if he or Garcia lose, they could be out of the tournament completely. Garcia is complete, already out of the tournament, but if he lost to Garcia, he would have been out of the tournament completely, essentially. 
But Garcia's already out. But like, if, even if Garcia won, though, they would still, they would still both be out. Garcia kept putting the ankle lock on him. Kingston gets an exploder in the corner. And then a backhand. You thought it was done, but Garcia was still on it. The crowd was into it. Kingston dumps Garcia. And before he could do a move, his ankle gives out. And Garcia gets a Saito suplex. And they go back and forth. Um, Kingston gets another Saito. And then backhand for the win. Kingston has six um, points now. And Garcia has zero. The tournament should be proof that for Garcia and Lethal. That doing too much sports entertainment has taken them off their game. But... Uh, you know, their pro wrestling side has shined out here and there, you know. But again, they're discourse wrestlers, so nothing will ever be completely smooth with the push. I don't mind Garcia going with the whole tournament with losses, but I just hope there's something else to it, though. I enjoyed the match a lot. You know, I knew for, I knew the main event, Brian Brody, was probably going to be some insane shit. Everyone, you know, in, in this group um, all have six points, while Andrade has nine. So we would see what would happen with Brian and Brody. Brody was kind of dominating in the beginning. He got got a cannonball and then smashed his head against the announce desk. He throws Brian around the ringside area. Brody got a boss man slam. Brian was bleeding from the eye again. He avoided the cannonball on the chair outside. He did a drop toe hold on or leg trip onto the chair, I think, or something like that. Brian got a diving off the apron. He did a missile drop kick. Brian got drop kicked around his kicks to the leg and he tied in the um and tied him, tied him to the ropes. Brody was perched up and then ends up um um. Ends up, you know, crotching Brian in the center of the ropes before jumping off for a lariat for a near fall. Um, Brian intercepts another cannonball attempt and gets a single crab. Brian kept trying to target the legs of Brody with kicks, even intercepting one of the one of the discus lariats Brody does. He gets a roundhouse kick to the head. He does a stomps and then the hammer and anvil elbows. But Brody still powers up with the Death Valley driver for a near fall. Brian eventually gets the bicycle knee only for one count. And this gets the crowd to, you know, to basically woof for Brody, basically. Uh, Brian does a roundhouse kick. Brody catches him with a lariat. Brody does a power bomb, but then Brian went for a cradle. Then he got another bicycle knee. They, they didn't drop Brody fully, but he does another one, and then one to the back of the neck and back of the head for the third one, for, for the fourth one, I guess. And Brody still kicked out. No, no, he kicked out after three, but it was dope. But then, um, no, 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 sorry. Brody still kicked out after the three count, basically. Like, he was gone for three count, but he wasn't completely out, basically. So even three couldn't take him down completely. Brian now has nine points. Everyone will, uh, everyone else other than Garcia are still alive in the tournament, I guess. Brian has my favorite matches in the tournament so far. This was really dope. I actually wanted Brody to win, but this was fucking nuts. I hope Brian is not working hurt or for real. Like, even if he is, it's like the rules of the mafia system, but now debating it has become profitable discourse. The matches for the week were really good, though, for the tournament. I, I know I recapped these straight in a row, but I thought, you know... But throughout the night, the other stuff was actually made me happy in the match. So Abaddon beat a jobber in quick fashion, and Julia appeared, and then so, in the same time they brawled, and Abaddon got the best of her. She had a title, but then Sky Blue, um, Sky Blue shows up and confronts her. You think she's aligned with Abaddon, but she attacks her, and then her and Julia lay her out with aggressive strikes, and like they're smashing her head down more and more, and then the commentator calling... Calling her Sky Black, maybe. I think that's Nigel just kind of ad-libbing. And then Thunder Rosa gets off the Spanish commentary and helps Abaddon clean house. I appreciate the angle. There was, like a, uh, there was a continuation of the angle, I guess. A breaking development with Sky aligning, presumably, to join House of Black. And Thunder Rosa making a return. I'm sure she'll eventually go for the TBS title. Although, I would have expected her to kind of make her return. Kind of to, a, to go for a Tony Storm, essentially. Since she never lost that title. 
I was happy to see the developments, but it always sucks that this is going to be like the one woman segment of the show, and we won't see other people who are over. And then later on, I was proven wrong because we actually got another uh, women's match, and I was happy because the other women's match was built off an angle that we have seen. Uh, this match, the other women's match, was built off an angle that we see with Willow and Stad and Diamante and Mercedes. So this is kind of like the blow off, I, I presume, with this kind of match. So the the first match was dope because we got angles, I guess, right? It was a short match. But now we're having a dope street fight for the next match. I was actually surprised. Willow was dropped outside after she did a cannonball. Mercedes passed a barbed wire bat to to Diamante. Um, and Statler did a DT on, on, onto her with it. Like, you know, onto the, onto the fucking bat. Willow and Stat were dressed like the Pulp Fiction female version. One that right wing people will complain about too much diversity, but uh, but this was a kind of a dope look though. They dropped Diamante who launched off the steps, um, onto the steps. Diamante was bleeding too. Mercedes used a crowbar on Willow, and Willow was busted open. Mercedes did a spider German on um onto Statlander onto the chairs. They come back. Mercedes gave Stat a spine buster to a table outside. I mean, it was wild during the picture in picture. The heels uh, seemed to be dominating. Willow and Diamante had miscommunication. The board would not, would not break, but Willow pounced her against it and then slammed her into it. And then, it broke, and then she broke it herself, and then she got a big pop for that. Mercedes drops her with something. Stanley got a Saturday Night Fever, but Diamante breaks up um, with the briefcase. And this one that Willow and Stanley brought down, it was shards of glass at thumbtacks. Willow and use use a lead pipe. Diamante got a code red on the tacks. Willow holds uh, on from being powerbombed off the apron to the table, but Diamante helped, and it happened. And Statlander used a chain to, for a discus lariat for the win, and she pinned Diamante. This is really fucking good. This is how like low the bar has been with expecting women to be used on the, on these shows. But I'm popping for this when it should be, you know, the standard. But this is like an insane match, and these ladies worked really fucking hard. It was really fucking good. It was like they figured I, they figured I was done with this company, and they opted to have two women matches and, and, and a women's promo to advance more storyline as well. So I was impressed, which makes me think they're doing this maybe because we'll get Mercedes Monet showing up, and they better get some shit going with all these women who do the thing. Tony also didn't care who who the opponent for the world end was going to be. Essentially, and it will be between Rio and Soraya. Says those titles, um, those two, those two titless blind bullies can slap each other and bite each other. Rio would be dope, but it would be a good storytelling if it's Soraya to give the group and the group, uh, you know, a payoff for the for all this. But then Mariah doesn't want to spoil when her debut because Tony Khan's helping her get her license in American wrestling. And then when when asked she asked Tony to commentate for, and Tony says that she's busy, but maybe she'll hold a seminar. I hope she's like you know this is going to lead to Mariah going for going for the Agatha role instead of the obsessive fan. But I figured the reveal would be that Mariah was the one getting her first match with getting a title shot. But they're you know going to probably build it up. I sense. I sense. For the fir- for the first time in a while, I'm going. I'm going to say that I I think every women's segment on this show served its purpose of moving the storyline forward and having good character work. If they can keep the momentum up, maybe you can you know keep um having more women on the shows just in general. I think it could be Rio versus Tony, but if Mariah could cost Rio the match, that could be Mariah's first match. But since Soraya and Ruby have a story going, it might just be you know it, it might just be that you know uh, Soraya and Ruby are gonna go there like, you know they're just gonna continue their feud. I'm gonna bet that it's Tony versus Rio, so they introduce that to the surface. 
And by the way, if they're going to do matches on pay-per-view, you can have other women who don't have titles for the matches. You can you don't need to waste all all the men's matches. The pay-per-view main card should at least have three women's matches on, in my personal opinion. Like you can have Willow and Statlander fight each other or something like that, you know. Just to get the crowd fucking pumping and all that. Acclaimed are backstage and they're, and they're pissed off and the skate and Billy Gunn said the skate part they got back up and Cash didn't want anything to do with MGF because they got beat up and he didn't care and Bowens was the most animated about beating whoever the masked men were. And then a dirty and top flight approach about how they've been getting wins and they want to challenge them. They had more personality than them and the claim said they're the wrong place, wrong time, but they're they're on for next week. I think sometimes fans expect WWE level shit where matches are made and because um are made right on the spot because they got booed when they said next week. If this is a plan to screw MJF at World's End, maybe it's a maybe it's a uh, you know the big time plan from Tony Khan who helped amplify some of these attacks. So the World End, they all kick MJF to the curb. I don't know. You just see like everyone's mad at MJF is gonna all accumulate with that. I think some big time accumulation will happen because I'm starting to think that. If MJF is the devil, he's definitely leaving and he will have this big angle play out. I wonder if Andretti and Top Flight, you know, will win the trio's titles, even though I don't think it will be, you know, that case. But they could have the masked men cost on the title. Um, Orange Cassidy versus Brian Key, they put over his efforts in the ROH pay-per-view. The crowd was buzzing for them. The theme, um, he, um, the theme gets really people going, but Brian Key reminds me of a villain in Justified. This guy's been dope from what I've seen, but this is just another defense for the sake of it. And I hope the title reign has more substance than not rebuilding and not like building up a bunch of defenses so you can like redo the first reign storyline of him being too much. You know what I mean? He got a DT, uh, but Keith got a superplex and a running knee. They tussle to Orange Cassidy gets a beach break. Orange Cassidy gets a speed gets speedy kicks. Keith wants more, but then gets his own high boot, and then he gets a draping center for a near fall. And then Orange Cassidy won with a seatbelt, I think. But the last portion was picked up. I wouldn't have minded if Keith just won the title. I tell you the truth. I think a, I think if they're willing to use Slim Dunk's theme, then they're maybe they'll sign him. Maybe they did show respect, so Keith will still remains a baby face. Lexi interviewed Commander and Roddy interrupted and bragged about his accolades in ROH um, because Lexi was giving Commander props for his effort and survival of the fittest. I think more. I think it was more about them how they how they did in that match, but basically they set up a match at some point. Then we had um, FTR come out for a promo. He just cashed just the house of black. No more magic. Come and see them in the face. He thinks their problem is with FTR success in AEW and winning titles all over the place. The House of Black are still unrealized talent. They are mad at themselves. They're jealous of Brody King's success in the, in, the, in the C2. Maybe they're jealous of Julia's success, basically, as well. And Cass says if they want to say something to them, then House of Black know where to find them. Dash says you can say a lot of things about FTR, and he, go, he goes into a spiel of not having... Go, goes into one of my spiels of not having the best bodies or being the best looking. But one thing you can't say is that they'll back down from a fight. He fights for money, but Dash has a problem with a sucker punch from behind. So here's a challenge, House of Black versus... And then the lights go, House of Black appear on the screen. But he says they're here to prove to a point that no one has FTR's back. Everyone you love won't save you. And then, uh, and, and then he, 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 he talks about Dax first, right? And then he goes to Cash. He asks who loves Cash, but he says they welcome Cash. Be in their family. Malachi says it's not possible. This is what happened when they have to prove a point so forcefully. When they attacked FTR, who came to save them? No one. They didn't lie. They made, they, to make it personal, he would have a picture of Dax and his wife and his daughter, and he would, um, you know, set fire to it. And Buddy had a picture on, on he had a picture of it. 
And he, he does, like, set it on fire. It's symbolic, you like it or not, basically. We're your family now, basically. FTR run backstage to find them. I like the segment because we are, you know, finally getting a substantial feud with FTR and how the Black Bolt teams need this. And I like the mind games, and I'm, I'm intrigued where it's leading because I don't think FTR is going to join. But with the way, like, you know, the, the family picture on fire, right, claiming they're their family, that means that, that, that this shit is like Illuminati. This is how the Illuminati shit functions, basically. This is how these, these mafia fucking factions and the industries faction, uh, you know, this is how they fucking, you know, function, basically. They just, you know, kind of in, in, interrupt your life. They taunt you, you know. And they taunt you about needing help and backup and they're going to, like, you know, like they're going to do, like they're going to make your life better, but they're going to make it fucking worse. I like how Cash got into their head or tried, and, or tried to since House of Black are getting, um, you know, in their head, especially with how everyone likes Dax with the one in Cash. This is why you remain a loner because people can't use liking people more than me as a weapon because I'm not really aligned with anybody. But I'm enjoying where I'm, I'm enjoying in general where this is going. I like House of Black being a tag team for a bit from time to time. They can have different members do single things while you keep tag team intact. But they also have the option of doing a trios as well. You know what I mean? Mix it up a little bit. I'm sure the, the, a tag match will happen in the pay-per-view soon. And then when Brody is done with the tournament, whoever is going to help FTR will lead to a trios feud. Which could be Edge if he finishes feud with Christian. And maybe he feuds with someone in the House of Black for the TD title if he wins it. Uh, Brian Cage beat him jobber in impressive fashion. He won with a drill claw. They cut a promo after a backstage to hype him up. And the Gates of Agony were there as well. And Keith Lee shows up. And he, he had a small promo vignette before about how Shane Taylor is on him. And I thought it was done, and and and, and I thought maybe and, and, and so I thought maybe it was going to continue, but but maybe it's just completely done now. But that seems like, but then, uh, but then, but they keep approaching the Mughal embassy, and said to give him a warning that his patience is is, is uh, wearing thin, and he's running out of time, which I think is swear. Maybe they'll finally give a good blow after that feud since they dropped the ball with it. Maybe they can salvage something of why it fell apart to begin with. I don't know. Edge had a promo in the vignette uh, form about his career ended in 2011. He was mad about Christian trying to take him out again. He wants a rematch for a TNT title. He said competing for a title made him realize how much he wants a title. So at least getting that, it was fine not to have them show up for the promo just yet because they can take a week or so off for the match they had. I'm glad they're continuing it. I wonder if Edge loses or... Or is this where the rain kind of just ends for Christian? Again, this is a good feud for a title. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be one of those... Remember the feuds you... It's like, it'll be one of those remembered feuds that you can... Uh, that you can... They talk about, hey, remember the team, when the team title had this feud, basically, and Christian's run with it? Like, Christian's run is going to be, like, a legendary run that people will talk about. And will, will like, you know... Con- uh, like, will always, like, align... Like, they'll always, like, relate the TD title to Christian, essentially. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be one of, like, the more bright spots of the title that, you know, that, like, someone... Because he made it more important. I don't know. If you, you know, again, so, you know, um... And you can, you can shit on how the last match went, but this feud with, with them has been ten times better with how WWE did the last feud in 2001. I kind of want Edge to win because Edge has been... Unable to win a title in any com- in any company since coming back from his re- retirement, as much as he has competed, and much as he competed for titles as well, so maybe Christian can bring that up. It would be cool if Christian won the entire feud, but I think there's a chance Edge could win it. Maybe you know, just to give him a title. I feel the bigger picture for the title would be having Luchasaurus 
winning it back since his reign was overshadowed by Christian. And also, he's taking a lot of shit from him. If they finish this feud, or when this feud is done, and Edge is done, and, or if Edge doesn't win the title, or he, does, or he doesn't win the title, I don't know. But if they do get a title, like, I, I can assume that, you know, I, I assume that Lucha would probably win it to get him something for taking abuse of Christian. But I'll... I'll assume, like, you know, with, with, regardless of Edge winning it or not, I still think that Edge will be used in the FTR feud with House of Black when it, do, when it does become a trios feud, maybe. I don't know. We'll see how that fucking plays out. I don't know. Again, sorry for not... Uh, this last hour, the, me reading... Again, I've been in a hurry. It's 10.05 p.m., and I want to get this out of the fucking way, so, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, you know, I, I suck at this. I, this is why I don't want to recap. I, I, I've been taking a break from recapping, and I, I'm not into the whole... I'm, I'm not into it again, you know what I mean? I'm actually surprised I did the move for the... I guess I was so happy about the women's stuff that I actually put effort into it. Because it gave me good effort for the women's stuff. You know? I thought it was fucking cool as hell. Anyways. Um, take it easy, I guess. Let me close with this. Hold on a second. Nothing beats an ego. Oh, I hate fucking ads, man. Should have washed it on my fucking laptop. Jesus fucking. Has ruined every fucking thing. Now there's two commercials. I just wanted to have one fucking last fucking little music thing playing. Yeah. You always argue about how to go. So we make the record the night before. We come to the studio the next day. My cousin. That's close. <laughs> My cousin Jamal's going, oh, I don't know, dog. I'm just going to take it one day at a time. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he passed away here recently. So when I do this song, man, it's kind of, it's get kind of touched me a little bit because I miss my cousin, uh, Magmal, Jamal. But I never will forget that, 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 that day we recorded this. And it was really cold in the studio. And I was really, really high. And it was really, really dark. And all I could see was Mike Dean and Joe sitting in front of the board, right? And I didn't know how I was going to deliver it. But I was fucking stoned. Like white guy stoned. <laughs> Mike Dean stoned. <laughs> but I know when I said those words... Fucking eyes got big as those camera lenses, y'all. And we'll something like this. Hold up. I said, he greets his father with the hand sound. Rehabilitated slam. Glad to be the man's child. The world is different since he's seen it last. Out of jail, been seven years and he's happy that he's free at last. All he had was his mother's letters. Now he's smoke and he's got to make a change and make it for the better. But he's black, so he's got one strike against him. And he's young, plus he came up in the system. But he's small, and he's finally making 18. And his goal is to get on top and try to stay clean. So he's calling up his homie who came up. Living that, now they dealing with the same stuff. And had that attitude that who he was was worth playing. And with that fucked up attitude, he killed his first man. That was different, he can did dirt. And realized that killing men ain't coming up. But it still hurts. And can't nobody change this. 
It's 2023 and still we up against the same shit. And I still got to wonder why. I ain't never seen a man cry till I seen a man die. I'm not